Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. Today is the GHSA Girls State Playoff Preview Podcast. 128 games, every single first round matchup in the state, previewed and analyzed. It's that time of year, folks. This is going to be a long, 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 long podcast. I was just looking up what we did last year, and last year we did about mm, over three hours of a podcast. So I have my tea with me. I have my water with me. Bear with me if I need to take a break here and there because I have a lot of talking to get done recording this on, what's today? Monday the 21st. Games tip off when? Tomorrow, Tuesday, not a lot of turnaround time, people. It's not good for me. It might be great for the teams, but not great for me. Uh, So we got to get this show on the road. Without further ado, we're going to start with Class 7A girls. On that top left-hand side, we have Region 1, number 3, Camden County, 9-16 versus Hillgrove, the two-seed out of Region 3, coming in at 17-9. Hillgrove, a team that... Um, played pretty well this year. They're always on that radar of getting into the top 10, but I feel like Hillgrove always floated in maybe the top 20. Never enough to quite break into that top 10 rankings, Um, but this is a very dangerous team. Uh, A team that has played in that region that has seen um, the likes of Marietta, who is, uh, you know, they're the defending state champs. Didn't have a great season this year, but They've played them. They played Harrison, uh, North Paulding, a, a solid program. So his Hillgrove team um, is dangerous. They beat Hiram to open up the year. Uh, they took care of North Cobb Christian. Um, you know, a couple wins here and there sprinkled in throughout. They only lost by three points to River Ridge, number one ranked team in Class Six A. Lost to South Forsyth by nine points, and uh, of course they lost to Harrison uh, three times. Uh, a couple of those games fairly close. So this is a team that has some talent. Lauren Render was a first-team all-region pick, uh, so she leads the way. And then Ariel King, uh, a second-team all-region pick. But they're playing a Camden County team, 9-16. And And I'm going to get this off off the rip. Uh, In Class 7A, South Georgia teams typically on the girls' side. I know we've had Tiff County on the boys' side do some special things. But on the girls' side, typically they don't necessarily do a whole lot of damage now maybe this is a year that that changes I've been told that oh there's a lot of talent down there this year but uh, traditionally these teams somewhat struggle I've seen many a time a team come in with a 22 and 3 record and then they're 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 bounced by the sweet 16 and Camden County is not coming in with a super strong record so it's going to be even tougher for them Um, but the problem is with the 7a schools It's just their geographical um, area really hurts them because what 7A schools in Gwinnett County and Cobb County are playing Class A public schools and playing 2A and 3A schools? That's what these schools have to do. They have to play the Turner Counties of the world. You know, good Class A public schools, but you're a 7A school and you're playing these really tiny, really tiny, really small schools. schools that you should be beating and that's what they do and these teams run up very good records 
And, and then when they come to Metro Atlanta, they, they somewhat struggle. Now, this is not a knock to say that these are bad programs, but it's just they're not they're never going to really have a strong enough resume to make it into the, the top 10. Um, and that's just that's just it is what it is. But, you know, being that that great unknown and if they ever have home court advantage, they are a tough team to deal with. And we'll talk about that a little later with some of the, the, the teams that are hosting out of that region one. But just looking at what region one did last year in the first round of state, we saw Colquitt County, who was a two seed, bounce in the first round. Lowndes County was a three seed, beat by 20 points. Um, Camden County, four seed, uh, beat by over 20 points. And the other one seed was Tiff County. Uh, they got beat by a four seed by 12. So that region got swept last year. Um, and I think Hillgrove is going to be the first team to topple a team from Region 1. So I like Hillgrove going to the next round. Next up, we have Duluth, the four seed out of Region 7, 13-9, versus Cherokee, the one seed out of Region 5. Duluth played in some national tournaments this year, or showcase events, I guess, if you want to call them that. But Duluth, um, they have a lot of size inside, but... They struggle to beat good teams, and Cherokee is a very good team. Cherokee really clicking on all cylinders right now. They beat Etowah 74-42 in the semifinals of that Region 5 tournament, and then they pounded Woodstock 71-54 in the championship game. Now, Duluth with Saniah Jones, about six foot four inside, and then Megan Mars is a big body as well, and Jada Richardson on the perimeter. So they have some, uh, you know, some individual talent, but Cherokee is a well-oiled machine with Tony Warren, who is just a, a terrific jump shooter and isolation player that's going to get whatever shot she wants. And then Kimara Rivera going to Oglethorpe inside is a very solid post player. Caroline Carl is very good. Um, Lily Griffith, you know, the list goes on and on and on every single year. Matt Cates has talent on this roster, and he gets the very most out of that talent every single year. So I think Cherokee is going to run away with this game and beat Duluth. Next up, we have Region 6, number 3, West Forsyth, 20-7 and seven overall, number 10 in the state. And I'm going to periodically mention what these teams are ranked uh, in the state. I'll, I'll forget about a couple of them. I know um, Cherokee Girls, uh, they finished the regular season ranked number 6 in the state. So I'll try and stay on top of that. I know rankings don't matter at all, and they definitely don't matter come state tournament time, but it is just something to throw in there. Um, but West Forsyth, 20-7 overall. They're playing Mountain View, 11-15, the two-seed out of Region 8. Region 8 was not very good this year, to put it lightly. And then the Region Tournament really threw that uh, that whole tournament into a topsy-turvy-looking uh, thing where you have, uh, I believe we had, let's see here, we had uh, the one and the two-seed playing for third and fourth place and the three and the five-seed playing for the championship, and Mountain View was a five-seed coming out of that region, and they got the two-seed. Um, so again, Mountain View 11-15, and 15. Sydney Arnold, uh, a nice player uh, that has had a very good year, but you're playing West Forsyth that has Kayla Cowart, now healthy, going to Tennessee Tech, a dynamic player that stuffs the stat sheet. Um, anytime I mention Kayla Cowart, I have to mention her ambidextrous nature when finishing her playmaking. Um, Callie, uh, Kaylee Thrower, uh, Callie Thrower, Pardon me, uh, had a, a nice year, but what really took this West Forsyth team to the next level under Coach Ranfos in her first year on the job is the emergence of Molly Quincy. Uh, she had a terrific season, really came on as a, a leading scorer, a girl that averaged 
definitely double digits. She led the team in scoring plenty of times. I know Kayla Cowart won Region Player of the Year, but um, how important has Molly Quincy been? She's been fantastic this year. So having her in the mix, letting her uh, really do damage uh, just with her aggressiveness, just a really tough defender. I mean, when they press, she is the first to every loose ball, uh, just really scrappy. Uh, she's been a great fit with this team. She's really grown by leaps and bounds this season. So I think West Forsyth, that big three that I mentioned, and Thrower, Cowart, and Quincy, just going to overwhelm this Mountain View team. Next up, we have Region 4, number 4, Parkview, 9-16 and 16 versus Campbell, a 17 and 10 team out of Region 2, the number one seed, Campbell, who just cracked back into the rankings at it looks like number seven in the poll, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, number seven in the poll, so 17 and 10. Remember, way back when, if you look way back at the beginning of the season, this Campbell team was the preseason number one ranked team, and they had dropped out of the poll recently, and now they just emerged back in after winning that Region 2 title. Um, they took care of business. They were able to beat East Coweta 54-51 and then won the title game over an upset team, uh, Pebblebrook 60-44. But Campbell with 10 losses, that's a lot of losses for a top 10 team, but they have played so many good teams this Campbell roster has, and they had that kerfuffle in the middle of the season when they were handed down with suspensions, this, that, and the other, so obviously that kind of hurts their overall record, but this Campbell team, what I said at the beginning of the season is they're all seniors for the most part. They've been through all the battles. They've seen the best of the best. Just looking at the top 10 teams they've played this year, beat Sprayberry, beat Archer. Uh, let's see here, who else? Um, Hiram, not in the top 10 currently, but a team that was in the top 10, blew them out by 33 points, beat Rockdale, um, beat East Coweta. McEachin's not in the top 10, but a good program. They beat them. Um, you know, this is a team that has beaten a lot of good teams. Campbell has played a lot of tough competition. Uh, Layla Battle, Division three level town, getting some offers from multiple levels, but a lot of Division three. Schools are after her. She's been really good. Of course, um, Nia Bozeman has had a great season. She was actually uh, named a co-player of the year for that region. So she really, you know, picked it up as a, 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 a tough-nosed guard, really quick, really small, but really gets after it. So they got her. You got Sarah Taub, who's going to North Florida still as her D1 player. Chelsea Lewis is a spark plug guard, super fast. So there is just so much to pull from on this Campbell roster. Great guard play. I think they're going to eat up Parkview. Parkview really struggled this year. Their lone bright spot uh, was Jade Weathersby, but you know that's not going to be enough. This Campbell team is a well-oiled machine, I think. I think that's the second time I've said there's a well-oiled machine between them and Cherokee, and they're both in that same quadrant. But this Campbell team, veterans, it's their last dance. I think they're going to steamroll Parkview, and they're going to be able to win a couple games in the state tournament. Now we'll move on to the bottom left-hand quadrant. North Paulding, the three seed out of Region 3, 18-10 versus Region 1, number 2, Tiff County, 15-8. Tiff County had that one seed, I want to say, heading into the region tournament. They had a, a clean buy straight into, you know, it's a small, I think there's only like four teams in there, but they had a clean buy into the region championship game, and they got beat by Lowndes. So Tiff County, a team of the lone team that did spend a, a little bit of time in the top 10. I believe they only lasted maybe a week, but... 15 and 8. 
Um, Tiff County has struggled down the stretch. Let's be honest, they've really struggled down the stretch. As I look at it right now, I see one, two, three, four, five, five out of their last seven games they have lost. Tiff County is not playing their best basketball right now. I know they have a very good coaching staff, and they have Will Sis, uh, Shakiria Cheney, a very physical wing guard forward, plays every position type player that is going to be able to match um, what they see in the state tournament. But Tiff County is not playing good basketball right now. But they have home court advantage, and North Paulding is going to have to go down there. North Paulding at 18 and 10, they've had a nice season. Aaliyah Washington about a 5'9 wing type player going to West Georgia, a pit bull of an animal. She is going to bring the fight to Tiff County, and Tiff County is going to have to be ready to weather that fight, and that's going to be fun to see Cheney and um, Washington go at it. Similar pit bull mindsets out there. Um, but North Paulding, you know, what else do they have? Lanny Brock's a three-point shooter. Ava Andrews, if she gets some burn, she's a freshman that maybe not this year she'll make a huge impact in the state tournament, but definitely next year. Uh, Janiah Evans is a good guard. Jada Jackson, uh, Sophia Gallimore. A lot of good talent over there at North Paulding. Looking at this game, um, I think I'm going with North Paulding. I know they're on the road, but Tiff County, like I said, you lose five of seven, five of seven heading into the, the state tournament. Um, that's going to be tough. And North Paulding, as I mentioned, they've seen really good teams. I think it's going to be really close, but I have to go with the known commodity of Aaliyah Washington and company. I think North Paulding finds a way to grit it out over Tift County. Next up, we have Roswell, Region 5, number 4. 15 and 11 overall versus Norcross, 21 and 5, the one seed out of Region 7, currently ranked number four in the state of Georgia. Uh, Roswell, they did themselves no favors getting upset in the region tournament, um, slipping to that four seed. Uh, this is a Roswell team that entered the Region 5 tournament as a three seed. Um, they got beat 59-66 by Woodsuck in the semifinals. That's nothing too crazy. But then the one-point loss to Etowah, a five-seed in that region, that really hurts them. I know Nia Smith is a, a terrific young guard, is going to put up points in bunches, and Marin Klein is very good as well. But uh, you're running up against a Norcross team that, again, super battle-tested, very athletic. Um, Zarya Hurston going to DePaul inside. Is just a rebounding machine and can play on the perimeter and get to the basket. So her atop that press or whatever they try and do defensively, going to wreck a lot of havoc. Um, and, you know, Janiah Aikens is back. She's had a really good season for Norcross. Uh, I think Norcross, you know, they're obviously top four in the state. They're really good. Uh, they have the defensive player of the year in that Region 7 and Danasia Morton as well. So I think Norcross is just going to have too many weapons. I think Ross will be able to stick around. For a little bit, but in the end, Norcross and the House of Blue, I think they're going to have too much firepower, and I think they're going to pull away. Next up, Region 8, number 3, Peachtree Ridge, 20-6 and six versus Region 6, number 2, at 20-8 and eight overall, South Forsyth, South Forsyth, ranked number 8 in the state. And Peachtree Ridge, going back to that Region 8 debacle of these teams, just completely screwing up in the region tournament, doing themselves no favors. That team was supposed to win the region. I believe they were undefeated in the regular season in Region 8, and they slipped to a three seed, and I think they're going to slip straight out of the state tournament. 
against South Forsyth. Now the battle inside is going to be good. Aaliyah Hunt, six foot three, going up against Ava McLaughlin, about six foot one. Two big bodies, very good. Score around the rim, protect the rim, and play good. Uh, defense as far as rebounding the ball and limiting second chance opportunities. So those two Goliaths inside are going to, uh, I don't know, they might negate each other. And if, you know, if they cancel each other out, South Forsyth has more weapons than Peachtree Ridge does. And that is going to be uh, advantage, obviously, South Forsyth. South Forsyth, the team that I had at my event to tip off the season. Um, this is a really good team. Uh, Sharon Tolliver, a really good guard that can score the ball off the dribble with her pull-up jump shot. Um, they've gotten big contributions from Clara Morris, a really good three-point shooter that's really quick in the press. And then Maggie Thompson, another good ball handler and defensive player. Peachtree Ridge, you know, outside of Hunt, they do have the Smith sisters, um, Alex and Anna. And I think they're going to have to have a big game from Kennedy Hart. But I really do think the South Forsyth team coming out of Region 6, arguably the best region in the state as far as 7A girls basketball goes. Again, they've seen some of the best of the best. I think they're going to be able to prevail at home. Last matchup on this bottom left-hand quadrant, East Coweta, 15-9, the four seed out of Region 2. That's a good four seed. Playing Brookwood, number one team out of Region 4, 21-4, a team that has spent time ranked atop the heap. They are now ranked number two in the state. Uh, that is a, uh, you know, East Coweta, that is a team that has, uh, you know, that's a live underdog right there. That's a live dog right there. I know Diana Collins is phenomenal. I think she's the best junior in the state of Georgia at point guard. For Brookwood, but East Coweta, they can sometimes play a hectic style. They can play physical. They're athletic. Latia Reeves is a, a great scorer that is close to 20 points per game, uh, about 5'10", 5'11", on the wing. Uh, Aaliyah Farrell, I think, is a really underrated guard that can get very hot. She's quick. She's shifty. She makes a lot of plays defensively. I think she can knock down some threes and get some stuff going towards the basket that can help out. Um, who else do they have? Maya Walker. Uh, is going to play at, uh, I want to say Miles College. I could be wrong off the top of my head, but that is a, a player that is playing at the next level for East Coweta, a Division II player. Um, so there's one right there in her. Um, there's a lot, a lot to choose from for this East Coweta team. They they can kind of match up with that firepower. Uh, Tuyana Taggart as well. So there is... Um, there's, there's, there could be something brewing here. There could be something brewing here. Leela uh, Henderson as a, a defensive wing as well. But, you know, I just think at the end of the day, Brookwood has Diana Collins and East Coweta doesn't. Now, I think this could be a, a very good game because East Coweta, I mean, shoot, if I, can, if I can pull it up in time, East Coweta, talk about a team that has challenged themselves, not only in that region but outside of the region. As I look at it right now, they lost to Carver Columbus by three points. They lost in overtime to Carrollton. Lost by just four points to Langston Hughes. Um, they lost the game that I was at in overtime to Harrison, 64-56. to uh, They beat GAC. Um, they blew out Callaway. Uh, you know, they beat Campbell. So th this... This is a good team, 15-9. This is a really scary good team. Um, but Brooklyn with Diana Collins, she's going to have to have a really strong game, which she always does. Nakia Williams is that great energy slasher that does so much for Coach Mincy as well. 
And then you just you kind of you piece it together. Where where else do you get your offense from for Brookwood? There's there's options. Nadisha Ford, a second team pick in Region Four. Uh, Kate Phelan is a stretch forward that can knock down threes as well. Uh, Shannon Niles was an all defensive team member in Region Four. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think Brookwood pulls it out. But shoot, I'm telling you, if East Coweta finds a way to pull this upset. Um, it it should not come as a, 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 a an enormous surprise. Like this is just looking at it, this is probably looking at the bracket quickly. This is the best four seed in the state in Class Seven A, and that is a, a a team that would win a lot of these other regions or would be a top two seed in many other regions. So Brookwood, they're gonna have to bring their A game. I think they pull it out, but East Coweta. Very, very, very scary to see in the first round. Now for the top right-hand side of the bracket, McEachern, the three seed out of Region 2, they were red hot rolling into that region tournament. And then what happened to Phyllis Arthur's group? They were upended by Pebblebrook, 50-49, so they're 17-9. They got the three seed, and they're playing Grayson, Region 4, number 2, 20-5 Grayson, Ranked, what are they ranked? Third in the state. Now, this is another Region 2 versus Region 4 slug match. McEachern never ranked this year. Got off to a bad start. They got Jada Bates eligible, transferred her in, you know, just continuing to churn and churn and churn in town over there. Um, but they really hit their stride late in the season. And they're playing a Grayson team who they have a win over Brookwood, but they lost 55 52 to Brookwood in that region championship. But Grayson has been playing without arguably their best player, their best prospect, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, who was hurt in that first loss to Brookwood. Now, if you take that into account, they played Brookwood three times. They won one of those games, and the other games were tight losses. They didn't even have possibly their best player down the stretch for any of those games. So if you have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, who knows? You could be talking about Grayson winning two out of three. Grayson being the one seed. Grayson, a very dangerous team and already in year one under Tim Slater is vying for a state title. But they have to get out of the first round against McEachin. Kaylin Ellis is a terrific three-point shooter. She can really fill it up but what I really like about Kaylin Ellis is her quickness downhill she has that great you know plant her foot crossover get downhill and score uh, quickly and she's going to USC Upstate so she's a a, a very good player a division one player she's tough to handle Um, but then Kirsten Kirsten Roach uh, has had a really good season as well and she's been one of their leading scorers throughout the year so you got those two um, dynamic guards right there. Ellis, who was a co-player of the year in Region 2, along with Nia Bozeman and Latia Reeves. But she does have help with Kristen Roach. And then Jada Bates is about 6'2", wing on the perimeter. I want to see that Jada Bates versus Aaron Rodgers matchup. I do want to see that. I do want to see that matchup because they're similar body types. Rodgers, uh, I feel like she might have more dog in her right now. She's been able to really produce at a higher level, but Jada Bates has a super high ceiling, and she could she could flip the switch anytime. I know she's got the what single game scoring record at Kennesaw Mountain as a freshman before she transferred over to McEachin this year. Um, so she knows how to put the ball in the basket. She's a talented player. Um, supporting cast, you know, Kalana Cage for McEachin. 
Um, she's going to be a key piece, but you're looking at a Grayson roster that is very deep. Tatum Brown, uh, one of the top freshmen in the state, already has a George Mason offer. The point guard splits double teams, plays with a cool demeanor, does not get rushed, plays at her own pace. Sometimes I feel like she might be a little too cool for school, but she is never going to show an emotion. She can be a stone cold killer on the court when she needs to be. So she is a fantastic player. Who else? They have Kat Albin um, going to Charleston Southern. Just a dynamic athletic player that gets a bunch of steals and gets out in the open court. And she's streaky with her, her outside shot and her offense. But when she's on, she can really just game wreck a game. Talia Kemp, about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, physical wing that can rebound but stretches the floor and shoots a three exceptionally well. Akela Horn is a very good rebounder and defender. You got Soraya Henry was named to the all-defensive team in that region for. Grayson is deep, 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 and battle-tested, tested, tested, tested. They made a point of trying to schedule all the top teams in Class 7A this year to see where they stand and to really kind of plant their flag and say, this team is legit. They have all the talent. You can make that argument that they are the most talented team in Class 7A. McEachin, I know they're very scary, a very tough team to beat, Come state tournament time, especially when Phyllis Arthur breaks out those high-heeled shoes, but she hasn't coached against Tim Slater, and I think Grayson, if they're at full strength, they're going to be able to take care of business in a very tight matchup, but I just think Grayson, for those reasons, is more depth. They have more to play for. I feel like they have something to prove after getting beat close by Brookwood. I think Grayson gets the job done. Next up, Region 8, number 4, North Gwinnett, 14-12. and 12. They have a tough matchup against North Forsyth, Region 6, number 1, 23-3. Number 1 in the state, North Forsyth, undefeated in the state of Georgia. They lost three straight games when they went out to that very difficult um, tournament outside of the state. But North Forsyth has not lost a game in the state of Georgia. They are, for the most part, all seniors Again, uh, battle-tested is a phrase that you will hear a lot throughout all these classifications and podcasts, but this team is as good as they get, and they're not as, as, you know, not as sexy as far as uh, prospects go. They don't have the Division I players. They don't have this. They don't have the six-foot-threes. They don't have the, the phenomenal athletes, but they have a great defensive system, a great offensive system that gets open looks, um, they do have individual talent. Halim Adel is going to uh, Alabama Huntsville, a Division II school. I'm looking at a player like um, Maddie Erickson going to Flagler inside, a rim protector, a defender. Anna Gelada is, uh, you know, she hurt her, hurt her shoulder, I think it was, but if she's back, that's a good, talented guard. Um, there is a lot to like on this team, and I think the X factor who really has made this team even better is Aaron Whalen, five foot ten junior. She is going to be firmly planted on Division two radars next year. I just love what she does out there. She rebounds, she scores, she attacks from the high post, she passes well. Um, she can play pretty much every position on the floor for Coach Cudless. She is just a very good high school basketball player. And they're just, unfortunately for North Gwinnett, they're just not going to be able to keep pace. I know Ava Watson had a terrific year. I believe she was a region player of the year in Region 8, um, or co-player of the year at least. She is a really good player that has enjoyed a breakout season her junior year. 
Um, but she is going to be running into a buzzsaw against this North Forsyth team. Um, you know, Marissa Miller's a physical forward inside, a softball player. And, uh, you know, Jada Monroe is another big body for Coach Chase. But I, I think he knows it's, it's a tall task. Uh, falling to the four seed and then playing North Forsyth in that first round. Going to be very difficult to deal with. And I think North Forsyth, they're just going to overpower uh, North Gwinnett and they're going to race their way into the Sweet 16. Next up, Region 7, number 3, Discovery, 15 and 10. They are playing Woodstock, Region 5, number 2, 18 and 9. Just dropped out of the top 10. Woodstock was beat down by Cherokee 71-54, but before that they did score a 66-59 win over Roswell in the semifinals of the Region 5 tournament. Woodstock lost in the state championship game last year. This has been a team that's kind of uh, kind of been in flux a little bit. I mean, they've, they had, they've had girls in and out of the lineup throughout the year. When they have Casey Miller available, they're a very good team. Casey Miller has really broke out her junior season, averaging over 15 points and 10 rebounds per game. Uh, another good junior in Carson Martin, close to 15 points and 6 rebounds and 4 assists. But, of course, the reigning Class 7A Player of the Year, Bridget Utberg, the best point guard in the state of Georgia as far as the senior class goes. Um, she is going to Central Michigan, and she is a game-changer, averaging close to 21 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals a game. She is going to be the straw that stirs the drink. Um, they're going to be able to get past Discovery. Discovery, um, they've had a, you know, a sneaky nice season at 15 and 10. Um, they have some size inside that can protect the rim in a Daisy Exigbo. Um, Taylor Watkins was also named to the all-defensive team along with Exigbo. Um, and then they do have their best player is Taylor Watkins, who was a first-team all-region pick in Region 7. But Woodstock, they're just going to be too strong. Played a lot of good teams throughout the year. And then, of course, uh, Bridget Upberg. They have Bridget Upberg. Discovery does not. And they're not going to be able to slow her down. Next up, Harrison. The three, Region 3, number one seed, 23-3 and three against Colquitt County. Region 1, number 4. Uh, they're 13-10. and 10. And just looking at it right now, uh, I think, yeah, the top right-hand bracket is the Region or the quadrant of death, the group of death, whatever you want to call it, because Harrison, let's let's run it down real quick. Harrison ranked number five in the state. Woodstock was ranked all season long for the most part. They just dropped out. North Forsyth is the number one ranked team, and then you have Grayson, a number three ranked team, who's playing a McEachin team that is, is you know, has every right to be in the top ten, but just never got there. So that is a very tough, tough region. But Harrison. They live by the three ball, and they have yet to die by the three ball. This is a team that has ripped off how many wins in a row? Let me pull it up if I can real quick. Harrison Girls Basketball has won 17 straight games, and they lit it fly from the three-point line. Region Player of the Year, Region 3 Player of the Year, Anna Gurnett. She hit about 12 threes in a game already this season, Um, so that is Insane right there. Probably the best shooter in the state right now. Uh, Alicia Foster's a solid guard. Um, you got Emily A. Campora, uh, a three-point champion in her own right. Stretches the floor extremely well. You got Mia Javicki, who's going to Oglethorpe, a three-point specialist as well. Everybody on the floor can shoot the three. You have Bailey Vick is a tough-nosed guard that provides some slashing and some playmaking. 
Emmy Johnson is always in the right spot at the right time, rebounding the ball very well and just stuffing the stat sheet. Holly Turner is a junior that has some upside as well. With that being said, this team has a lot of pieces and pretty much everybody on the floor can knock down the three-point shot and they space you out and they just just they just go bombs away on you. They they are phenomenal with the three-point shot. Um, the only thing that hurts them, they don't have a true post presence, so they can get hurt on the glass. I have seen them get hurt by Newton on the boards. I have seen them get hurt uh, by East Coweta on the glass. So that is an area that they can be exploited on, but their three-point shooting is way too good. And they're playing a Colquitt County team that I just don't think Colquitt County is going to be able to keep pace with them. Not at all. You know, they're the four seed coming out of a region that, as we already mentioned, has not had much success in the state playoffs. Now, they do have one good player uh, that can really put the ball in the basket in Carlos Johnson, 14 points per game, and then they have a freshman in Armaria Knighton, 12 points per game. But I think Harrison is just going to show them what three-point shooting looks like at the elite level. Um, and I think they're just going to go bombs away and let it fly, and they are going to outpace Colquitt County and win this game in convincing fashion. Now on to the bottom right-hand side, finishing up here, Region 4, number 3, Newton, 8 and 17, against Region 2, number 2, Pebblebrook, a 14 and 10 team that was able to secure that upset victory over McEachern to get into the Region Championship game where they lost by 16 to Campbell. But Pebblebrook is a is a tough team, a team that's really starting to come of age. Kaniah Seymour, first team all region pick, strong backcourt member. You have Ariana Muckle, you have Kelsey Rivers, um, those two right there. That that makes up your top top three, and then Nia Morgan and Janice Waldron, honorable mention selections in that region. Um, this is a good team. They're playing Newton, a Newton team that really, man, if Newton could have all their players healthy. What a season they could have been in for. Tremiah Berry has been the lone guard that has been able to stay healthy. The sophomore really shoots the ball at a high level and is starting to get a little more creative off the dribble downhill. Um, so she played with uh, Sanaya Tripp, who was a number one ranked uh, sophomore uh, heading into this season. Terrific, dynamic, big time blue chip player. But she got hurt and I don't think she's returned. I think she's been down with possibly an ACL injury. So right when she goes out, they have an ACL come back, and that is um, an Ashley Norris who came back after tearing her her uh, her knee up last season. So now she is a substitute that replaces her. So they never had that big three in place all season long, um, but she is slowly getting back into the groove. And Ashley Norris is a really good player. I still think she's a Division One guard. Um, and they have Lakia, uh, Larikia Terrell inside, a big body that rebounds, is physical, and is going to cause a lot of issues inside. But just Newton, they, they play all these really good teams close, but then they just run out of gas in the end. And, you know, I think they have a really good chance at winning this game against Pebblebrook, but I think I'm going to have to go with Pebblebrook here um, just because Newton, just too many in and out, and you're relying on, you know, girls that are, you know, they're still, I don't know, I guess – Norris is 100%, but still she's probably got that knee brace on and everything. And it's her body's 100%. It's her mind 100%. Uh, it might be 99.9%. It might be 100 by now. She's really good, but she's just going to have to live it, live it all, hang out on the floor. 
uh, if they want to beat Pebble Brook. But you know, Pebble Brook is a two seed. They're not they're not unbeatable. But again, they've seen a lot of good teams. But I think they'll be able to pull it out against Newton. But I think this is this is a close game. I think this could be a really close game. Next up, we have Denmark. 13 and 5, the four seed out of Region 6 against Collins Hill. <laughs> 8 and 12, the one seed out of Region 8. Collins Hill uh, somehow, some way won this region tournament. We talked about it being all jumbled up. Um, I don't think Collins Hill is all that good. They were not able to reload with the transfers like Coach Harmon always does. He always looks to try and get transfers to move in. He was unsuccessful this year. They only won eight games somehow. They won the region tournament. Um, and they do have uh, a couple pieces here and there that can get hot. Um, Paris game is a good young guard. I believe she's a sophomore. Tiffany Barnes, another backcourt member. And then Gabby Pass is your big three. But Denmark, they played in Region 6, the best region in the state in 7A. They do have Sophie Smith, a D1 bound guard, a great playmaker, great scorer. She is, um, you know, she's going to be the best guard on the floor. And they have Emma Hemker, who's averaging close to 15, 16 points per game. She really had a breakout season. And then Hannah Lopez is a girl that I have heard a lot about as a freshman who is really making a big impact in year one. So she is going to help out a lot. So right there, I think you're looking at three guards that can go up against anybody that Collins Hill can throw out there. I like Denmark as the four seed to take down Collins Hill and advance to the Sweet 16. Last two games of the first round in Class 7A. Etowah, Region 5, number 3, 11-17 overall versus Archer, Region 7, number 2, 19-6. Archer is ranked in the top 10 at number 9. Archer... They had a chance to win the Region 7 championship. They were up about six, eight, six, eight points midway through the fourth quarter, and then they let Norcross go on a 15-0 run, and that was pretty much all she wrote. But maybe that was, uh, I'm not going to say that was the plan, but I think uh, sometimes you have to lose to win. And I think Archer won by losing that game because now they see Etowah instead of Roswell. Etowah pulling an upset at 11-17. So they see Etowah, and I'm looking at the bottom right-hand side. Bottom right-hand side, bottom right-hand quadrant. That is the weakest quadrant in the state playoffs in Class 7A. And Archer is the lone team to be ranked in the top 10. I think Archer could have something special brewing here if they can piece it all together. I know um, just playing up to their potential and getting on the same page has been an issue, but... Heading into the season, I said Archer on paper. They could be one of the top three most talented teams in the state in Class 7A. Uh, they're going to have more talent than anybody else in that bottom right-hand quadrant. Uh, you're looking at Tania. Uh, Tania McGowan, a physical small forward inside-outside threat, was a first-team all-region pick. Courtney Nesbitt, a really nice guard, um, about five foot nine, makes a lot of plays on defense with her length. She's really good. Ashanti Bryant was an all-defensive team member. And the X Factor, if she decides to really turn it up, Olivia Orsley, ton of talent, has not been able to really, you know, find a groove. But you never know. She can make a play here and there. She's a very skilled young lady. Uh, maybe she pieces it together and really gives Archer that X Factor push. Uh, I think she's as, as important as they get for this Archer team. If she plays really, really well, I think Archer could be great. But... 
Um, you know, she averages about three points per game, but she is a dark horse that might not be on a lot of scouting reports, but could come into a game and really make some things happen. Um, Etowa, looking at this Etowa team, uh, you know, this is a team that lost Jada Peterson to Kell in the offseason via transfer. And, you know, they she pretty much left that, that roster, it felt like, in shambles. But uh, Coach Grainer has done a phenomenal job and should be in line for a Coach of the Year type award uh, to get this team into the state tournament as a three seed. Um, they're going to be led by Megan Reed inside, a young post presence that is really starting to come into her own. She's a big body, very tough around the rim. You got Kirsten James, a softball player that's a very athletic guard that likes to play make. Not much of a not much of an outside shooter, but can slash to the rim and can get some others involved. And then uh, Kennedy Johnson has been a, a very big piece as well for them. So uh, you know, Etowa, they're gonna they're gonna devise a good game plan, but I think Archer's just gonna be too strong. And I do think Archer should be able to get to the Sweet 16 here. And the final game on the bottom right-hand side, Marietta, Region 3, number 4, 11-16. and 16, Had a very disappointing season, all things considered. They lost just uh, uh, Lauren Walker, who I know is uh, you know went to Michigan State, but had pretty much everybody else back, and they did not do well this year at 11-16. They lost... Um, uh, Francis Story to an ACL injury uh, middle late of the season, so that definitely hurt. Um, but they did have Chloe Sterling back, but she hasn't really been able to fully catch that same magic in a bottle that she had last year in the postseason going to James Madison. But they are still a scary four seed at 11 and 16. They're playing Region 1, number 1, Lowndes County, 19 and 7. And again, we, we I talked about it, Region 1. It's uh it's tough because I'm just looking at, you know, they're 19 and 7. So they're okay, they're probably a, a decent team, but I'm looking at the wins. They play Brooks County, I think that's a 2A school. They played Turner County, that's a 1A school. They played Thomasville, that's a 2A school. They played Cook. Cook might be a what is that? Let's let's find out. Cook is a 2A school. Um who else are they playing? Okay. Pierce County is a solid 3A school that they were able to beat. Uh, again, playing Brooks, playing Thomasville, they're playing way, way, way too many small schools, and then they finally get more into the, the Valdostas and the Brunswicks of the world, which I like to see that, but playing these small schools, they're not, they're, that's not helping you for a state tournament run. They're not. I'm looking at Brooks, that's, that's what, six games off rip right there that you can just scrap away. They're, they're, you're playing 2A schools. None of these other 7A schools are playing 2A schools like that. That's six, seven games that do not impress me very much at all as a 7A program. But they did beat Tiff County to win that region tournament, and this is a team that does have uh, some interesting pieces uh, inside. They do have some size, and they do have some talent. They do have uh, uh, Amaya Espanol, 12 points per game, and then Faith Johnson, a guard that averaged 12 points per game. Uh, and then probably going to screw up this name, but uh, Otefo Essenblahau, is a, uh, a big body that protects the rim, nine points, nine rebounds. Um, so they do have that. Uh, but Chloe Sterling is going to be the best player on the floor in this game. It's just, can she knock down her outside shots? Sometimes she was a little too passive for me uh, in games I've seen, and she really needs to be locked in. But she can have takeover ability. I mean, they won the state title last year. Uh, if they have MJ Harris, if she starts to click alongside of her, um, that's a big help. Lauren Day or Lauren Nelson 
Kayla Day, they still have the pieces there. Uh, Lowndes County, they, you know, I, I don't know. This is a, this could be a coin flip game. Like I said, Marietta, they played a lot of good teams this year. They haven't necessarily fared as well as I would have expected with them. But, you know, sometimes you have to go out there and schedule and play the best of the best to prepare yourself. And I think they've done a much better job of doing that than Lowndes has. Um, if you just look at Marietta, I'll pull up some of their, their notable results. Um, some wins that they did score. They did beat Valdosta 61-36. to So what did, uh, what did Lowndes do against Valdosta? Okay, Lowndes beat Valdosta 46-33. So they did beat Valdosta. Um, and then they, they lost 49-43 earlier in the season to Valdosta. And that was a game that was around the same time that Marietta played Valdosta. So keep that in mind. Um, but they have a win over Harrison. They have a win over Campbell. Um, and all these losses for Marietta, they're, they're all top 10 losses for the most part. I'm seeing losses to Warner Robbins, Langston Hughes, Brookwood, Grayson in overtime, Mount Perrin, Woodstock, uh, East Coweta, um, lost to Harrison. Uh, they've played really good teams. Lowndes, not as much. I actually think I'm talking myself into it. I think Marietta is going to get it all together. I think Marietta goes down to Lowndes County and upsets the Vikings for strength of schedule purposes. I think that is going to have them ready. I know they're down a starter, but I think Coach DeWitt and I think Coach, Ster- uh, not Coach Sterling, but Chloe Sterling is going to find that magic and that mojo when it matters most. I think Marietta advances to the Sweet 16 and completes the sweep of Region 1. Now, with that being said, my least favorite time of the podcast is I have to make my Final Four picks and my state championship picks. Well, we're going to see some really big games, and uh, you know, you're always going to see those games. I'm looking at a potential top left-hand side. I'm seeing Cherokee. And I'm seeing a potential matchup with Campbell and the Elite Eight. And I think I would go with Cherokee in this game. Again, they have the balance of the size and the guard play. Very good defense. Campbell is extremely tough. But I think that the lack of size could hurt them against Kimara Rivera. And I think Cherokee is a team that is, again, they've seen some of the best of best, as has Campbell. But I I think Cherokee has had that success in the postseason before. Campbell necessarily has not, but Campbell was my top seed, top ranked team in the preseason. But for some reason, I think I'm I'm going with Cherokee just because how they steamrolled Woodstock in that region championship. I think they have things figured out and they're playing really good basketball. So I have Cherokee top left hand side, bottom left hand side, a very uh, interesting group here. But I think if Brookwood can get past East Coweta. You know, they're probably going to see South Forsyth, which will be difficult. But then I see Brookwood versus Roswell. And I think, not Roswell, versus Norcross, pardon me. Uh, I think Brookwood is a little bit better than Norcross. But I think Norcross has, you know, I think it's, you know, it's tough to pick these games because it's it's going to go down to the wire. But I think I, I, would, I would favor Brookwood just because Diana Collins is that good. And I think that's why I am going to have to go with Diana Collins and Brookwood to bring her team to a Final Four. Top right-hand side, I think you're looking at a state championship deciding matchup 
in the Sweet 16 if it materializes. I see Grayson, I see North Forsyth, I see that game good enough to be a state championship caliber game. North Forsyth, some people want to try and say that their bugaboo in the past has been playing against very athletic teams that have college-level talent, and you know they, they just can't match up with the foot speed and the leaping ability and this and that. I don't necessarily quite see it that way. I think North Forsyth... For the most part, they've been beaten by teams that have gone on to win state titles. I mean, a lot of times they've been beaten by, uh, you know, Collins Hills and Westlakes of the world. Last year they lost by three to Brookwood in the Elite Eight. But I think North Forsyth, there's just something going on with this team this year. This team this year, uh, London Weaver, the big freshman, uh, about six foot tall on the perimeter, has knocked down shots. It's just such a deep roster, and they keep following him through. If it's not Weaver, it's Cameron Gardner. If it's not Gardner, it's going to be Aaron Whalen. If it's not her, it's going to be Jalada. Uh, uh, it's, if it's not her, it's going to be Erickson you know, defending the rim, this, that, and the other. Grayson, if Grayson gets it, Grayson has more individual talent, and they're going to try and make it a rock fight. But I think North Forsyth at home, North Forsyth shooting all those threes, spacing the floor, playing good defense. Again, I hearken back to this interesting tidbit here. Again, we talk about North Forsyth. Oh, maybe sometimes they, they struggle against teams that are very athletic and very tough. Let me rip off the wings. They beat Wesley in 52-49. They beat Mares 50-34. They blew out Cherokee 61-44. They blew out Norcross 59-40. Who else did they beat? They beat West Forsyth 49-44. They beat River Ridge, the only loss for number one River Ridge in Class 6A, 63-58. They had three losses to nationally uh, respected programs. They came back. They drilled Loganville. They blew out South Forsyth again. They blew out West Forsyth. The list goes on and on. Another close win against South Forsyth. They blow out South Forsyth in the region championship. North Forsyth has not lost a single game in the state of Georgia. They have proven that they can beat the best of the best in Georgia. That Wesleyan game, that Cherokee game, that Norcross game. And for that reason, North Forsyth, Grayson, Sweet 16, state championship winner in this game right here. North Forsyth, finally, with the seniors, with the homegrown talent. I like North Forsyth to beat Tim Slater and the Grayson Rams. North Forsyth. Final Four team, book it, North Forsyth, I see them potentially playing Harrison in the Elite Eight, which would be looking at a, a, a mirror image of each other, but I think North Forsyth is just a little more battle-tested as far as seeing all these very talented Forsyth schools and taking their lumps in those tough games against teams like Vestavia Hills and Reynoldsburg, Ohio and Ravenwood, Tennessee. They've played really good competition. It's been in the region. It's been out of the region. It's been out of the state. Vestavia Hills, who beat them, is 31-2. This Reynoldsburg team that beat them is 21-2. This Ravenwood team is 20-8. North Forsyth, Elite Eight, Final Four. I like them to pull it out. Not going to be easy. And it could be, you know, me losing my state title team in the second round. But uh, North Forsyth, I've, I've seen enough. I think they're able to get the job done. Bottom right-hand quadrant, Archer, Final Four, most talent down there. If they just do what they're supposed to do, they should get there. Final Four, on the left-hand side, who do we say? We have Cherokee versus Brookwood. 
I think Brooklyn with Diana Collins, too dynamic. Brookwood in the state title game against North Forsyth in the state title game. And uh, I think I think North Forsyth. I have to go with North Forsyth. They've seen the best of the best. I think Diana Collins would be a mess of a handful to try and slow down. But North Forsyth, they haven't lost a game in Georgia. If there was ever a year to believe in North Forsyth, when we talk about this being wide open, there's no Westlakes, there's no Collins Hills, you know, not, no teams loading their teams up with transfers. McKeach is not loading their team up with transfer. Collins Hill not doing it this year. If ever North Forsyth could get the job done, I would say it would be this year. And I think North Forsyth will finally win a state title. Whew, that was almost a complete hour on Class 7A. Now it's time to move on to Class 6A. And I might have to shorten it up a little bit because I do want to be able to speak after this. I do have to record the boys' podcast after this. Um, so let's get into it. Class 6A girls, top left-hand side, Region 1, number 3, Valdosta, 17-10 overall versus 18-7, Rockdale County, the two-seed out of Region 2, uh, or the Region 3, actually, two-seed out of Region 3. Uh, Rockdale, a team that has spent time in the top 10 just recently, Dropped out after losing to Grovetown. But this is a a good team that, again, has really challenged themselves in the non-region schedule. Um, They lost 54-51 to Grovetown in that region championship. They're playing Valdosta, who, of course, has Essence Cody inside, a 6'3 junior that is getting a lot of attention from big-time high-major schools. Uh, I think Rockdale, just with that guard play, is just going to be Way too strong, and especially we're talking about a um, you know Valdosta, who did end up getting blown out by 35 points to Lee County in the uh, semifinals of Region One. Uh, that's that's not a great sign. Rockdale with Danielle Carnegie, uh, she has just been phenomenal this season, putting up huge numbers. Uh, arguably the best sophomore in the state, or right there in that discussion. Another type player that makes everybody around her so much better. I think Rockdale is just going to have too much as far as that guard play goes. And again, they've seen so much good competition throughout the year. Uh, recording wins here and there over top programs. Um, they're, they're, they're really good. They have a win over Brookwood, I want to say. Um, so they, they beat Brookwood 44-43. They played teams like Grayson. They blew out a good McIntosh team. They played Campbell. Um, they lost by two points to Griffin. So this is a team that has seen a lot of differing styles and very good teams. And I think they should be able to hold on against Valdosta, especially making Valdosta come all the way up there to Rockdale County. Next up, 12-16 and 16, Creekview. The four seed out of Region 7 versus Carrollton, 23-4. and four. The one seed out of Region 5 just popped back up into the top 10 rankings at number 6. Carrollton finally healthy. I knew they took some losses in the regular season, and I was not panicked at all once I heard that they were missing players. Now that they had their full stable back in the um, Igosa sisters, or the Abasoy sisters, Igosa, Abasoy, and then um, Kahinde, uh, you know, those two right there alone are just uh, extremely special as far as playmaking and shooting. And, you know, the lefty is so quick with the ball. 
Yande is, you know, she just has to stay healthy. That's been the whole knock on her career is she can't stay healthy. And if she can stay healthy, you know, she's going to Western Carolina. She is a tremendous player. Um, Kenijah Daniel, uh, as a as a as a junior, uh, I, I, another player that is just. Um, Again, dynamic is a word that comes to mind. She just does so much, a jack-of-all-trades out there. Uh, with her versatility and her athleticism and her ability to make things happen defensively and turn uh, steals into points on the other end. And then lastly, uh, the transfer they got to move in uh, um, has played a, 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 a strong role for them. Jasmine Jones, an inside-out forward type, and then Madison Swin, a freshman. So all the pieces are there for Carrollton. They're playing a young Creekview team. Guard play shaky. Big girls inside. They're young. Um, Amila Taft just picked up a, uh, a Murray State offer as a freshman. She's six foot three. Um, Blyseth on the perimeter, six foot one freshman. Ashlyn Blyseth um, likes to play outside instead of going inside. But you know, if she hits a bunch of threes, you, you never know what could happen. But I think Carrollton, with their press and their guard play, they're just going to be able to overrun and overwhelm this Creekview team. I like Carrollton to win by double digits and, uh, you know, maybe even 20-plus points. Next up, Osborne, Region 6, number 3, 15-9. Jordy Griggs transferring in has given Osborne some life, a very good player. And they played Buford 22-4. The Region 8-2 seed after they were upset by Decula. Uh, Buford, they fell to number 10 in this latest top 10 poll um, without Ava Grace Watson, who got hurt weeks ago against Wesleyan. Buford has been treading water, and it finally caught up to them with a loss to Decula in the Region Championship. And just basing on what the scores have shown recently, I mean, they... They only beat Habersham Central 36-34. That's twice now that they've, you know, after I saw them destroy Habersham by over 40 points in their first meeting, they've had slow, low-scoring games and have struggled to put them away. And, you know, really, I think Buford, if Ava Grace Watson is not coming back, which I feel like it's not going to happen at this point in the season, Buford is a slightly above-average team Um at best, I want to say, without her, they they, they they struggle. They really struggle to put teams away. That Decula loss, a Decula team that has some really bad losses on their ledger. Uh, I know Buford is going to have good game plans, and they're going to press, and that's going to beat a lot of teams. Um, but offensively, uh, you know, Jayla Goods has had a really good season, and she has really come on strong, and she has to play an even bigger role now that Watson's been out. Uh, and then Tamori Planton. Uh, I believe she's going to Western Carolina as well. Inside has has been strong when she's been on the floor, uh, but they've 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 lost players to injury. Watson, we talked about. Uh, Kirby Wallace got hurt early on against Jefferson. I believe she tore her ACL. So they they've lost some players, but they do have talent still over there. Betting Win has had a a, a really nice season for them. Uh, as has. Uh, Tatum Osman, a, a veteran leader over there, is like a wing forward type player. Um, and, and they get some outside shooting from Taylor Romano, who transferred in from out of state. Um, but I think Buford's going to win against Osborne. I think they're going to do that, but I don't know how far they're going to go. If they're not healthy, if they don't have Watson, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're going to struggle to be at that upper echelon like final four could be out of reach this year I still think they'll win a few games most likely but 
I just don't foresee them, you know, being a state title threat anymore without Ava Grace Watson. And them falling to that two seed um, doesn't necessarily do them any favors, um, especially when you're looking at the bottom right-hand quadrant. I mean, that could have been a pretty beautiful road for them, but now you're stuck in there with the Carrolltons and the Brunswicks, and it's going to be a lot tougher now, even Rockdale. But I do like Buford to win this game, but I am a... Uh, very cautious about how deep they will go in this tournament if they are not healthy. I think it's just it's getting players hurt at the wrong time is is not is not doing them any favors. Um, next game, Lakeside DeKalb, Region Four, Number Four, Eleven and Twelve versus Brunswick, Region Two, Number One, Brunswick, Twenty Five and One. They're ranked number five in the state. This is a team that has some size inside with Sinead Jackson. Um, they have some athleticism. They can get after you a little bit here and there. Um, this is an interesting team. This is an interesting team that they had that one bad loss uh, earlier in the year, their only loss, uh, when they got beat by Bradwell Institute 59-54. And Bradwell's not bad. Bradwell did end up with that two seed. Um, but they've handled their business. But, again, it's they've only played these South Georgia schools. Their best win would be that... 78-76 win over Wesleyan, uh, Wesleyan uh, Class A private school. But even Wesleyan, they're about s- mm, number seven in the state in Class A private right now. Um, they, they're they young. They're, they're a really young team. Um, but they were able to beat them, which was really good. Um, but other than that, they, they really played nobody outside of South Georgia. And South Georgia, it's it's competitive. It's it's good, but it it traditionally hasn't been good enough to win a state title. But this Brunswick team, they 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 rebound the ball really well. Uh, they're pretty deep. Shamaya Flanders averages over thirteen points per game. Jackson, who I mentioned, is a double double threat, eleven and eight. Um, they have uh, Jeremiah Ramsey, seven points per game. There's there's a lot of pieces out there, and it's, they take turns being the leading scorer. Uh, I think they're going to be able to steamroll Lakeside to cap, but then that sets up a very difficult match against Buford. Can they handle Buford's press when Buford tries to take away that one side of the court and makes you throw it uh, across the court, and they pick off so many passes? Brunswick's guard play is very much so going to be tested in their Sweet 16 matchup against Buford, but... For now, I do like Brunswick to get past Lakeside to cap and set up a very interesting second-round matchup, which they will have if Buford takes care of business, and Brunswick does as well, will have Buford at Brunswick. And when is the last time we've seen Buford on the road this early in the Sweet 16? doesn't happen often. Bottom left-hand side, Lakeside Evans, 18-10, and 10, Region 3, number 3 seed, Versus Lee County, 18-6, the two-seed out of Region 1. The two-seed out of Region 1, Lee County. Um, they lost in the Region Championship 44-42, Houston County. Now they see a Lakeside Evans team coming out of um, that Region 3. But, you know, Lakeside Evans, they, they do have a pretty nice uh, a pretty nice region uh, record, or at least, you know, 18-10 coming out of that region. They have a nice record, but as far as what they've been able to do against some of those, those top teams, um, let's pull it up real quick and see what they've done against that, that competition. I feel like they haven't been able to hold their own as well. Uh, just looking at what they've done against those two top teams in Grovetown and Rockdale. 
Um, looking at what they've done, they have lost to Rockdale 59-38, lost to Grovetown 53-21, lost to Rockdale 59-22, lost to Grovetown 69-49, and then lost to Gro- uh, Rockdale 64-38. So good record, not very many, if any, good wins. They've been blown out when they played good teams. Um, with that being said, I think Lee County is a good team, and I think Lee County is going to be able to handle their business and advance on to the Sweet 16. Dalton fell all the way to the four seed in Region 5, 21-7 against 26-1, Region 7, number one, River Ridge. River Ridge the number one ranked team in the state for many, many weeks now. Really got that mark with some big wins early in the season over Woodstock and Cherokee, Sequoia. Only loss was uh, 63-58 to North Forsyth, the number one ranked team in 7A. Um, I think River Ridge is going to really take it to Dalton, especially considering how Dalton lost uh, very badly to East Paulding, um, 53-30 in that consolation game. They have Grace Ridley inside, who's you know going to pile up rebounds and putbacks and points, but River Ridge is going to run rough shot over them uh, with Matea Gale, Sophia Pearl, who might be the freshman of the year in the classification, Allie Sweet, Allie Sweet long-arming rebounds, Kayla Cleveland, uh, way too many weapons. River Ridge is just going to blow past Dalton in this game. Next up, Habersham Central, 17-9. Region 8, number 3. Team that sent a little bit of time in the top 10. Uh, versus 19-7, Region 6, number 2, Sprayberry. Sprayberry ranked number 9 in the state, led by McDonald's All-American Flauge Johnson. Um, Flauge Johnson and company, just that dynamic individual scoring ability along with her athleticism um, and just her overall skill set, Habersham's not going to be able to have an answer to slow her down. They just can't match up with the foot speed. I know Kaya Barrett is a really nice young sophomore who is going to get better and better and better, um, but I don't think they're going to be able to score enough with Sprayberry and get enough stops. Habersham's a a very well-coached team, but Fauze Johnson, an athletic six-foot guard that is going to score at all three levels and is going to make plays with their quick hands on defense. That's just a lot to ask. And if Sprayberry didn't have that one McDonald's All-American on the roster and they were just a, a, a good team with some really good players and did not have a, a superstar like that on the roster, I think Habersham could win this game. But that star power is just going to be too much to overcome, and I like Sprayberry to advance. Next up, Glen Academy, 13-13 and 13 out of Region 2, the four seed, versus Lovejoy, 23-3, and three, number two in the state, one Region 4, um, with a win over Langston Hughes, 62-55. to 55. Uh, This Lovejoy team is, you know, they're loaded. They have the roster from top to bottom with the size and the guard play and the quickness. Um, Layla Hood. Inside going to Mercer at about six foot tall. Brianna Hardy is about 6'1", 6'2", another senior. Julia McDonald has some length to her. Uh, Brianna Preston was the region player of the year as a sophomore guard, dynamic speed. Uh, again, dynamic is a, a theme throughout. Lanaya Foster is getting D1 attention. Kara Peterson, I believe, is going to... Um, Shorter University, so there's just so much. They're gonna they're gonna overwhelm this Glen Academy team, and I like Lovejoy to make it to the next round. To the top right hand side of things, 
you're looking at a very difficult uh, first round matchup. Region two, number three, Statesboro, 22 and five, going up against Langston Hughes, who is currently ranked number four in the state at 22 and six. Um, Statesboro, they're an interesting group. I mean, I saw them at the Sandy Spill Tip-Off Classic. They beat Griffin. They have they have length. Alyssa Staten inside is about 6'2", 6'3", sophomore. She's broke out as their leading scorer this year. Um, you have um, Madison Lee, uh, another 6-foot wing that can guard every position on the floor, can score a little bit here and there in certain spots. And then they do have some uh, some competitive guard play uh, that can you know pick up the pace and knock down some outside shots. A little young, a little young on the perimeter. Uh, but this Statesboro team, um, they're 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 an interesting group. You know, I, they're not in the top ten. They fell out. They fell to that three seed, falling behind Brunswick, who really emerged. And then of course uh, Bradwell Institute as well. And you know, I was watching some of that NFHS game. Uh, against uh, who was it? Bradwell Institute when uh, Brunswick or uh, no Statesboro lost uh, 67-54. They kind of just you know a late run there from Brun- uh, Brad Bradwell really put it away. But this Statesboro team, uh, they're interesting. They can kind of dictate the tempo and do what they want to do defensively. Uh, they're a tough team. You know, Ryan Johnson is a good sophomore guard, one of those young guards that I was talking about can make shots on the perimeter, but they're playing. A uh, very tough Langston Hughes team again. Langston Hughes, who is a, a loaded roster, uh, led by Raven Thompson, an interesting five nine forward combo forward, really big body, uh, interesting skill set of what she can provide on the floor. Tamia Sturgill has been a an all region player since year one. It feels like at the guard position. Tiana Dismuke is a, a big body, and so that can rebound and score. Uh, Kyla Green has some youth to her advantage, a, a good young player. Um, Langston Hughes, they're, uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Um, uh, Taylor Caldwell, uh, I'm assuming that she's still, she's still strapping them up as well. Transfer from Alexander, that really helped out throughout the season. But um, this is, could potentially be a coin flip game, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Langston Hughes because I feel like uh, – you know, they've, they've seen Lovejoy. Now you could say the same thing about Statesboro. They've seen Brunswick. But, um, you know, heading to Langston Hughes, if Statesboro had this game at home, I, I think I could lean their way. But Statesboro, sometimes when push comes to shove, it could be a little difficult to score for them. Um, they, they, do, they are comfortable mucking it up with their defense and their length. But I think Langston Hughes might have a little bit more polish in certain areas. But again, this could really go down. I mean, I'm looking at this game. This is the best first round matchup in the state of Georgia in Class 6A, Statesboro versus Langston Hughes. I'm getting the slight advantage to Langston Hughes in this one. Um, but don't be surprised if you see Statesboro uh, pull off the mini upset here. Next up, we have Kell, 24 and 2, Region 6 winners. Currently ranked in the state number three versus Winderboro, 21 and 7, the four seed out of Region 8. Um, they got beat in the Region 8 tournament by, let's see here, they got beat by Decula, 44 41, then lost 61 51 to Habersham Central. Winderboro, at one point in the season, asked why they were not ranked. 
They were not ranked because they don't have many quality wins, um, or not at least not enough quality wins. I knew they were they were they were beating up on a couple teams here and there, um, but I'm looking at their quality wins early on in the season. Scrolling through the list, they beat Prince Avenue, a decent Class A private team that's not in the top ten. Other than that, they did beat Decula. Uh, who you know got hot and won that region championship um but that's really it they beat habersham central once 54 49 but only three pretty good wins no no real significant top 10 wins this wanderbero team is obviously on the right track um with that length inside they have some um some big time players that are going to be really really good all i hear is great things about Shakira butler inside that freshman is uh is going to be a force with her length and her ability to finish around the rim. She could uh could could win them a game, uh you know here and there. But uh you know just running into Kell in that first round matchup, it's going to be difficult. Crystal Henderson, the whole gang, Amaya Moss, Jada Peterson added in. Uh, she's just going to have way too much firepower for Winder Barrow. Winder Barrow falling to that four spot was really a a death sentence, I feel like. I just don't think they're going to have the guard play to compete with Kale, and I think Kale is going to race past them. Next up, Region 7, number 3, Cambridge, 18-9, and nine, versus Region 5, number 2, Rome, 20-4. and four. Rome could not win the Region Championship, ran into a healthy Carrollton team, and they met their demise 52-37. I think Rome's a nice team. Uh, again, a, a very experienced team. Um, they've done a, a nice job of kind of, you know, keeping keeping everything in line. After they lost their head coach, Coach Harris went to Marist to work in the admin. Um, it was, you know, they were looking for who could kind of lead this Rome team and get them where they need to go. Uh, and um, they've done a nice job of, you know, Thomas McAvoy coming over from Thomas County Central, where he was a former head coach on that side. He's done a, a, a good job, and they've, they've been good. They've been good, 20-4. and four. Now, they lost to Sequoia by double digits early on in the year, and then, of course, you know they, they picked up some wins against a, a, a hurt Carrollton team. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to shoot the ball well, and they, they can do that. They do have some players that can score. Pinky Nation's really good. Um, Trinacia Adams really shoots the ball well. That's, that's her forte. And they have some other young players that really mix in well here and there. Uh, Loveman is a, a veteran guard. Uh, I think they're going to beat Cambridge. Cambridge is Jordan Dudley, and she's going to want to slash to the basket, and she's going to pick up some steals. If they go to the press, she's going to get some steals. The Florida State soccer commit is really nimble and really elite at getting to the rim, but I just don't think she's going to have enough supporting cast around her. And I think Rome is going to be able to knock down outside shots, and they're going to be able to wall up and try and keep her out of the lane, not let her go too crazy, and I think Rome advances. Next up, Grovetown, Region 3, number 1, Grovetown, currently ranked number 7 in the state at 21-6. They play Northside Warner Robins, 10-11, and 11, the fourth seed out of Region 1. I saw Northside Warner Robins earlier this year. Alea Grain and Destin Seaton, dynamic duo, but just not enough help outside of those two. And you're playing a Grovetown team um, that has Kiana Curtis inside going to North Carolina A&T is a solid player, but Demaya Griffin is the one that really, you know, came back from an injury last year, really makes his team a, a viable threat to win some games in the postseason. I like her as the team's best player, actually, just with 
everything that she can do. And I think they're just going to have too much too much of a supporting cast, too deep. They played a lot of good teams as well this season. So I think Grovetown is going to be able to keep Aaliyah Green and company in check, and I think Grovetown wins this one. Bottom right-hand side, Westlake, 13-9. and nine. The dynasty is over, the three-seed out of Region 4. They play Region 2, number 2, Bradwell Institute, 20-5. and five. Bradwell Institute, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I got to check them out on NFHS a little bit against Statesboro, and they're quick. They are definitely quick. Tania Bowman is a very quick little guard, listed about 5'2", 5'3", but she puts points on the boards, about 15 points per game. They have a freshman in Paris Parham, nine points per game. But the one that draws all the Division One attention is Bailey Gilmer, about 6'2", 6'3", has the prototypical body for a, a athletic post presence, just like great frame. Everything about her is well proportioned, uh, a terrific athlete, and you could pack on some major muscle to her. And, you know, that, that's, that is a WNBA-type frame. Um, but she doesn't really do a ton of scoring. She has some offensive skills, but she's not necessarily a focal uh, focal point for this offense averages eight points and seven rebounds uh, and can alter some shots in the paint and she she moves really well laterally she can run the floor exceptionally well Bailey Gilmer is or Gilmore is going to be an issue in this one and I, I think Bradwell Institute especially having Westlake come to them they've played in that a, a good region region two is good we got to see what they do as far as in the state tournament, because even on the boys' side, that region two, they always have teams with 18, 19, 20 wins, multiple of them, but then they can't really, you know, break through into a final four uh, or anything like that. But I think Bradwell Institute should be able to get the job done and beat Westlake in this one. Next up, Pope, region six, number four, 15 and 13, very well coached by Coach Blythe over there, always has his team. It feels like overachieving against Decula, the number one ranked team out of Region 8, 18 and 9. Lazaria Spearman, when she wants to be the best player on the floor, she's absolutely unstoppable. Whether she wants to be the best player on the floor at all times, that is the key. Uh, you know, sometimes she can have a very low motor out there and seem disinterested and want to shoot a lot of threes on the perimeter. But when she wants to, she can average 30 points and 20 rebounds, and she is a fantastic player that is going to Miami. Um, Pope, that is what they cannot match up with. Terrific athleticism and terrific size, and Lazaria Spearman has both. This is a game that Lazaria Spearman has to record 25 points and 20 rebounds. I just cannot foresee her not doing that. There is no reason at all that she should ever take a three-point shot in this game, and if you want her to be on the wing, it has to be in an attacking mode where she's getting downhill and getting to the basket. If not, if she's settling for threes, you're doing a disservice to your program, to the team, to her. She has to be in the paint dominating this game, and I think she will be able to do so. Uh, and that is that is a key in this one. Pope, they're going to be able to knock down some outside shots. Katie Ward is a nice player. That was a region six second team selection. And Caroline Hanselman has hit some big shots throughout the season along with Seta Gatto. Both honorable mention picks, but Zaria Spearman and Makira uh, Standridge at the point guard position, if they're able to feed Spearman the ball inside, uh, just physically, uh, Pope has no one to match her, and that's why I like Decula to make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, 
A huge surprise, East Paulding, 17-12, Region 5, number 3 seed against Sequoia, Region 7, number 2, 20-7 overall, ranked number 8 in the state, coming off a heartbreaking two-point loss to River Ridge in the Region 7 championship, 47-45. East Paulding held my fall league there. This is a huge surprise. Uh, Eddie Gambrell. Uh, very serious consideration for being the coach of the year, not only in that region, but seriously for Class 6A to have this team at 17 wins and in the state playoffs. He has done an a, a unbelievable, phenomenal job. All I hear is he is a tireless worker. He knows what he is doing. East Paulding got a slam dunk home run hire and Eddie Gambrell. Phenomenal job to make it to the state playoffs. Um Haley Verkirk is a rebounding machine inside at about five foot nine, but she averages close to 15 rebounds per game. Michaela Mann is an interesting prospect that shows flashes here and there as a 5'9", 5'10", wing. Um, guard play is an area where, uh, you know, they, they, they play pretty good defense on, with their guards, but scoring the ball, it's, it's not a strong suit for them. So a lot of that offense is going to have to run through Haley Verkirk and, um, you know, her and Michaela Mann and Cora Barger uh, is a nice little player, a very nice little player that can hit some shots and plays pretty hard as well. But they're going up against Sequoia. Sequoia is on a different level than East Paulding. Ellie Blatchford, um, you know, that big 5'11 guard with Vanderbilt offers and everything. Uh, Susanna Rogers going to Lee uh, at, at the guard position as well, about 5'9, 5'10. Aaron Jackson, Cornell College, a really pit bull rebounder that is I gotta give her credit she's really improved her outside shot in her perimeter game but she just plays so hard um it goes on and on and on with this Sequoia team I think Sequoia is gonna win this one very uh pretty easily but uh coach Gambrell you can't count him out with what he did to Dalton and just the simple fact that they're in this state tournament position uh they are seriously even though they're the three seed not even the four seed they are playing with house money right now the Raiders and they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink and more at Sequoia. But I think Sequoia is just going to be too talented. And Sequoia is going to advance to the Sweet 16. Final game on that bottom right-hand quadrant. Region 3, number 4, Heritage Conyers, 7-16 and 16 versus Houston County. The number one seed, 20-4 and four, uh, out of Region 1, the number one seed. Uh, Houston County uh, is a team that has been trying to get into the top 10. I think they spent maybe one week in there and then quickly were unable to uh, hold their water and they, they got bounced. You know, they only lost four games and that means they just lost one of those four games at the very wrong time, right when they were in uh, the top 10. But looking at those four losses, they're not, t- they're not bad losses. They lost 46-42 to Warner Robins, a ranked 5A school, lost 49-47 to Dodge County, a, a, a ranked 2A school, which, you know, 2A, that's, that's kind of tough, but Dodge County is an interesting team. They lost to Valdosta by six. They lost in double overtime again to Dodge County, so those are your four losses. As far as your wins, they beat Lee County 44-40 in that region championship. Um, so they beat Lee County three times this season. Other than that, they blew out Doherty County, 67-44, a, a sneaky good 3A school, um, or 4A school, pardon me. Um, they beat them, uh, they beat West Lawrence by five points. So not, not, not huge, you know, big wins. I mean, their best win of the season was probably that 46-40 home opening win over Warner Robins. 
Um, but other than that, they, you know, they, they, they've taken care of business. They've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat, and that goes a long way as far as becoming a good team. And this is a balanced team that has a lot of seniors. Uh, all these girls were just offered by uh, a college I saw, uh, but Marquea White, over 12 points per game. Jordan Johnson is getting looks from D3 schools. Mackenzie Airline, Airline, another good player. And then Alexis Williams, that's their big four that really kind of rounds them out right now. Um, I think House and Canada, they're, they're going to be able to beat this Heritage Conyers team that's in rebuild mode. Uh, so I do like the Bears to bear down and get to the Sweet 16, which would set up a very interesting matchup with Sequoia if Sequoia takes care of their business. So now, on to the Final Four, on to the motivation. Uh, again, I always say I'm, I'm the one that puts out all this, this content, and I'm always on whiteboards being the one as a great motivator for some of these teams, it feels like that I don't believe in them. And it, it really gets these teams and kids fired up, and it's it's exciting for that to happen. But here's my final four pick. Top left-hand side, I see Carrollton coming out, making it back to the final four. Carrollton healthy at the right time. If they can get past Rockdale, which won't necessarily be a, a super easy feat, but if they can get past Rockdale – uh, I think they will see Brunswick in the second round, or in the in the Elite Eight. If they see Brunswick in the Elite Eight, that means Brunswick got past Buford, which I think could happen. But I, I think Carrollton over Brunswick in the Elite Eight. Going with Carrollton, bottom left-hand side. This is one that'll you know keep you up at night. Number one River Ridge versus number two Lovejoy in the Elite Eight. A good enough matchup to be in the state championship game. What worries me about this game is Lovejoy can match and you know surpass the athleticism of River Ridge. Now River Ridge has a lot of size inside that can combat Brianna Hardy and uh, also Layla Hood down low with Sophia Reyes, a big six-two post presence. Uh, Kayla Cleveland gets in on the glass at about 5'11". Allie Sweet is a phenomenal rebounder. Might be the best rebounder in Class 6A. Long arms, an athletic quick second jump. Then you you shift over to the guard matchups. Uh, Sophia Pearl can shoot the ball extremely well. And Matea Gale is lightning quick. Uh, Phenomenal athlete. Possibly the most athletic guard in the state of Georgia. But Lovejoy has a very good guard as well. And the sophomore, Brianna Preston, who is... Equally electric in the open floor and great defensively. Those two girls are going to be, I would hope, I would assume, can kind of guard each other and play each other in that in the uh, in that matchup there. So I think if they if they're playing each other, uh, you know, who's going to be able to keep one another out of the lane? I think Matea Gale can shoot the ball uh, a little bit better than Brianna Preston can at this point in her career, but. That is going to be a tough matchup, and I think Lovejoy with Lanaya Foster, she could be a big piece. I think Lovejoy just has a little bit more, more to p- pull from. And again, I do think you know sometimes just having that extra step of quickness, and maybe they can just get to balls a little quicker. I think it's going to be a great game if it if it comes to that because River Ridge is really really good, but River Ridge hasn't seen a team that does have that much depth and that much skill and does have that much size and athleticism to pair with it 
I think it's a close game. It, it might be one of these where it depends on if it's at Lovejoy or at River Ridge. Um, but I think I'm, I'm going with number two ranked Lovejoy to just barely nip River Ridge in what should be a really, 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 really good game. But I think I'm going to go with Cedric King and Lovejoy, meaning River Ridge might just be one year away. Top right-hand side, Kel is a team I'm going with. If Kel can get past Langston Hughes, who they beat in a very close matchup earlier in the season in that second round, if Langston Hughes is able to get past Statesboro, I think Kel matches up with Grovetown in the Elite Eight, and I think Kel just too many guards with Jada Peterson and Crystal Henderson, and even Jada Green inside is a, a really good shot blocker. I think they just have a really good top five. I think they're going to have a little bit too much for Grovetown, just too many options to deal with. So I like Kell to get to the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, it's pretty wide open for some teams to make hay. Houston County, like this could be a great opportunity for them to really showcase and prove that this was a top-ten team all season long. They just did not get enough recognition or enough publicity. We shall see. Bradwell Institute, same thing with them. They never made it in the top 10 all season long. Dekula, maybe Dekula. Maybe they're for real. Maybe they've really found their stride and they figured out what works best for them. But the team I got coming out of here is Sequoia. I think Sequoia over Bradwell Institute in the Elite Eight. Again, just the polish of Ellie Blatchford, Susanna Rogers, um, uh, Melina Abdus-Salam. I think she's going to play a big role as a freshman center inside protecting the rim and grabbing rebounds when she's out there. Uh, I think Sequoia makes it to the Final Four, which sets up a championship matchup of Lovejoy versus Kell for me. And I think Lovejoy wins a state title. Class 6A, wildly competitive. A lot of teams have a great opportunity of winning it, but I think Lovejoy over Kell with how the brackets shape up. Up next, let's take a look at Class 5A. Top left-hand side, Region 1, number 3, Wayne County, 12 and 11 versus Forest Park, 18 and 6. The two-seed out of Region 3, Forest Park is number 2 in the state. So we're looking at Region 3 putting number 1, Woodward, and number 2, Forest Park, atop the heap. Can anybody beat these two juggernauts? Uh, I know Wayne County will not be able to beat Forest Park. Uh, Yasmin Allen's really had a phenomenal sophomore season, really just has just poured it on, has had a great year. And Jada Brown, of course, is a very um, athletic, long-wing shooting guard-type player as well. So them, along with the addition of uh, Ashaya Berry, who's going to uh, Winthrop, I believe, another long forward, can make some things happen on defense. Forest Park should overwhelm Wayne County in this first-round matchup. Next game... Region 7, number 4, Blessed Trinity, 13 and 14, travels to Southwest DeKalb. Region 5, number 1, 19 and 9. Uh, Blessed Trinity has had a really good, surprising season. I saw them last year against West Forsyth to open up the season. And I like this Mara Ryan girl uh, who ended up being Region 7 first team selection this year. Um, but she's got some help now. Chris Delaire is another first teamer. Uh, and then J- Jacqueline Johns was an honorable mention selection. Um, so this was a Trinity team. They, they they picked up a couple nice wins throughout the season. And they're playing a Southwest DeKalb team that I saw in person this year against 
St. Pius. Uh, they split with St. Pius this year. Um, they're definitely not Southwest Cab of old, but they still have a spell over that region. They ended up winning that region championship. Uh, you know, luckily they were able to avoid uh, St. Pius for a rubber match. Uh, when St. Pius got upset by Decatur by two, but Southwest Cab beat Decatur 39-35 in the region championship. Um, this is a team, Alexandria Jackson was a first team selection. She's a three-point shooter on the perimeter. Uh, Janiah McCoy is about four foot eleven point guard freshman, um, quality playmaker. Uh, Brooklyn Scrub was a second team pick, but the girl I really like the most is Camille Files. Uh, I think she's their best player. Uh, at least from what I saw in person against uh, St. Pius. Uh, she's her best player as far as the skill set goes. Uh, only a freshman. You can tell she moves different. She plays different. She can facilitate. She does a lot. She came off the bench against St. Pius, and I don't know if she's a full-time bench player like that, but that's the most skilled and most important player on that roster, I feel like, because she can match up against some of the top dogs across the state. I think Southwest Cab, just their press, uh, they're just going to be very hectic and really make sh- you know make sure uh, that you have good guard play against them because they're going to try to exploit that. And Blessed Trinity, they have to uh, be prepared for that press. And I don't know if their point guard and their ball handling, just overall breaking the press, is going to be um, sound enough to, to, to last a full 32 minutes against a Southwest Cab team. So I think Southwest Cab wins this one. I just think they're going to be a little too quick in the press, and they're just going to cause uh, a, a couple too many turnovers for Blessed Trinity to overcome. Next up, Region 6, number 3, Villarica, 14-14 and 14 against 19-7, Loganville, the two-seed out of Region 8. An interesting first-round matchup. Uh, Villarica upset Maynard Jackson earlier in the season when Kayla Ward poured in 34 points. And then Loganville, they almost pulled up a, pulled off an upset of their own in the Region 8 championship, losing to Greenbrier 40-38. to uh, Both teams have nice little nucleuses. Villarica's nucleus, you're looking at Kayla Ward, uh, 5'10", 5'11", senior, wing, point forward, plays pretty much every position, their best player. Um... You also have Kaya Swint, who is a very important 5'8", 5'9", junior, wing-type player. Then Gracie Byford, the freshman point guard, really has a lot of moxie, a lot of swagger, can make some one-handed passes, has deep three-point range. Uh, She can fill it up from deep if you leave her open. They're playing a Loganville team that is really anchored by two players. Sydney Bolden, the region player of the year that went crazy in that game against Greenbrier, almost led Loganville to a championship. And then uh, Amaya Lewis, who has improved by leaps and bounds her sophomore season, six foot three long, but she is showing off a whole new skill set, grabbing rebounds, pushing the ball in transition, um, just looking very mobile, much more coordinated, much more strong inside, uh, finishing around the rim, blocking shots. Um, that's a dynamic duo right there, the senior and the sophomore. Um, playing in the Inferno at Loganville, uh, James Griffin's going to have his hands full. He's going to need one of those big-time Kayla Ward games. That's it. They go as Kayla Ward goes. If Kayla Ward is able to put up 24, 25 points, 
and get, grab her eight rebounds and four assists and do everything, they will have a chance. Because when I'm looking at this Loganville team, a team that played at the CTC Classic at my event this past season, or, well, this season, um, they, they, they beat North Cub Christian, and they look good, and they, you know, they're, they're a strong team. But I'm just looking at the wins as far as signature wins for Loganville. At 19-7, a team that I would love to put in the top 10, but... They've had to keep them out. They don't have really a huge signature win. Now, their best win now, it looks like, is Decula. They beat them 69-51, who ended up getting hot and upset uh, uh, and injured Buford team to win Region 8 in Class 6A. But other than that, there's not a lot of, you know, you, know, you can't really bring this on the resume and bring this to your boss and say, I want to raise. There's not a lot of raise-type wins. They beat Walnut Grove. They sunk the boat a, a few times, but other than that, there's just not that great win on that resume. North Cobb Christian, when they beat them, North Cobb Christian was without Brooke Moore, their best player. So this is a, a nice, solid, good, well-coached John Zorn team, but it's not last year's Loganville team. So I think Villarica seriously has a puncher's chance in this one, considering that their best win is better than Loganville's best win. But... With that being said, I do think Loganville will be able to win this game. I think this should be a pretty close game, actually. But I just think Sydney Bolden, I think she's got that mindset right now that she's not going to lose, especially not going to lose in the first round. And with Amaya Lewis controlling the paint inside, I think she's going to give Villarica a lot of issues and is going to block a lot of shots when Kayla Ward and Kaya Swin and company try to drive to the lane. So I like Loganville to pull this one out. Next up, Region 4, number 4, Jones County, 11-16 versus Griffin, 21-6. Region 2, number 1, Griffin currently ranked number 3 in the state. Griffin, too big, too athletic. Their offense is getting offensive rebounds and putbacks and being bigger and quicker and longer than you. And they are going to do that to Jones County, and Jones County is just not going to be able to handle it. Griffin is so long with their... With their defensive pressure, they can extend it very far and really just push you out to the half-court line to start your offense. And Jones County just doesn't have enough playmakers and enough shooters to really beat that. And I think Griffin is going to win this one pretty easily. Bottom left-hand quadrant. This is a quadrant where um, it's, it's pretty open. It's pretty open. I mean, I'm looking at top 10 teams. I'm only seeing... Only Union Grove is in there, currently ranked number five. And then we slipped in New Manchester at the bottom of the pole this week, number 10 in the state. But this this could be an interesting, interesting quadrant that could see some upsets. We start with Region 3, number three, Jonesboro, 9 and 12 overall. They are going up against Ware County, 18-7, the two-seat out of Region 1. Um... Ware County, they're led by Trinity Jenkins. She was a first-team selection out of Region 1. Uh, also getting help from Takira Moody, a second-teamer at Ware County. So those two alone going up against a Jonesboro team. Jonesboro, again, 9-12. and 12, They're in that brutal region where you're, you're guaranteed at least four losses each season from Forest Park and Woodward Academy, just on a completely different level uh, that they had to play against. But Jonesboro's best player... 
Paris Gates was a first-team all-region selection, and then Queen Adams a second-teamer. But I think Ware County making Jonesboro travel all the way down there, and Ware County, a team that is playing pretty good basketball right now, all things considered, uh, almost won that region championship, lost 54-53 to Warner Robins. So I think Ware County has some momentum in their favor, and plus they have Jonesboro coming all the way down there. I think Ware County wins. Next up, Stone Mountain. Region 5, 4 seed, 13-13 overall against Hiram. Region 7, number 1, Hiram again continues to have Cass's number when it matters most. Beating Cass for the region championship, 50-40. to 40. Cass, or uh, Hiram, they, they fell out of the top 10 early on in the season. It was a weird girls in and out of the lineup. They had some horrible losses. Um... But then, you know, once they kind of hit that midseason stride and started getting everyone there, they started playing much better. They beat Calhoun 53-39 in the semifinal of the uh, Region 7 champion or Region 7 tournament. And uh, they won that region as a three seed. Uh, so Hiram, this is a team that, again, I see a lot in the fall league. They have quality guard play. They can attack you with their press and get after it defensively. Um, but Ariel Owens going to Barton College. That's where it's all going to start and stop with her inside as a, a, a really good rebounder and a good scorer that loves to shoot her turnaround jump shot in the post mid-range. She will let it go from wherever she needs to. Um, she has a first-team all-region selection, so she leads the way. Then you got Cameron O'Neill, uh, another solid guard, a good ball handler that applies pressure. Uh, Kalisha Phillips, an athletic wing that has some length to her. Um, and then Taylor Crawford, a young guard, played really well. was an honorable mention selection for the region this season. Uh, Hiram, I think that for all those players I just listed, I think they're going to be too much. Now, I know Stone Mountain, Tamia Boone, region player of the year, averaged close to 20 points per game. But what else does she have around her? I don't know if she's going to have enough supporting cast. I know Kyra uh, McCrary was a second-team selection. And she's going to have to have a big game. But other than that, I just think Hiram is more polished. And I think Hiram, with the great momentum they have right now, is going to roll on into the Sweet 16. Next up, Region 8, 3 seed Walnut Grove, 18-10 and 10 overall versus New Manchester, 16-9. Region 6, number 2, who we just said is in the top 10 at number 10. Walnut Grove, a great turnaround over... This season under Coach Kevin Furtado in his first year, um, doing a lot with a, a program that he's trying to build up, um, you know, rowing the boat. The boat has uh, gotten into the river of the state playoffs, and that's all you can ask for, really, with the 18-10 and 10 record. Now, not quite good enough to compete with Loganville and not good enough for Greenbrier. They're firmly cemented as that three seed in a region that really takes a big drop after those top two. Um, but they, 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 they played well against Loganville. They almost clipped him in their last meeting, but not enough. But Kamaria Reed, uh, a transfer they got in there from, uh, I want to say, a Monroe area possibly, has really put this team on the map as being a, a, a serious team that you can't just overlook anymore. Uh, she was an all-region selection. Uh, so she's their best player. She gets the job done. Really smart guard, passes the ball well, and has really learned to score at a, a fairly good amount. I think she's over 15 points per game this season, so she's been impressive. But she leads the way. But New Manchester, a team that, again, had them in the fall league. I was wondering, do they have enough around Carissa Richardson 
uh, a stud going to Auburn who just can do everything on the floor. And it's been India Johnson who's had a really nice, strong year for them. A first-team all-region selection. Uh, she's picked up the slack. Paige Fears is a young freshman guard that had a nice season. Um, but we need Cameron uh, Cameron Bates, she needs to be the one that gets this team over the hump. If New Manchester wants to make it to the Final Four, it has to be Cam Bates, a girl that was supposed to go to uh, George Mason, then uh, decommitted, and uh, she, she needs to pick up her play and really bring it. She's a great ball handler, super quick, can facilitate, but she's averaged only about eight points per game this year and has shot uh, roughly around 30% from the field so she if she can kind of find that because she's she's great at getting into the lane like I said great facilitator and she can draw a lot of fouls uh, when she barrels into the chest of defenders but sometimes if they're not calling those fouls and she's not getting bailed out um, you know scoring can be tough but if she's still out there uh, just her creative playmaking and her defense uh, can go a long way for this new Manchester team. Uh, but with that being said, I think, you know, Carissa Richardson, there's just no one that can match her on the floor for Walnut Grove. And with Kamaria Reed going to have to deal with India Johnson and Cameron Bates, um, tracking them around, tracking her around, making life difficult for her, um, that's going to be tough. And Cameron Bates coming off a 19-point game in the region championship, a 63-50 loss to Maynard Jackson. That is a very, very positive sign for Coach Parks to see Cameron Bates scoring the ball well. So I think New Manchester playing good ball right now. I think they're just going to be too talented for Walnut Grove to overcome. And next up, last game on this bottom left-hand side, a very interesting one. I was at that Region 2 tournament, so I saw a lot of these teams play um, but we have Northside Columbus, a team that's been a lot of time in the top 10, 20 and 7 overall. They fell all the way to the four seed out of Region 2. They play Union Grove, 21 and 4, the one seed out of Region 1. The one seed out of the one seed out of Region 4. Get all this stuff confused, but Union Grove, 21 and 4, a quality team. This is an interesting matchup considering. Northside Columbus, they really kind of had it rolling there for a while. But last I heard and last I saw in the region tournament, an all-region player, they're probably their best guard, quit the team. And that kind of hurts when you're zapped of one of your best players. When you lose uh, a player like, um, let me make sure I pronunciate her name correctly, Ayana Durand from last I was told and in the region tournament, Quit the team. Their leading score. You lose your leading score, not due to injury, but from quitting the team. That hurts, and that is why they slipped all the way to the four seed. Now, Maya Giles is a good guard, averaging over twenty or 12 points per game. Uh, the freshman is one of the best freshmen in the state, about six foot tall, Michaela Hosley. Uh, she is going to be a very special player and has high major offers or at least interest uh, tracking her right now. So Northside Columbus, they they have a lot of talent on that roster. Erica Rodriguez is a three-point specialist. Even Morgan Thomas, a sophomore, a big body, strong guard, who is used to scoring a lot of points, has taken a little bit more of a backseat this year, but can still fill it up when needed. There's a lot of firepower there, but they're still learning to play without Durand, their leading scorer, and that has really hurt this team, and that's why they slipped to that four seed. Um, but they're playing Union Grove. Uh, Union Grove, a really nice team, a really strong team that's come on strong. Uh, you know, they're led by 
Uh, their, uh, their best player being Jordan Brooks at the guard position, a first-team all-region selection, and Ananda Mayhew was also a first-team all-region pick. So those two alone, uh, they kind of lead the way for Doc Gamage, who was the Region 4 co-coach of the year. Um, he does a good job. You got honorable mention players, Julia Baker and Nadia Smith, and kind of mix it up in the interior aspect of things. Um, but this is an interesting match because there is a uh, neutral uh, opponent here that we have seen uh, this season. And that is when McIntosh, uh, out of that region with Northside Columbus Region 2, they played Union Grove twice. And Union Grove against McIntosh, who ended up getting that two seed. And McIntosh, they, uh, they ended up blowing out um, Northside Columbus in a game I was at in that region tournament semifinal. Beat them 63-45. to uh, Union Grove, they actually lost twice to McIntosh. They lost 45-37. And then they lost in their second meeting later on in the season 58-48. And McIntosh... Um, well, we just told you what McIntosh did against Northside Columbus. Now, I think if Northside Columbus had their entire roster and Duran did not lead the team, I think I don't think they'd be a four seed, and I think they would be able to really come out of this bracket, possibly this quadrant. But I don't think they're playing; they're not playing their best basketball right now. They're still figuring things out, and Union Grove. Even though they've struggled against that Region 2 before with McIntosh, I think Union Grove is good enough to get the job done. And what is an interesting game, they have to stop Michaela Halsley. She is going to be a huge problem with their inside-outside play. But I think Union Grove, if they can construct the X and O's, they have them at home, they have a team that's not playing their best basketball, even though Northside Columbus may be more talented, I think Union Grove gets the job done and makes it to the Sweet 16. Top right-hand side, Harris County, Region 2, number 3, 14 and 11, versus Region 4, number 2, Eagles Landing, 18 and 6, and just popped into the top 10 for the first time all season at number 9. Again, I've seen this Harris County team. They had Griffin on the ropes in the semifinals, lost 42-40 when I put back at the buzzer, rimmed in and out. Harris County is dangerous. They beat Northside Columbus 47-35 to secure that three seed, which again goes back into Northside Columbus just not playing good basketball right now. But Harris County, well coached by Coach Stephanie Ramsey. Uh, Journey Carter Ransom is an interesting prospect at about 5'11", 6 foot. Uh, big body that can bang inside but can stretch the floor with a quick trigger at the three-point line and can help handle the ball and facilitate. Um, Brooke Bass is a little guard but very athletic and quick and can make some plays getting to the basket. And Janiah Broom, who is only playing in maybe her sixth or seventh game now because she didn't play the beginning of the season, she is a shooter and an aggressive scorer that can get to her floater. So Harris County has a lot more weapons now that maybe Eagles Landing has not been able to see too much game film on unless they got that game film late on in the season and in the region tournament, which I'm sure they did. Um, So that will be an interesting matchup. Harris County is a very good underdog right now. Um, but Eagles Landing, Quemaya Ward was a first-team selection in Region 4. Asia Garth, a second-teamer. And then honorable mention picks Indigo Brown and Martiana Hinton have Eagles Landing playing really well. And Eagles Landing, this is a team um, that flew under the radar, uh, no pun intended, just couldn't get into the top 10 until just recently. 
Um, but they beat Woodland 46-39 in the quarterfinals of the Region 4 tournament, and then they got that big win over Stockbridge 53-49, and they beat Stockbridge multiple times this year. And they ended up falling 49-40 in the Region Championship, but Eagles Landing, very well-coached team and a tough team, and I think having that home court advantage in you know, Harris County, I think Harris County is going to have a shot at this one. This could be a coin flip, but I think I'm going to go with Eagles Landing here. Next up, Region 8, number 4, Jackson County, 9-18 and 18 overall. A great feat just to make it into the tournament against Maynard Jackson, Region 6, number 1 seed, 16-4 overall, and currently ranked number 4 in the state. Uh, Maynard Jackson, I just think they're going to have way too much talent with Zay Dyer inside. I don't think anyone's going to be able to match her from Jackson County. Um, is going to be able to match Zay Dyer, who's going to Georgia State inside. And Talia Cornish uh, is a good guard as well that can really make things happen. And I just think Maynard Jackson, especially coming off that 63-50 win in the region championship over New Manchester, has righted the ship since that one loss to Bill Ricca. So I like Maynard Jackson to win this one going away. Next up, Region 7, number 3, Calhoun, 18-9 versus Decatur. Region 5, number 2. 14-9 overall upset St. Pius to get a crack at Southwest Cap in the region championship game, which they lost 39-35. Calhoun had some good results throughout the year. I mean, I, uh, they were on the radar for the top 10, but I never had them in there. They were always maybe top 15, top 16 team, um, but I could never quite put them in there. But they do have a couple interesting results they blew out Dalton by 19 points, which unfortunately doesn't look as great now after they got blown out to East Paulding and fell to a four seed in Class 6A. But they blew out Dalton. They have a 61-46 win over Pickens. They really did take it to Pickens County, who, again, unfortunately, they fell to a two seed in Class uh, 4A, but they blew them out. Uh, they have a win, 52-45 over Murray County, a solid North Georgia team as well. Um, so that's another nice win. Um, then after that, they beat up Chattooga. Um, they have a 47-46 win over Hiram. They beat Cass 71-60. Um, so, you know, this is this is a fairly good team. Not quite enough to get on the in the top 10, but that's a team I would keep an eye on in Calhoun. And Calhoun has done it. Um, with some youth and some experience, uh, co-player of the year, Bertia Curtis, Tabby Curtis was a you know a really good guard that teams had to face guard and kind of take away to beat her to beat Calhoun, but she also has help in Cat Atha, who is over there now. Um, I believe she's a freshman, has made a major impact in year one, uh, helping out, scoring in a variety of ways, and providing some defensive presence on the perimeter. So she's a really good player that has earned uh, all-region honors already as a young freshman second-teamer. And then Sanaya Dorsey, more athleticism on the perimeter, and Laura, Lauren Watson, uh, honorable mention pick. So that's Calhoun's core right there in Decatur. Um, you know, I was told Decatur, they're one of their best players – I believe it was Decatur left the team earlier in the season, and that kind of hurts, but Cornelia Ellington, a, a first-team selection for them. Morgan Miles, a second-teamer. Marlo Sims, a second-teamer as well. Um, with all this going down, I think Calhoun has better wins on the year, and I think Calhoun, you know, they're going to have to travel to uh, that, that Atlanta area in Decatur, but I think Calhoun 
Um, they're going to be able to execute. Uh, Jamie Eccles is a very good coach, and I think Calhoun advances to the Sweet 16. Next up, Coffee, 9-17, and 17, Region 1, number 4 versus Woodward Academy. Region 3, number 1, number 1 in the state, 24-2. and two. Woodward will blow Coffee County out of the water. Not much to say here. Um, Sydney Bowles, Sarah Lewis, and the rest is history. The defending champs will roll into the next round. Bottom right-hand side, Stockbridge, 20-6 and six overall, just fell out of the top 10 after slipping to the three seed in Region 4. Uh, they will play McIntosh, Region 2, number 2, 18-7 overall. McIntosh, number 8 in the state. They shoot the ball incredibly well. This is a really, really good team. Uh, Kira Collins is a really good player that is just, you know, uh, North Georgia soccer uh, signee, but about 5'10 wing. Doesn't look like crazy athletic or, you know, doing super dynamic moves, but she's so smart with her footwork. She's slippery when she gets to the basket or uses, you know, her arms and shoulders to kind of hook players and score around the rim and get to where she wants to go. She rebounds. She starts a fast break. She uses a hesitation dribble to get all the way to the hoop. Really good player. You got Kendall Davis um, as well uh, as a, uh, a very nice piece. Uh, a strong guard that can kind of help out in a variety of ways. If it's not scoring the ball, she's going to be rebounding the ball uh, and can really push the tempo and, again, provide some, uh, some defensive presence and just a, 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 a piece that can do a lot of things. doesn't have to necessarily be scoring the ball. But Kendall Davis is a very good player for this team as well. And Bella Ducier, uh, you have to mark her at all times. She is an automatic three-point shooter. Uh, she just spaces the floor and knocks him down. Zara Vaughn can knock down outside shots. Olivia Henders gives them some inside-outside presence as well. Um, there is a lot to like about this McIntosh team that Coach Rick Fontaine has going right now. Now, they lost to Griffin in that region championship, and again, it's just Griffin is a bunch of six foot, six foot one, athletic, and can block shots and rebound and kill you on the glass and defend you and push you out. And Joan, or, um McIntosh, they just don't have that size. Lost 50-41, to 41, but really gave it a good game. I think McIntosh, they're going up against a young Stockbridge team that has some big-time players. Uh, you're talking about uh, Carrington Wilson, a region player of the year in Region 4, only a sophomore, about 5'9", 5'10", guard. Just, again, a big-time athlete, can get to the basket, can do a lot of things. And she's joined by another very talented sophomore, Janiah Jones, another underclassman that was a first-team selection. So those two really lead the way. But I think McIntosh, with how they execute, how they're used to playing big-time athletic long teams, like Griffin is Griffin is close to the pinnacle as far as the biggest team in Class 5A goes and just just how, how tough they can defend you and how they can make life so difficult. Stockbridge is not as big as... Griffin is or as long as they are inside, and McIntosh is going to be able to find ways to score. I think they're going to be able to shoot the ball, and they're going to cut well on offense. I think it's going to be a very interesting game, but if McIntosh can make sure Carrington Wilson and Janiah Jones don't combine for 40 points, 40-plus 40 points, I think McIntosh wins this one, and I think they're a real scary dark horse team in Class 5A. 
Next up, Lithia Springs, Region 6, number 4, 16 and 11. They slipped to the 4 seed against Greenbrier, 24 and 3. Region 8, number 1. They are currently ranked in the top 10 at number 7. Greenbrier, big team inside, but Caitlin Staley protects the rim, gobbles up rebounds and scores on putbacks. Moves her feet fairly well on the perimeter when needed to defend out there. She is a force to be reckoned with, but Trinity Barrow is really the guard that makes his team go uh, only about 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, but really orchestrates the offense well, pushes the ball, very skilled ball handler, can shoot the ball, and she can find shooters, other shooters than herself, especially like Brooklyn Begley, who can really knock them down, who is starting to find a groove and getting hot at the end of the season. So that's a really good nucleus for a Greenbrier team that returns pretty much everybody from last year's really strong team. Um, Lithia Springs. Uh, Lithia Springs, you know, Cameron Moore, she's about 5'2", great athlete, great in transition, plays extremely hard, love her game. Been close to 20 points per game since day one as a freshman. Can really get after it, but that's tough because that's going to take away driving lanes when you run into Caitlin Staley, who's averaging probably over five blocks per game. That's going to take away a big key factor that Lithia Springs likes to do. Uh, Lithia Springs also has another um, interesting piece in Ayana Richmond, then Amaya Richmond as well. Um, Ayana got some size to her, can do some things at about five foot eleven, a wing forward type player. Um, but I think it's just the size inside of Greenbrier. Uh, protecting the rim is going to make things difficult and force Lithia Springs to be more of a jump shooting team than they really want to be. Um, but also, uh, if, if Lithia Springs can heat up the guards, if they can kind of turn over Trinity Barrow or Brooklyn Begley or some of the other guards, if they can kind of push them out and, and, and apply pressure and keep them in front because Lithia Springs does have some quality foot speed out there, uh, if they can do that, they, they could hang around, but I just think Greenbrier is too strong. I think eventually they're going to wear on them and they're going to dictate the tempo of this game. Next up, Region 5, number 3, St. Pius, 18 and 10 versus Cass. Region 7, number 2, 23 and 5. An interesting matchup. An interesting matchup. Again, Cass just can't get the one seed. It just feels like when they need a big win, they just have not been able to deliver that big win. It's Claire Davis' senior year, one of the best players in the state, co-player of the year in that region. Uh, she's got help. Jeremiah Winston was a major boon transferring in from Rome for her freshman season. Um, she was a first-team all-region pick. She kind of fulfills the role uh, that was left behind uh, from last year's star guard. Uh, so that's a big addition for Jeremiah Winston to end up at Cass. And then she's joined by Haley Johnson, was a second-team all-region pick. Another reliable guard that's seen a lot. And then honorable mention players, Amaya Ford, Justice Bennett, Kira McDaniel. Uh, they can get after you now. Cass can play at a high tempo and really spread the wealth around and get a lot of players scoring. And St. Pius, when I saw them play against a Southwest Cab, a game they probably should have won. They, they fell apart in the fourth quarter in the second half. Could not handle the press. They don't really have a true point guard. They're very long. Uh, a very long team. Um that can make life difficult defensively when they want to try and play man-to-man or even sit back in the zone. Alexa Kenna is, you know, she's she's a big one, about five foot eleven or so. Kelly Stevenson's an athletic swingman, about 5'10", 5'11". Alex Shivo's over six foot tall and can play a little bit of the point forward position. So they have some redundancy on these long girls that, uh, you know, can really do some damage. Now, losing Kate McBride, 
early in the season tearing up her knee that is a huge blow because that was the heart and soul the toughness the interior player that was a pit bull bulldog great player they don't have her uh so it's kind of shifted some scoring duties onto more of these these longer wings and forward types but that's a good nucleus those three players i mentioned right there that's a good nucleus and then uh, i believe uh uh, Peyton O'Brien is her name. I, I think she's a really good rebounder as well. So they have a lot of size. Uh, again, guard play scares me. If Cass can turn them over and uh, really affect them with their press, I think St. Pius is going to have a hard time. But on the other, other side of things, in the half court, I think St. Pius is going to make it very difficult for Cass to score. I think it's going to be a really close game, going to really go down to the wire. But I think finally Cass gets over the hump and gets a nice postseason win and moves on to the Sweet 16. Next up, Tri-Cities, the four seed out of Region 3, 11 and 15, versus Warner Robins, 22 and 5, Region 1, number 1. Warner Robins currently ranked in the top 10 at number 6. Jada Morgan transferring over there has uh, really helped out a ton alongside Tasia McGee, or Tasia Uggie, Aggie, uh, those two players alone were co-region players of the year for Coach Rebecca White, the coach of the year. They got Navia Mack as a good young guard, uh, a sophomore that can help facilitate um, quality athlete as well. Um, Tori Davis was a second-team selection, all-region pick. Uh, Kennedy Howard as well, honorable mention pick. So they, they have a nice top five, Warner Robins, and I think they're going to be able to steamroll this Tri-Cities team who just isn't going to be able to quite match up Enough. I know Tri-Cities, Constance Lawson, and Amira Smith, both honorable mention picks in Region 3, but Warner Robins is a really good team, and I think Warner Robins advances on. So now, final four picks, top left-hand side. I see Forest Park playing Griffin. I think Forest Park is just more skilled, can shoot the ball much better. Uh, Yasmin Allen can really fill it up, and I think you know, they can match Griffin as far as the length goes inside, but the guard play and the shooting is better than Griffin. Griffin does have Leah Turner, but they have so much reliant on her. If Leah Turner is unable to fill it up from the outside, uh, literally 95% of Griffin's point points are coming in the paint or at the foul line and on second chances, and Forest Park has enough length to negate that, so I like Forest Park in that game. Bottom left-hand side, <sighs> I think... The winner of this quadrant comes out of this Sweet 16 matchup between New Manchester versus Union Grove or even possibly Northside Columbus, but we'll say Union Grove because that's who I picked. Um, I think New Manchester, they have, they have the best player on that quadrant in Carissa Richardson, and they have enough quick guard play around her to really make some things happen, but I have Union Grove getting past New Manchester and then Union Grove beating Hiram in the Elite Eight. So I'm going with Union Grove, but I really think that that Sweet 16 matchup, uh, whoever wins between those those three teams, four teams, if you want to include Walnut Grove there, I think that is who's going to win and pull out a Final Four appearance. Top right-hand side, Maynard Jackson versus Woodward Academy. It looks destined to happen in the uh, Elite Eight, and very interesting because the only team to beat Woodward Academy from the state of Georgia early on this year was Maynard Jackson, 54-50. Woodward Academy has pretty much been perfect since then, other than the Lake Highland prep loss. 
I think that was, I don't want to say a fluke, but I think it's going to be hard to replicate Maynard Jackson beating Woodward Academy again. I think Woodward wins this one. Sydney Bowles going to Georgia. Uh, Mackenzie Mooring, uh, Arizona soccer commit, provides length. Uh, there's too much, too much, too much firepower for this Woodward Academy team to be held down again. I think they beat Maynard Jackson and move on to the Final Four. Bottom right hand side, I see a lot of interesting teams. Again, no huge front runner to pull out of this one. I could see it going any which way, but I think Greenbrier over Warner Robins in the Elite Eight. Greenbrier, I think they're starting to figure it out. I think they've been good all season long. Uh, I question how they can play against other top 10 teams, um, but I think that they're, they're solid enough. Caitlin Staley is going to play a big role, and I think Trinity Barrow is just going to be able to orchestrate just enough. And just, you know, having Staley inside shutting down the paint and blocking shots, that's going to turn back a lot of teams that want to get into the paint. Uh, but they're going to have to get past McIntosh because McIntosh, they don't need the inside shot. In that Sweet 16, potential Sweet 16 matchup, McIntosh can blaze them from the three-point line. So don't be surprised uh, if McIntosh appears out of this one. And like I said, I think a lot of these teams, everybody, out of these two, four, six, eight teams, I see maybe only Tri-Cities and probably Lithia Springs is not having a, a, a legit shot at making it to the Final Four. Six of these other teams can make it to the Final Four, uh, but I'm going with Greenbrier. Now, final four matchups, I have Forest Park over Union Grove, Woodward over Greenbrier, setting up round four in a rematch of last year's state title game. Woodward has beaten this Forest Park team multiple times already this year. They beat Forest Park 55-42, 70-64, and then in the region championship blew them out 55-33. Hard to beat a good team three times, even harder to beat them four times. But Woodward Academy beats Forest Park for a fourth time and repeats as state champion. Moving on down to Class 4A, a very competitive Class 4A, which has seen the same five teams, the top, the top five. Um, it feels like pretty much all season long, once Troop County kind of hit the fan, um, Maris was at five seed, and then the top four above them all circulated and changed spots throughout, but... Time to break it down. Let's see if those rankings mean anything this time of year. Top left-hand quadrant, Thomas County Central. Three seed out of Region 1. A very competitive region, which was an absolute logjam all season long. They travel to Islands, 14-8. and eight, Out of Region 3, the two seed. Um, Thomas County Central coming in after beating... Monroe Air are beating Monroe 54-52 in overtime to grab that three seed. Um, so Thomas County Central they had to beat uh, a solid Westover team 39-33 in that that first game just to even get there. Uh, Westover was a four seed. Thomas County Central was a five seed, uh, and then they ended up in that second round. They lost to Doherty 50 to 43. But with all that being said. Thomas County Central, a, uh, a, a pretty good team, a good record. Again, a battle-tested uh, region. That region does not score a lot of points, which worries me, and I'll probably talk about that a little later. But this is a team that is led by uh, a senior in Amaya Simon, over 12 points per game scoring the ball, and then uh, a handful of sophomores. Uh, Travesha Giddens is at 8 points per game. Marcy Pearson, 7 points per game. And Tia Floyd. 
averages five points per game. Uh, going up against Islands, who has really been a, a one-man band this year. Islands, of course, led by Veronica Searzant, um, won that award last year being the best athlete in the Savannah area. Volleyball standout, basketball stud, averaging over 21 points and 17 rebounds per game. Uh, she's a team now that it looks like Marley Burner has gone off on her own way. Uh, but that's the team right there. Hannah uh, Semerall, average eight points per game. That's your second leading scorer right now. And then uh, Devin Long, seven points per game. But it all starts with Sears and about 6'1", six, 6'2", six, forward, um, inside out. It's been dominant around the rim. Does Thomas County Central have anything to combat that? We will see. But I, I think Thomas County Central just being more of a well-rounded team, not having to rely so heavily on one team. And you're talking about an Islands team coming from that that three-team region, not a good region, region three at all. Um, I, I think Islands is – they're going to have to play – uh, extremely well to win this one. I mean, they lost 57-50 to a good Hardaway team last year in the first round of the state, so they kind of bucked up and played well. Um, but I think Thomas County Central, I, I would favor them in this game just because they have more weapons than one player, and I think uh, I got Thomas County Central advancing to the next round. Next up, Region 7, number 4, Central Carrollton versus Luella, 23-3, and number 1, Ranked team in the state, the one seed out of Region 5. Uh, Central Carrollton just 11-16. Luella, they choked in the first round last year against Cedar Shells. Um, I think they have that behind them. This is a much uh, more favorable first-round matchup now this year, I would tend to imagine. So I'm going with Luella, just way too strong for Central Carrollton. Luella, um, we'll talk about them a little later on in the podcast, but way too strong. Next up. Region 6, number 3, Arabia Mountain, 19-6 and six overall, dropped to number 8 in the top 10 poll. Traveling to Chestity, 20-8 overall, Region 8, number 2 seed, shot up to number 6 in the poll this past week. Chestity has really started to play very good basketball. It seems like the worm has turned for them. Winners of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, eight of their last ten games, and those only two losses were to Jefferson. They lost to Jefferson in the region championship 61-47 after being tied 38-38 in the fourth quarter. Jefferson, a legitimate state title contender, ranked third in the state, and Chesty. Played them extremely close. Chesty, uh, since the last rankings, they beat Cedar Shoals 46-39. Uh, they were down 10 nothing to Madison County uh, for a chance to make it to state in the first round of the Region 8 tournament. I was there, down 10 nothing, but then outscored Madison County 52-30 the rest of the way for a 52-40 win. And then they beat North Oconee 52-42. Chesity playing very good basketball, as I mentioned. Now you look at Arabia Mountain, um, an interesting team as I, I dive deeper into everything, and, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But uh, they were upset by Stevenson, 12-10 and 10 Stevenson upset them and sent them to the 3-4 game uh, where they managed to regroup and beat Mays 62-59 and Mays only 10-15. and 15. So something's going on with this Arabia Mountain team. 
And even dating back to last year, um, Arabian Mountain has a lot of individual talent. They have a lot of individual talent. The sophomore Malaya Jones was, I believe, the freshman of the year in the state last year in this classification. She's a Region 6 player of the year. Maori Pruitt, a really good guard, another really small guard. Malia Jones, maybe about 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, Maori Pruitt, about 5'2". And then another first-teamer, Sierra Burns, is a good scoring guard. Um, so that's your top three players right there, all first team. And then honorable mention, Janaza Spears, about six foot freshman uh, with a great frame. And that people think she could have a chance to be a, one of the best freshmen in the entire state. She looks apart. Um, but Arabia Mountain, let's, let's go back and look at what they did last year. They, they beat up Heritage Katusa in the first round, 71-36. Uh, and then they played Jefferson in round two. And got annihilated 88 to 58. So a 30-point loss to a Jefferson team last year. Again, albeit last year. But that was interesting. So then I, I look at the, the record this year, this Arabia Mountain team. And again, very good individual talent. And they played okay. I mean, they lost by 10 points to Union Grove early on in the year. Um, I, I'm going to circle back to a, a very head-scratching loss earlier uh, in the season, but continuing on down the track, they were kind of handling their business. They beat Denmark by 14, got blown out by Galloway, 68-41, a good Class A private school. They lost three times to Marist. They cannot beat Marist. Uh, I, I, again, Marist, a team that doesn't necessarily have like Division One talent or um, you know the, the the amount of individual talent, but they're extremely well coached. They do what they're supposed to do, and they play good defense, and they have multi-sport standouts. And they can't solve that Marist team, and they struggle to score against them. And then we, 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 we go back down to this latest loss to Stevenson, a team that, again, 12-10, and 10, a Stevenson team that wasn't, uh, you know, they won like three games last year and aren't, you know, terrific this year. But the game I wanted to circle back to was this early season loss to Gainesville, 50-47. to 47. Gainesville, of course, a Hall County school. Now, they did not play Chester T this year, I do not believe. Um, did not get to hook up in Lanierland or anything like that. But Gainesville, they lost to Gainesville. Gainesville finished the season on a 10-game losing streak. I know they're a 7A school, but they finished 8-16. Gainesville was not a very good basketball team at all this year, and Gainesville beat Arabia Mountain. Not sure what happened. Not sure if Arabia Mountain was missing players or not. Who knows? Very interesting, but... That is an interesting loss that sticks in my crawl. And I look back, and now I'm looking down. I already read you uh, some of the results. What is Arabia Mountain's best win this year? Is it Fayette County, 50-42, to 42, a, a two-seed out of Region 5 that finished only 16-10? and 10? Is that their best win? Is it, let's see, is it one of these wins over Mays or Stevenson, who we already talked about not having a good record? Is it the Denmark win? Denmark a middle of the road 7A school, 13 and 15 under 500 is a under 500 7A school. Arabia Mountains best win. Continuing to look down here is Druid Hills their best win. They beat Druid Hills, a 13 and 13 team that didn't um, that did not even make the state playoffs this year. So that can't be their best win. Continuing on down the track, 
They don't have any good wins when you really look at it, Arabia Mountain. So that gives me great pause. I know this is a very talented individual team, but I am very scared for Arabia Mountain going to Chesapeake with no good wins under their belt. They're playing a Chesapeake team that probably can't execute quite as well as Maris does defensively, but is similar in that same defensive-minded uh, outlook. And if we want to look at Chesity's best wins, well, we have those best wins. North Hall, a team that missed out on the top, um, missed out on making the state playoffs, but did spend time in the top 10 in Class 3A, a 17-9 program. They blew them out to start the season. Who else did Chesity defeat? They picked up a win over Alpharetta, a team, another 7A school, missed out on the state playoffs, but they were 15-9, so at least uh, a halfway decent win there. Uh, they beat Harris County, who made state playoffs. They have beaten um, North Oconee two times now, uh, the, the four seed out of that region. Uh, they beat Cedar Shoals when they really had to to capture that, that flag and get that two seed to set them up for this postseason, potential postseason run. A Cedar Shoals team that's 17-9 and nine and currently ranked number seven in the state. A Cedar Shoals team that beat Jefferson at one point this year. So you're looking at all this. All the numbers are telling me that Chesty is the better team. Now, if you look at the eye test, again, individual talent-wise, I would assume Arabia Mountain with the aforementioned players. But Chesty has brought out a breakout star in Riley Black, about five foot eight, wing, physical, averaging close to a double-double per game, close to about 19 points and 10 rebounds, relentlessly attacks the paint and will attack you off the dribble and will play bully ball in the paint. And what Chesty does do, they get open looks from the three-point line. They are going to take 30 shots from beyond the arc, and they might hit 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, just depends. But they are going to launch threes. Is Arabia Mountain going to be able to handle running out there and running out and contesting without being off balance. Addison Boyd, the freshman, has hit plenty of big three-point shots throughout the season to go along with Riley Black. And then, of course, Riley Allison. She's a feaster famine three-point shooter, a 3-and-D wing. Um, she will take a lot of threes. She will miss a lot, but she will also make a lot when she is on. If she can hit her first one or two threes, then that is a good outlook for Chesity. And then the defensive anchor, Bowen Corley, steps in and does such a phenomenal job of walling up and taking charges. And this Chesity team is just so fundamentally sound defensively. And they've played good teams and have beaten good teams. Arabia Mountain has not beaten good teams this year. And even though Arabia Mountain has been ranked very highly all season long, Marist has shown the, the, the blueprint of how to beat Arabia Mountain without having six-foot-tall athletes and you know all this you know, individual superstar talent. Marist can do it with X and O's. I think Chesty can do it with X and O's. Arabia Mountain is going to have to play very well. I think this is still a coin flip game. But I just think when you really dive into it and look what the team has done instead of just the individual performers, I think Chesty has proven they are a better team than Arabia Mountain. And we're talking about this Arabia Mountain Region 6 that I know it's last year. It doesn't matter, but I see Druid Hills losing in the first round last year. Arabia Mountain did win their game. I see Maris winning their game, but I did see uh, Stevenson losing. So they went 2-2 two and two last year in the region. Uh, they're in the state playoffs in the first round against Region 7, which isn't necessarily 
uh, a powerhouse region in the first place. Well, I'll tell you right now, Region 8 this year is much better than Region 7 last year. So I have Chesity advancing to the Sweet 16. Next up, Perry, 8 and 17, the four seed out of Region 4 versus Carver Columbus, 23 and 3, the one seed out of Region 2. Also ranked number two in the state, uh, Carver Columbus is just going to steamroll Perry, and this one will not be close. Carver Columbus too strong. Got a couple tranches in there that can shoot the ball well, and they still have Ashlyn Mesador inside. is a very good rebounder, and uh, this team has played a lot of good teams, and Perry is not going to be good enough to compete with Carver. Bottom left-hand side, Jenkins. Again, I hate that we have a three-team region because back in the day, you had to be a good basketball team to make state, and it meant something to make state. Nowadays, in some of these classifications, it doesn't mean anything. Jenkins woke up when the season first tipped off, and they knew they were going to make state because Benedictine does not have a girls program. There's three teams only in that region. So 2-11 Jenkins makes a state playoffs. They are going to get beat down by Bainbridge, 17-10, and 10, the two-seed out of Region 1. Tatavia Salter um, will anchor that team, and Terrellyn Brown as well. Jenkins, not a good basketball team, and is going to prove that in the first round, getting blown out by Bainbridge. Next, Mount Zion Jonesboro, 8-13, and 13, the four-seed out of Region 5. Region 5, you know, plowed through by Luella, but I don't think Region 5 is all that good, to be honest with you. But Jones, Mount Zion Jonesboro makes it, and they are playing Northwest Whitfield, 19-9, and nine, the number one seed out of Region 7, who upset Pickens County to make it to that one seed. And that was an interesting result, to say the least. You're talking about Northwest Whitfield, who beat Heritage Catusa uh, 39-32 in the semifinals, and then 36-25 in the championship beat Pickens, held Pickens to 25 points after Pickens was on like a 22-game winning streak or so, 22-23-game winning streak. Now Northwest Whitfield has Mount Zion Jonesboro coming into town. A team, again, not necessarily all that great. They got beat by Fayette County 41-24 and then uh, ended up losing in overtime to Riverdale in that region consolation matchup. Northwest Whitfield, they have an interesting player that I wish got more publication. I wish Northwest Whitfield did a better job of promoting their athletes. I think she probably will end up playing volleyball in college. Here she's a standout in that, but... Don't have any confirmation. Can't can't get a word back from Northwest Whitfield. But Emma Allen, about six foot one, fairly strong build, dynamic type player, can move very well, can attack off the dribble, and she can shoot the three. This is a good player. Kind of reminds you of Ellie Callahan from Gilmer. Same type player, a volleyball player that can do a lot on the basketball court. Region seven player of the year. And that was surprising when I saw it because I figured, wow, Pickens. They, they they went undefeated in this region. Caroline Mullins, she should be a lock for the region player, the best player on the best team that went undefeated. But Emma Allen won that award, so that means she must be something special. And she averages, I don't know, about 13 points and seven rebounds per game. But Emma Allen leading this Northwest Whitfield team with Autumn Wiley, with Whitley Chumley, both those girls, all region picks. Northwest Whitfield always going to spread the floor and shoot the three. We mentioned it earlier that they beat Druid Hills in the first round last year. Northwest Whitfield has Mount Zion this year. Tunnel Hill, not an easy place to play. Northwest Whitfield, I think this team could be a bit of a Cinderella story. Maybe the pickings of last year. 
Northwest Whitfield peaking at the right time. I got them beating Mount Zion, Jonesboro, and advancing to the Sweet 16. Bottom left-hand side. Now we're moving on to Region 8, number 3, Cedar Shoals, number 7 in the top 10 poll, recently ranked number 7. Um, Cedar Shoals, tough team. They're playing Stevenson, 12 and 10, Region 6, number 2. Stevenson hasn't, again, talking about those teams from Region 6 outside of Marist, there's not a ton of great wins to go around out there. And for Stevenson to get that win over Arabian Mountain, obviously that's, that's I would assume, is their best win as I, I pulled up and double check right now. But that's, that's probably their best win. Arabian Mountain, who, again, we harped on it. Individual talent, definitely there. They did that. Stevenson, they actually did beat uh, Southwest DeKalb 48-30. to um, Again, Southwest DeKalb, I think they're a little better than – or not as good as their record shows. They're an okay, solid team. So I would say Southwest DeKalb and Arabian Mountain, two nice wins. But Cedar Shoals, again, their best win is against Jefferson. Ashley Lester is a very good player. She can get to the basket, score through contact. Deshauna Foote, I love her game. She is an energizer bunny at about five foot two, but rebounds very well, plays defense, moves the ball. Brings such a spark. And then Chat Lunsford, big old 5'10", 5'11", inside, gobbles up rebounds. Had 19 rebounds in a game recently. Scores inside. And just a tough son of a gun. I like this Cedar Shoals team to beat Stevenson. I know Stevenson has Kelly Finkley going to Detroit Mercy. But I think Cedar Shoals is a more complete team. You're even adding in Ramiah Adams as a nice role player wing that can knock down the mid-range shot consistently. I think Cedar Shoals rolls into DeKalb County and beats Stevenson. Cedar Shoals, remember, Final Four team a year ago. Beat Luella in the first round a year ago. Did that as a four seed. Cedar Shoals advances to the Sweet 16. Next up, Shaw, four seed out of Region 2, 11 and 12, versus Baldwin, 23 and 2. Number one seed out of Region 4 and currently ranked number four in the state. Baldwin, big, young, athletic, strong, physical, all those, all those factors. Tamiah Smith is the, uh, the, the veteran, one of the lone veterans um, that can really put up points. Uh, she's too good. They're just going to overpower Shaw. Too big inside with Janae Walker um, and then too quick on the perimeter with Madison Ruff. I think Baldwin takes care of business. Top right-hand quadrant. This is an interesting coin flip type game. Uh, Hardaway, the three seed out of Region 2, fell all the way to the three seed at 18-7. Um, they were talking that they wanted to, or they weren't, but their fans were very vocal about Hardaway being the truth and that they were going to beat Carver Columbus and this, and it, it didn't happen. I think they have a very bright future ahead of them, but they could not get over the hump this year. They played a lot of very, very good teams. Out of those seven losses, only maybe one or two are bad losses. Um, they played some very good teams. They are playing Region 4, number 2, West Lawrence, 18-9. Another interesting, sneaky, good team. But Hardaway, they dropped to this three seed after they lost 52-51 to Troop County. And then in the consolation, they only beat Shaw 35-34. So that kind of tells me Hardaway... Um, I don't know. Hardaway's not playing as well as I feel like they probably should be playing at this point of the year. Uh, but nonetheless, they are in the state tournament where they want to be. And they're playing this, uh, this West Lawrence team. Um, it's been a, a, a solid team. They're led by a, a junior named Mackenzie Maddox, 11 points per game, and then a senior, Nyla Johnson, about 12 points and 9 rebounds per game. 
The West Warrens, they've been a little bit up and down this year. I mean, they've, they've played some good teams. They've got them beat, you know, got handed to them by Baldwin a few times in Statesboro, but they beat a decent Dublin team um, that spent a little time in the Class A public poll. They, they played Dodge County, uh, played them close twice, lost to them, though. Um, so they, 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 they've, uh, they've competed pretty well with some of the smaller schools. They only lost by 5 to 20 and 4, Houston County in 6A, so... This is a, a, a solid team, um, but they're going up against Hardaway, who has a lot of youth, a lot of length, um, and has really propelled this team. Uh, they have a freshman named Michaela Johnson, who leads the team 11 points and 7 rebounds, then Akila Shelton, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks per game. Um, Going to take away a lot of stuff. So Hardaway, they, they have some, some intimidating presences, but for some reason... Um, West Lawrence, it's a, it's a nice trip away from Columbus area. Uh, I think I'm going to go at West Lawrence. I think they're a little bit more senior laden. Uh, I think they might be able to compete in this one and pull it out. They, like I said, they've, they've seen some good teams. I think Hardaway has seen better teams throughout, but Hardaway, their recent trend of winning close against Shaw and then dropping the troop when I thought Hardaway was ready for round three against Carver, that gives me a little bit of pause, and I'm going to go with West Lawrence. But again, um, not surprised at all if Hardaway wins this game. I really think uh, Hardaway may be the favorite in this game, but I'm going with West Lawrence. Next up, Region 8, number 4, North Oconee versus Marist. Uh, 23-3, number 1 ranked team out of Region 6. Uh, they have owned the 5-hole in the Class uh, 4A poll pretty much all season long. And uh, they just handle their business. Marist handles their business. Now, North Oconee, this is going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, Eric Willis is a good coach. North Oconee, they have four, well, four good guards. Four good guards. Uh, Yaya Peavy, Ayana Peavy is their dynamic lefty playmaker. A sophomore, really quick and get out in transition. Uh, Callie Jackson is a, a good shooter that is going to uh, Barry College. And she's a, a physical type player as well. Um, Kendall Wells is a freshman that you're going to hear more about. I think she's a big-time um, softball player, but she is a big body, and she scores and she rebounds. She has come on very strong down the stretch here. Uh, also, Maddie Dickens is quick going to Piedmont at the guard position. And then uh, one of the best unsigned seniors in the state, five foot nine guard. Um, you're looking at a really good one in Annika Bonds. So that is a, that's a nice core. And again, they've seen really good teams in Region 8. Region 8 is very tough. North Oconee's sitting at 15 and 13. Very good. But can they handle Maris defense? And, you know, Maris, they win the region and everything. And they didn't even have one player put on the first team. And I know, um, that was interesting to say the least about the voting process about how Maris couldn't even put one player first team. Um, but Avery Fantucci is a, a Michigan softball uh, signee, I believe. She's very good. Lexi um, Faglaris was a second-team pick. And then you got Abby Lindsay, Kate Fletcher, rounding out the honorable mention. Um, Maris is going to win this game, I feel like. They're, they've just been too steady and too strong all season long. But I think North Oconee is going to give them some interesting looks, some, some different looks they might not have seen as much in the region play. Uh, but I do think sneaky good game, but I think Marish is just going to be just too too polished and too strong defensively, and they're just not going to let North Oconee score enough to win this game. Next up, Region 7, number 3, Heritage Catoosa, 18-8 versus Fayette County, the two-seed out of Region 5, just 16-10. Uh, like I said, I don't think 
Region 5 is all that great. And Heritage Katusa coming in with a competitive 18-8 record out of Region 7. But I think going to Fayette County, it's just going to be a different landscape that they haven't seen much of. I think Fayette County um, you know, is going to be able to win this game. Fayette County, uh, Megan Ohande was a first-team all-region pick. Um, with the Andrea Hope. So there's some quality young talent over there at Fayette County. And I think Fayette County wins this game against Heritage Katusa, who will be anchored um, by the likes of Brooke Matherly and Gracie Murray. Both those players were all region picks in region seven. But I do think uh, Fayette County with home court advantage, I think they'll be able to pull this one out. Next up, Region 1, number 4, Monroe, 14-13 and 13, against New Hampshire. Region 3, number 1, 12-6, New Hampshire. Again, that little tiny, tiny, tiny three-team region. It's hard to really tell what's real and what's not real. Um, what is real is Monroe played in a very difficult region, and I think they're going to be prepared for this game. And for that reason, I do like Monroe to get past New Hampshire, even though New Hampshire... Coach of the year, Trey Lanier, has some talent in Lila Williams, a first-teamer. But I think Monroe uh, I think Monroe finds a way past, and they get to the Sweet 16. Next up, sorry as I take a sip of my tea, Spalding, the three seed out of Region 4, 12 and 13 against Troop County, Region 2, Team 2, 15 and 13. When Anaya Palmer went down with the shredded shoulder, that really changed everything. And the first game they played without Anaya Palmer was at my event against Grayson, and they lost by about 60 points. Um, this troop team still has Alexia Murphy, who's a pit bull, tough cookie. Uh, Angie Dadal is uh, doing some impressive things as a sophomore. Uh, I think they're going to be good enough to beat Spalding, but from a team that legit had a chance of playing for a, a Final Four or even a state championship, um, just losing one piece in an eye Palmer and everything really kind of fell apart. But they've regrouped right now. They they came off that win over Hardaway to get the two seed. Um, I think they're going to make it to the Sweet 16. But it's going to be tough to get much deeper than that. Next up, Mays, Region 6, number 4, 10 and 15 versus Jefferson, number 3 in the state, as we mentioned, 23 and 3, the one seed out of Region 8. Um, Jefferson's good. They're very good. They have a win over Buford when Buford was healthy. Uh, Natalia Bolden has come back with a vengeance, has just been terrific all season long. Um, going to Georgia College, I believe, player of the year in Region 8. She's uh, helped out by Deshauna Gaither, a very aggressive, athletic, defensive um, demon out there that is great at getting to the basket on offense. Uh, Ellie Kinlaw uh, going to Bernal. Uh, it has just exploded as a, such a tough three-point shooter that can take you off the bounce as well. Uh, Jaysha Butts is a good defensive role player. Um, just so much to choose from for Jefferson. They're going to beat up Mays pretty good in this one and advance to the next round. Next up, Riverdale, 11-10, and 10, three seed out of Region 5 versus Pickens, the two seed out of Region 7, 23-3. Slipped to number 10 in the poll this past week. With that loss to uh, Northwest Whitfield. Uh, but Pickens was really rolling for a while. Uh, Caroline Mullins is a really good sophomore guard. Really good sophomore guard. Helped out by Bella Hopkins, another young one that can play play on the perimeter and knock down outside shots. And Amanda Nelson uh, provides a little bit more of an inside presence. 
Um, but Pickens County, uh, they're, they're going to beat Riverdale here, uh, especially that they're coming up to the the, the Dragonets, uh, you know, the Dragon Lair, however they want to call it. Uh, Pickens should win this one pretty easily, I would assume, or at least I would hope for their sake against an 11-10 Riverdale team. So I got Pickens advancing. And next up, Doherty, they just woke up in the morning. They saw the bracket. They said, oh, if we get a one seed, we're a sweet 16, a bye in the first round unless they last second decide to go to an at-large bid. But uh, hate to see that. You know, Doherty gets to hang up a banner for not even winning a state playoff game. They can say they made it to the Sweet 16. I think that's bad. That's a bad precedent to set. It's not good. Uh, this isn't any knock on Doherty. It's just just a GHSA as far as not being able to put an at-large team in there. It's just a very bad look. So we would rather have a, a team advance to the Sweet 16 without having to play a game than trying to reward a team that missed out on a state playoff berth and at least give them a chance to get in there. I know you want teams to earn their way in, but you also want teams to earn their way to the Sweet 16. And Doherty has a first-round bye, and that is all that needs to be said about that. Now for the Final Four. Uh, Boy, we have some juggernaut matchups, and the biggest juggernaut matchup, everything is in that group of death, that top left-hand quadrant where you have Luella and Carver Columbus most likely to meet in the Elite Eight. Luella at 23-3, and you know, they haven't been able to get over the hump in years past. They've, they've fallen short in the Final Four or, you know, last year in that first round. But this team, again, very, very strong. And there are three losses. Only teams that have beaten Luella this year are the top three teams in A Private. They lost to St. Francis to open the season 50 to 47. They lost to Mount Perrin 62 to 56. And they lost to Holy Innocence 61 to 41. Outside of the juggernaut powerhouses and uh, A Private, no one has really even touched them. They beat McIntosh by 30 points. They blew out Eagles Landing by 43 points. Uh, beat Union Grove by 14. Beat Langston Hughes by 9. Beat Baldwin 55 54. Uh, a very close matchup, and that's pretty much it. Uh, beat Carrollton by five points, so on and so forth. Uh, and they're playing Carver Columbus, who, again, no, Carver Columbus, they played a really tough schedule as well. They got some big wins. They lost to uh, St. Francis by seven points, 57-50, but they beat East Coweta by three points. Um, they beat Baldwin 71-67, so you're looking at Baldwin in that three spot playing very close against Luella and Carver, but falling just short. But again, games right down to the wire. Carver did lose by one point to Carrollton, and uh, pretty much the rest is uh, them just dominating the region. So Luella versus Carver, who do we have in this one? Well, Carver, as mentioned, they have uh, some talent in Ashlyn Mesador who's going to rebound and score inside, very high-motor player. But Luella has Ari Dyson inside, who is uh, one of the best forwards in her 2023 class. She can dominate the post and really take care of business. Uh, Kaylee Simpson for this Carver team is a, a strong body, bigger wing. And then Ja'Kayla Geiger, uh, she transferred in. She's a three-point shooter. She can really space the floor. And Jasmine Cheney rounds out the guards trio. But... Region 5 Player of the Year, Evelina Davlaku, uh, Jacksonville State signee, transferred in from Johns Creek to join her teammates over here at Luella. She's a really good playmaker. She can score off the dribble. Um, Natalie Martin, uh, another transfer, um, believe came over from Druid Hills. Trinity Layton was a first-team all-region pick. And Milani Smith, a second-teamer. Um, had some really nice games this year. 
Luella versus Carver. I think Luella, if not now, win. That's all we got to say. If not now, win. I think it's finally now. I think Luella gets over the hump and beats Carver Columbus to make it to the state final four. Bottom left-hand side. I have Baldwin getting past Cedar Shoals. I had Baldwin beating Northwest Whitfield in the Elite Eight. So Baldwin, a Final Four team. Top right-hand side. I have Marist with a, if they get past that first-round matchup, a fairly smooth sailing maybe, per se, possibly. Uh, to the Final Four, I had Marist beating Monroe in the Elite Eight, punching their ticket to the Final Four. And bottom right-hand side, Jefferson versus Doherty. Doherty beating Pickens in round two, I project. It's going to be tough for Pickens to go all the way down to Doherty County. But I have Jefferson being able to beat Doherty. Even though Doherty, Jatian Chambers, you need to know that name, a very good freshman guard. And um, what is it, Jacqueline Buchanan, a big body inside is physical and scores around the rim. But I think Jefferson's just going to have too much polish, too much finesse, too much skill. They're going to find a way to get past them. Uh, will be very difficult if they do have to go down there. But Jefferson, I got Jefferson making it to the Final Four. I have Jefferson beating Marist. I have Luella beating Baldwin. And fool me once. Uh, what is it? Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Something like that. But either way, I'm going with Luella. I think Luella wins the state title this year. I like what they've done. They've beaten good teams. The only losses were the three of the best teams in the entire state. I think Luella beats Jefferson for the 4A state title. As we make our bid for the longest podcast ever released, we are all the way down to Class 3A, a very juicy classification. Top left-hand side, Long County 10 and 16, three seed out of Region 1 versus 11 and 10, Liberty County, two seed out of Region 3. Um, Region... Three, Liberty County, that was a, not a very good region this year. We knew Savannah girls basketball, was. it's been dipping, and it definitely dipped as far down as it's been in a while. Uh, Liberty County actually had that one seed heading into the region tournament, but were upended by Johnson 50-39 to in the championship game. With that being said, um, Long County does have a girl named Jada Young, I believe her name is, is a double-double machine that causes a ton of trouble for opponents um so she can really get after the glass and make things happen but i think liberty county um just slightly better this year Uh, i think long county played in a better region so that could bode well for them um but i'm just gonna go with liberty county in this one um just because you know they still did see johnson and beach i know they're not johnson the beach of old but I'm going to lean towards Liberty County in a, what I, I feel like really is a coin flip game. Next up, 17-11 and 11, Dawson County, Region 7, number 4, versus Westminster, 14-10, and 10, the one seed out of Region 5. Westminster just ballooned back into the top 10 at number 4, 14-10 and 10 overall. How in the world is Westminster 14 and 10, the one seed out of Region 5 and ranked number 4 in the state? Well, the answer is they have a Stanford commit back in the lineup. Courtney Ogden missed the very beginning of the season as Westminster fell apart and was very, very poor to start the year. I believe they started 1 and 7 maybe. But 
after recovering from a broken leg or whatever it was, Courtney Ogden is back. And with Courtney Ogden, the six foot one wing going to Stanford, only a junior, who's averaged over 20 points pretty much her entire career, just takes over games. Westminster is 13 and 2 with Courtney Ogden. Without her, they are 1 and 8. 13 and 2 with, 1 and 8 without. Um, one of those games they played GAC, uh, it was after Courtney Ogden's return, but she did not play in that game, and they got beat pretty good. Well, now at full strength, they beat GAC 60 to 59 in the region championship, and that's after Westminster also beat Cedar Grove 57 38. So Westminster is rolling. They also have Stella Chartrand, a very good uh, sophomore guard, averaging about 13, 14 points per game, can shoot the ball very well, Uh, had a lot of burden on her shoulders when Ogden was out this season, but that dynamic duo is good. And again, uh, you know, last year, the end of last year's season when, uh, you know, that was very painful when Westminster lost in the Sweet 16 when Ogden um, they decided not to play her because of Lumpkin County's fans not wearing masks and, uh, you know, pretty much just said deuces to the program um, due to health concerns uh, and all that. So she did not even play in that game. And Westminster, a great season last year, uh, thrown in the garbage because of that. Now, we will see. Hopefully that is not an issue this year. I know um, typically plays with the mask and everything, but mask mandates are... They're not as restrictive as they were a season ago, and hopefully that is not an issue again because it just simply can't be an issue anymore. Um, but Westminster's a very dangerous team. If Courtney Ogden's on the floor, if not, you see the record, 1-8. and eight, They're not, but Westminster, better than Dawson County. Dawson County, uh, I watched them just get absolutely obliterated uh, by Lumpkin County in that Region 7 semifinal uh, went on like a 26-0 run against 26-0 run against Dawson County and put them to sleep. Um, but Dawson County does have some quality individual players. Kate, uh, Kirkland Porter is a, a, a good guard, uh, can shoot the ball deep from beyond the arc. Uh, she's a quality player. Um, Ella Suita uh, has an offer from LaGrange, can shoot the ball as well, a very good three-point shooter. Abby Sladen, another floor-spacing wing and then Morgan Chester's a uh, a good-looking physical 5'10 stretch type forward. I believe she's only a sophomore. So they have some nice pieces there. Um, but I just worry about who's going to guard Courtney Ogden. And if that, that, that ball gets rolling downhill, it's going to get out of hand quickly. So I like Westminster to win this one. Next up, 14 and 13, Sonoraville, the three seed out of Region 6 versus Oconee County, 19 and 7, the two seed out of Region 8. And that is a, an interesting region. Oconee County spent some time in the top 10 this year, but the region might not be as super strong as some of these other regions. So it, it, it is giving me a, a tad bit of pause. Now, they lost in that region championship game to East Jackson 58-52 or 58-56 in double overtime. So they were right there. They were moments away of capturing a one seed. So that is a very positive sign um, for this Oconee County team, which is a, a, a solid group, a solid group. They beat Hart County 43-42 in overtime, but Hart County was not playing. Uh, you know, their best player, I believe, was banged up Dakota Phillips. Um, so I don't think she was 100% in that game. 
Um, but Oconee County, they are a, a, a solid little group that has played well. Uh, Macy Matthews was on the all-region team, as was Caroline Davis. So those two players alone lead this team. And Sonoraville, um, you know, Sonora has been competing for Final Fours and Elite Eights for years and years. They finally hit the rebuild mode. But in this season at 14-13, Deanna Smith was a, a first-team all-region pick. And Kaylee Kelly was a second teamer, but I, I do think Oconee County they should be okay in this game. I think they're strong enough to advance past Sonoraville and make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, 13 and 13, Morgan County, the four seed out of Region 4 versus Sumter County. Region 2 winners, 21 and 6 overall, and ranked number six in the state. This is a, you know a tough team. This is a good team. It's a good team, that uh, um, very well-coached team. Sherry Harris has won state titles before. Her girls are always tough as nails. Um, but they have uh, uh, an intimidating post presence in Trinity Jackson, averaging 14 points and 10 rebounds. Tiffany Goodman's a quick little shifty guard that facilitates well, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And then Aviana Clemens, 11 points and 5 rebounds, rounds out the scoring. Uh, Sumter County is a good team. They beat... Central making what three times I want to say, uh, beating Peach County a few times, uh, even in their non-region schedule, like they have some interesting results there. Um, beat Turner County girls is okay. Lost to some bigger schools. Lost twice to Lee County. Uh, they lost to Tift County once, but then came back and beat Tift in overtime. Um, so they lost to Rome by six. They lost Deerfield Windsor by four. Um, so some quality opponents. They beat Westwood. Uh, I know that's a, like a Jesus school, but they beat Westwood by 11 points. They did beat Monroe by eight points. So they played some nice teams. Not like the juggernaut pinnacle teams, but they beat some quality teams. And I think the Sumter County team is for real. Morgan County, you know, they're going to be led by Shea Brown, a really good guard. Uh, very underrated guard at that, actually. Um, but I don't know if she's just going to have enough firepower around here to really keep up. And I think Sumter County, especially with the home game, I think Sumter County advances. Bottom left-hand side, um, if we wanted to say if there's a region of death or quadrant of death, whatever, strongest one, uh, I guess it's got to be this one. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a moment. But Beach, 15-10, and 10, the three seed out of region three, Versus 17-7, Tattnall County, the two-seed out of Region 1 who fell by five points to Pierce County, their bitter rival. In that region championship game, after they beat Pierce twice, close, but did beat them twice. Uh, Battle Creek, that's a good team. They are a good team. Chris Freeman, the region coach of the year. Um, They've had a lot of success over the years. Uh, Macy Ansel is a uh, quality forward inside that can rebound and score the ball. Tamia Brown also made first team all region, along with Janiah Pridgen. Um, Denijah Jenks was a second teamer. Myra Sanchez as well. Uh, Tattnall's good. Beach, uh, this is not Beach of old. Guard play is an issue, but they do have some imposing size inside, uh, which could cause some issues possibly for Tattnall, considering their best player is a post and Macy Ansel. But uh, Beach does have powerful players inside elite. Um, uh, Elijah Elijah Moultrie, probably pronouncing that wrong, uh, but is a big six foot one center, averaging fifteen and ten. Uh, Amaya Dancer, ten and ten, another big body inside. 
those two girls really control the paint. Now the guard play is where it gets a little bit shaky, and that's where Tattnall County might have the advantage. But um, Tattnall County is going to have to find a way to maneuver these big girls inside. But it is at home. Chris Freeman, coach of the year. Tattnall County, a good, strong program, which has seen some nice teams throughout the year. I think Tattnall County wins this one and advances past Beach. Next up, Redan, 17-10. and 10. Spent some time in the top 10 this year. The four seed out of Region 5 after losing to Cedar Grove. Plays number one ranked, Region 7, number one, Lumpkin County, 25-1. and one. Interesting matchup. Um, this will be a very good test for Lumpkin County just because they're going to be playing a team with some breakneck speed that wants to play fast. Jayla Cook is one of the better guards in that classification, which is a blur in transition when she gets downhill. She's so shifty, and she just really stuffs the stat sheet with rebounds and steals and assists and does everything for her team, the heart and soul for this team. Sometimes she can get a little emotional and uh, you know can – you know, as many players can get, you know, if things don't go her way, she can get frustrated. And if things get frustrating against Lumping County, which it often does quickly for teams against Lumping County, it could get ugly. But Redan does have, um, they do have uh, a puncher's chance in this one. They, they, that, you know, Jayla Cook is an all-state guard, and she does have um, a, a quality supporting cast around here. But it really does start with Cook. If Cook has a good game, they will be... Um, they will have an opportunity to do something. If not, they're going to get ran out of the gym, especially at Lumpkin County, going to be a very tough place to play at. Mary Mullinex has elevated her game to a new level, the Region 7 Player of the Year. Obviously, Avery Jones, um, Lexi Pierce, Kate Jackson, that nucleus is just so strong, and they shoot the ball so well from the perimeter. Um, I just don't know if Redan is going to be able to keep pace with Lumpkin County's outside shooting and the points that they can put on the board and then just the overall execution. If there's ever any breakdown uh, that Redan shows or a flaw on film, Coach David Dess is more than likely going to exploit it. And I think Lumpkin County, they're just they're on a mission. They're on a mission after last year. Uh, I just can't foresee Redan beating Lumpkin County, but it will be interesting just to see how the two teams feel each other out in the opening minutes. Now we have Franklin County, 14 and 13, Region 8 3 seed, a Region 8 3 seed that has played pretty well, played East Jackson and um, also Oconee County very well throughout the season. Uh, they will be playing Murray County, 20 and 6, a 2 seed out of Region 6, just dropped out of the top 10 recently with another. Heartbreaking, tough, close loss to LFO, 65-57 in that region championship. Um, Murray County is a, a good team. Maddie Knuckles has had a nice season. She always is a, a very dynamic, tough player, about 5'11", 6 foot, inside, outside, forward. Can get downhill and do some damage. Um, she's, she's a good one. And she's joined by Ella Dotson, who can make it rain from the outside. And they got some other good players, Alyssa Ursery and... Um, Natalie O'Neill rounds out that attack. Uh, great season for Murray County, and they're going up against this, this Franklin County team who I mentioned. They've, they've played some teams pretty close this year. Um, just looking at what they've done against East Jackson, um, Franklin County was able to push them to the limit a few times. I mean, Franklin got blown out the first game, but then they actually beat East Jackson 53-47 in overtime. Uh, earlier this month, and then in the region semifinals, uh, Franklin County just 
barely fell 53-51 in overtime again to East Jackson. So Franklin County, they're a, they're a, a bit of a plucky group. Uh, have a couple all-region selections that really helped this team go. Um, Bailey Adderholt was an all-region pick, uh, and she kind of leads the way for Franklin County. But there's a couple other girls that uh, I kind of like. Paris Gay was a girl I liked in the offseason for this Franklin County team, a, a, a quality guard that can really make some things happen at five foot six, only a junior. She's pretty tough, but between her and um, Adderholt, that's a, that's a nice little – Nice little two-man game right there. But with that being said, I, I do think Murray County should be able to advance, but I would not be surprised to see this game go down to the buzzer and for this one to be hanging in the balance all the way through. Next up, this is why it's the quadrant of death, if they say that. Mary Persons 15 and 14, Region 2, number 4 seed, but they're playing Cross Creek 23-1. and one. The defending state champs, Region 4, number one seed, number two in the state. So we have number one Lumpkin County and number two Cross Creek in that same quadrant. These two teams met in the, what, Final Four a year ago? And now they are meeting, or likely to meet in the Elite Eight. Now, of course, Jordan Dorsey is at NC, A&T. She was phenomenal. Just carried that team to the finish line a season ago. They don't have Jordan Dorsey anymore, but they have pretty much everybody back, and Michaela Bogans has really elevated her game. She's going to be on Division I radars, only about 5'5 or so, but she is a dynamic guard, up to her average of 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, and three steals per game. Cross Creek is going to blow past Mary Persons, and uh, you know if everything goes according to plan, that elite matchup or elite eight matchup is going to be must see TV, especially whether it's back at Lumpkin County or if it's over there at Cross Creek. But Lumpkin versus Cross Creek, it seems like it might be destined for a rematch of last year's epic buzzer beating win for Cross Creek. Top right hand side. Peach County, 17-8, Region 2, number 3, versus Thompson, the two-seed out of Region 4, 15-7. Region 4, which was won by Cross Creek. It's not, it's, there's some nice teams, but um, just they can't really match what Cross Creek has talent-wise. Uh, they try and scheme them up, but just too much. They have Michaela Bogans and these other teams just don't have that elite-level talent. And Thompson was a, a, a nice team, but even they, as a two seed, couldn't come close to Cross Creek. And I think Peach County, that's a, a team that has some nice wins. I believe they beat Cedar Shoals earlier in the year. And they've uh, you know, they've been a little bit up and down, Peach County. But I do think they have enough to uh, get past Thompson and advance on to the Sweet 16. A, a Peach County program that always finds a way to be competitive in a tough outcome February. Next up... Region 8, number 4, Hart County, 15-12 and 12, versus LFO, Lakeview, Fort Oglethorpe, 26-1, and one, the one seed out of Region 6, number 5 in the state. I saw this team play against Lafayette. Uh, you know, of course, you know, Lafayette girls, not uh, a powerhouse, not a team that even made the state tournament, but LFO is good. They're small. They're quick. They're all guards. They pass very well on the perimeter, and they love to shoot threes, and they love to turn you over with their press. Interesting team. Remind you, I think LFO was like 0-19 last year, and now they're 26-1. Now they have a freshman uh, in Collins um, that is, you know, joined Christina Collins, who was a co-region player of the year. 
Um, her little sister, I guess it's Kristen Collins, first team all region selection. But Angel Simmons moved in from Tennessee. She's a first team selection for that region. And then Princess Simmons is there as well. So a lot of uh, talent has quickly been accumulated over there by region coach of the year, Dwayne Watkins. Uh, tough team. I think they're going to be able to beat Hart County. Dakota Phillips, she's got to be 100% for Hart County to win this game. I know Abigail McLean is another key piece for Coach Mike Edwards, but I think LFO is just going to run waves at you. They can run five, six uh, quick guards at you, and they can shoot the three very well. I just think if they're going to turn this into a track meet, they're going to have the advantage. I know Hart County is a has had some nice results throughout the season here and there. They can be touch and go and pull some upsets. Um, but I think LFO at home, it's going to be a packed house, um, only show in town. I think LFO finds a way to race past Hart County and just wear them down over the course of the game. Next up, Region 7, number 3, White County, 14-11 and 11 versus GAC. The two seed out of Region 5, 21 and 6, and currently ranked number three in the state. Uh, Kaylee Addy and JC Bolden are just going to be too tough off the dribble to slow down for White County. I love Chesney Freeman um, uh, going to Montreat, I believe. Uh, a good, uh, spunky little guard that plays very hard. Um, but. Her, uh, Naomi Roberts, uh, I think she's she would have to have a, a terrific game. And she, she's so good at doing other things other than scoring. She rebounds. She defends multiple positions. She does this. She does that. She's really good. But for this team to win this game, for White County, I think like Naomi's going to have to put up 15 to 20 points. She's going to have to really, really bring it. They're going to have to have Macy Shelnut knock down some threes. She's going to have to hit at least three threes. Um, it's a really deep team that plays a lot of girls. Um, at, at White County, but all those weapons that they would have to click at the same time. Kylie Watkins has to get out there on the floor and you know protect the rim and showcase her footwork inside and try to um, find weaknesses in this GAC team. But I just think the GAC, the veteran leadership and that talented uh, backcourt, I just think they're going to have way too much firepower for White County. If White County can slow it down, they might be able to hang a little bit uh, but they're going to have to slow it down, and they're going to have to hit a lot of outside shots and just hit their shots in general. And I just, I just foresee that being a hard time against a talented team like GAC with Addy going to Xavier. Uh, I like GAC in this one. Next up, Region 1, number 4, Brantley County, 8 and 19 versus Johnson. Savannah won the region, Region 3, 12 and 7 overall. Um, Kalia Hankerson and Amani Hamilton. That's uh, those are the two players for Johnson. I think they only have six girls on the roster. Um, I'm very interested to see what they look like next year. But this is the last hurrah for this Adam Smashers team. I think they get past Brantley County for those two players I mentioned, just being too long, too athletic, and just just too skilled for Brantley County to overcome. I think Johnson runs away with this one. Now for the bottom right hand side. Burke County, Region 4, number 3, 18 and 6 versus Central Macon, Region 2, number 2, 21 and 5, and currently ranked in the top 10 at number 9. Uh, Central Macon has come close a few times, but just can't seem to get over the hump of uh, Sumter County, but they don't have to worry about that anymore since they are not going to see them in the state tournament. But Central Macon. Uh, uh, a, a nice team, a nice team. 
that has that has some weapons. Uh, Tania Pryor is a, a good good player that's drawing some interest from multiple levels. Uh, a, a big guard, about 5'9", 5'10", so she helps out a lot. I really like the sophomore point guard they have uh, that can really set the tone to Leah Greer. She's a good one. She's going to be a, a really good player, and she already is. Uh, Treasure Cooper does a nice job of knocking down mid-range shots. Francis Anacuno is a, a good rebounder for her age, really gets after it. And then Taylor Davis is another long type forward that provides some production. So this is a team that is a, a solid team. They've seen some good competition throughout the year. I was able to catch them, beat Doherty in their season opener, beat them by three. Um, they've challenged themselves a little bit here and there. They did beat Northeast Macon 43-35 after they got blown out in their first meeting, so that's a really big win for them. They took care of Peach County, uh, what is it, two, three, three times? They swept Peach, Peach County three games. Um, so this team is a, it's a, a sleeper team. Uh, that can make a deep run if everything goes according to plan. Central Macon is pretty tough, and I think they're going to beat Burke County, even though I do think Burke County, um, solid team, good team, but I don't know if they have enough options to win in Macon against Central. Next up, one of the more sneaky, interesting games, Region 6, number 4, Ringgold versus... Region 8, number 1, East Jackson, 23-3, and three, currently ranked number 10 in the state. Um, we kind of touched on this East Jackson team earlier. The, the region is okay. Uh, it's not a super strong region. Um, East Jackson really, you know, just has won a couple close games lately by the skin of their teeth. Um, but just looking at what East Jackson has done throughout the year, um, they, they beat Prince Avenue Christian, they lost to Athens Academy, they beat Flowery Branch by one, uh, they did beat Prince Avenue again by one, beat Oconee County, lost in overtime to Hart, went to overtime with Monroe Area and won, um, lost in overtime to Franklin County, then beat Franklin County in overtime, then took two overtimes to beat Oconee County. So a lot of overtime games, right off rip, that's one, two, three, four, five, Five overtime games that they've played. Um, so they've won the close games. And they're a, a very tiny team. Everything I've been told is this team is quick, but super, super small. Antonia Pittman was a region player of the year. Uh, she's helped out by having Rollins as well, uh, Destiny Rakestraw. But this is a team of ankle biters that can get after you and turn you over and play fast, fast, fast and really try and dictate the tempo and overwhelm you with their team speed and just their quickness to every ball. But they're very, very small. Now they're playing a Ringle team that does have quality guard play. Again, Region 6 is always really solid, but it's usually maybe only one team that has a, a shot. It's in the past been Sonoraville that has been a tough team to go deep. Now you're looking at LFO being legit, Murray County being fairly strong as well. But this Ringle team, they slip to the four seed, uh, which, you know, they got beat by Murray County in overtime, 47-39, and then they lost to Sonoraville in the upset, 49-46. But they do have the Ray, uh, the Region Player of the Year, um, which is a, a co-Region Player of the Year, Rachel Lopez, a veteran point guard. Again, she's right down there with the low center of gravity with those uh, East Jackson girls. She's about 5'3", 5'4", herself. She's a small little guard, 
But Rachel Lopez, she really handles the ball well and sees the floor, can really distribute at a high level. So she's a tough guard that can really kind of will have to handle the pressure of East Jackson, but she's going to have some help as well. Bailey Pitts has had some strong games. Uh, she was a first-team all-region selection, uh, as was uh, you know just her as far as first-team all-region. But Addie Broom was a uh, honorable mention pick, and she's going to have to play a big role. Um, but Bailey Pitts, if they can kind of get her going and her and Lopez start working that two-man game, they might be able to compete. I know Pitts is a strong, strong player that also excels at softball. Um, but I, I'm going to go with East Jackson here. But I think, again, do not be surprised if this is another game that goes down to the wire, potentially goes into overtime. Um, but I think I'm going to go with East Jackson. I think they're just going to have a little bit more and have that home crowd behind them. I think East Jackson advances. Next up, Region 5, number 3, Cedar Grove with Raquela Johnson, one of the all-time best scorers in DeKalb County, at least of recent memory. I won't go that far, but she has always been about top five in the county and scoring over 20 points per game every year, it feels like, since she's been a freshman. Um, Cedar Grove, 13-9, three seed out of Region 5. They travel to East Forsyth, the seven, Region 7, two seed, uh, 19 and 8, a team that has never cracked into the top 10, but has been dangerously close. They played Lumpkin County fairly tough multiple times, only to come up just a little bit short. This is a team that will punish you with drives. They attack the basket. They force you to foul a lot, a lot, a lot. They've had at least one game we know of that they shot over 40 free throws and plenty others. I'm sure they took 30 free throws or more. It starts with Allison Hadima, uh, a very good forward, strong forward, a um, bit of a power forward, but combo forward. She attacks off the dribble a lot and uses her strong frame to get to the rim and score through contact. She was an animal against White County. I think she had 24 points and 16 rebounds in that semifinal uh, victory over White County. She was a difference maker. And then, of course, Ella Holbrook, another junior. Remember, this school has no senior class. Ella Holbrook, another junior guard, is another quick-footed guard that gets downhill and can knock down the open shot. So just that style of play of East Forsyth, they really pound on you, pound on you, pound on you, attack, attack, attack the basket. They're going to have to knock down some open three-point looks. Um, but they will get to the line. They will take a lot of free throws. And that's not even talking about Adeline Rosebush. Another uh, about 5'10", 5'11", post presence inside that gobbles up rebounds. So that's a strong three-man core. Cedar Grove is going to have some quickness to them. Again, Raquela Johnson is really the one that makes that team go. Um, Does she have enough around her to really help this team go deep and go far and upset East Forsyth? It remains to be seen, but Raquela Johnson, they go as she goes. And I think East Forsyth, Coach Hedrick's going to have enough of a game plan to slow them down, slow Johnson down, and be able to pound it and get the calls going towards the rim and get some players in foul trouble. And I think East Forsyth advances as a first-year school to the Sweet 16. Next up, Region 3, number 4, Savannah, 13-12 and 12 versus Region 1, number 1, Pierce County, 21-5. and 5. Pierce County, led by Natalie Heron, a three-time region player of the year, averaging over 23 points per game, one of the best guards in the state of Georgia that many people, I guess, probably still just don't know about, has uh, some college attention from multiple levels, all the way from D1 interest to D3. Um, Very interesting player. 
I believe she uh, was a softball standout as well, but wants to play basketball in college. Uh, very strong body, aggressive, loves to shoot the pull-up three off the dribble, uh, a little bit unorthodox with her release, but it's just so tough and defends the ball very well. Just does a lot of everything, just a winner in general. I think they're going to be able to handle Savannah uh, pretty easily. I know Savannah's going to present some some challenges. They do have some solid guards of their own, but I think Natalie Heron and the rest of this team is just too polished, and uh, I think that's going to set up a really good second-round matchup with East Forsyth. So now, final four picks in Class 3A, top left-hand side. I see Westminster against Sumter County in the Elite Eight. And I have Sumter County, especially if this game is at Sumter County. That's going to be a tough environment. I think Sumter County, uh, I think they turned this into a rock fight, into a dog fight. And I think they have the toughness to pull it out and, you know, muck it up and try and slow down Courtney Ogden just enough. I like Sumter County to advance to the Final Four on the top left-hand side, bottom left-hand side. Lumpkin County versus Cross Creek. Cross Creek does not have Jordan Dorsey this year to save them and bail them out. Michaela Bogans is a star, a budding star for sure. But I just think Lumpkin County, with the memory of last year, a game they essentially had in the bag before that missed foul at half court led to a wide-open layup at the buzzer. Lumpkin County has proven that they're the best team in the state all season long, and I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. I think it's going to be a, a great game. It's going to be a great game and go down to the wire again. But I think Lumpkin County, they get the job done this year. And they do have Kate Jackson, a piece that they did not have last year. Now they have a physical post presence that can score on offensive rebounds and putbacks and can space the floor and shoot the three and draw out Jenna Wilbon and some of those bigger defenders for Cross Creek. A different dynamic they did not have last year. Lumpkin County, Final Four. Top right-hand side, See, L-F-O and G-A-C, the battle of the three letters. I just think G-A-C is going to have, uh, again, too much star power with Kaylee Addy. She, they're going to be able to handle uh, that pressure and that three-point shooting of L-F-O. I think G-A-C has seen, uh, you know, they've seen so many good teams in the non-region. They do the same thing every year. They schedule super hard to prepare themselves for a state tournament push. And I think they're going to be able to push past Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe. Bottom right-hand side, I have Central Macon versus Pierce County. Pierce County is a uh, a good team. You know, they lost those two games earlier in the season to Tattnall, but they ended up winning the region. But just looking at uh, the teams they have played as a 3A school, they, they played some good teams. They beat Wayne County by eight points. They beat Bradwell Institute by five points, a two-seed in Class 6A. That's 20-5 and five overall. Um, they got beat by Lowndes, I believe, twice. Um, they beat number one Montgomery County, Class A Public. They beat them in overtime, 49-45. They lost close to Bradwell in the rematch by two points. Um, you know, they beat down Wayne County again. Uh, this is a this is a good team that's played some pretty solid opponents, all things considered. As a small school playing some bigger opponents, Pierce County is good, and I think Pierce County is better than Central Macon. I have Pierce County to the Final Four, which sets up Sumter County versus Lumpkin. I have Lumpkin advancing to Macon. I have GAC versus Pierce. I have GAC advancing to Macon. I have Lumpkin County beating GAC in the state championship. Two teams that were in the same region just a few years ago 
And uh, Lumpkin County beat GAC pretty easily in two of those matchups. So that was a long time ago. It would be very interesting to see how those two teams match up if they meet in the Macon Centerplex. But I have Lumpkin County playing 32 and winning the state title over GAC. Moving right along, it is the ever-intriguing Class 2A. We start at the top, Region 1, number 3, Fitzgerald 12 and 6 versus Dodge County. 22 and 3, the two seed out of Region 3, and currently ranked number 5 in the state. Dodge County has had a wonderful year. Uh, man, they have recorded some big wins. A lot of top 10 wins. They beat Telford County 69 30. Beat West Lawrence 45-36. Not a top 10 team, but an 18-win team out of um, Class 4A. Beat Lamar County. They beat Houston County 49-47, a 20-4 6A school. Uh, They ran into two losses uh, to Northeast Macon and Waco, but then after that point, they have just been rolling. Another win over West Lawrence. Beat Lamar County by two. Beat Northeast Macon by two. Beat Telfair County again. Beat Waco by three. A lot of close games. Beat Houston County in double overtime by eight. Beat Washington County 54-49. But then lost in the region championship to Northeast Macon 62-45. Region three has been a juggernaut on paper all season long. I am very interested to see what they do come state tournament time. I think Dodge County, just those games alone... Uh, that's enough to tell you that they should win this game over Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald just has not seen that level of competition. Um, Dodge County has just been anchored inside by the big freshman, Lyric Green, averaging 16 points and close to 10 rebounds per game. She has put this team on another level. The Squaws also get 15 points and 9 rebounds from Alteria Gooch. Uh, and then they have another freshman that's very important, uh, Glenna Ray Whitley close to nine points per game. This Dodge County team is very, very scary, especially with Green inside being a dominant post presence. Dodge County, they advance past Fitzgerald, and they have a chance to win a lot of games come March. Next up, 12 and 13 Gordon Central, the four seed out of Region 7. They go up against 19 and 4 Callaway. Region 5, number one, Callaway currently ranked number eight. Uh, They've really handled their business in that region there, beating Heard County close, and then uh, really just started steamrolling them there. In their last two meetings, they've played them. Uh, you're talking about a Heard uh, Callaway team that beat Heard County 69 to 47 in the region championship. Now Callaway is huge. Lacey Thomas is about six two inside. Jasmine Thornton's about a six one sophomore as well. Um, they have even more size. Uh, I believe Stargell is her name. There's just so much size to go around with this Callaway team. And we're talking about um, who we said, Stargell. Uh, let me make sure, Cameron Stargell, a big body inside. And then you have Gabri- Gabrielle Johnson, who's been a, a prolific scorer her entire career, has taken a little bit of a backseat this year to Thornton, who's averaging 17 points and six rebounds. Um, but this team is big, and they have their top five back from a season ago. The only thing that worries me is shot selection with this team. Just looking on their max preps, you can't be taking, you know, shooting 22% from three. This team launches a bunch of threes like they're a good three-point shooting team, but they're not. Gabriel Johnson, 
26% three-point shooters, taking 148 threes. Jasmine Thornton, I saw her at a camp, and I noted early on, and I've only saw her play once, like, this girl likes to take a lot of threes. She's taken 145 threes at six foot one, and has only made 22%. That's not good. They can shoot themselves out of games, but if they get inside, they can be super effective, and, you know, that's that's big, but... If, if teams are allowed or are capable of coaxing Callaway into taking three-point shots, they're not going to be as good as they can be. Um, I think they're a, a very dangerous team, a team that I have I have said multiple times is a dark horse for me. I mean, they lost 65-58 to Northeast Macon earlier in the year, so that was a, an interesting measuring stick game where they came up close. Um, but this Callaway team, if they can knock down some threes and just take good threes and not fall too far in love with the three-point shot and start pounding teams inside where they had that advantage and getting Gabriel Johnson some open looks, um, this is a good team. I think they're going to beat up Gordon Central pretty good, but again, I just worry about if they take way too many threes when they just the numbers tell you you're not a three-point shooting team, so stop taking those threes at a low clip. Um, Callaway advances. Very interested to see what they do come state tournament time in the Sweet 16 and beyond. Next up, South Atlanta, 13 and 11, Region 6, number three seed against Elbert County, 23 and 4. Elbert County, the two seed out of Region 8 after losing 47 40 to Raven County in the Region 8 championship. A, a, um, you know, a rubber match, if you will, uh, to decide uh, after they split at home and home. Um, Elbert County had them ranked number one for the vast, vast, vast majority of the season. They're currently ranked number two. They are going to blow the doors off of South Atlanta. Region six is a bad basketball region. It, it is what it is. Uh, I think Elbert County is going to come out uh, very hungry, and I think this could be a 20, 30, 30, 30 plus point victory for Elbert County. This team is very good. Um, Anaya Allen, Naya Moon. Terrace Hester, Bernasia Faust, it goes on and on and on. They're all juniors. Elbert County is going to punish South Atlanta in that first round in the Inferno. Next up, Butler, 11-16, the four seed out of Region 4 versus 19-2. Region 2 winner, Swainsboro. Swainsboro currently ranked number 9 in the state. Swainsboro has had... A, uh, a really good year. They popped up on the radar after a couple nice wins. Uh, you know, they they blown out Woodville Tompkins three times in a row. Woodville Tompkins, well, actually two times, and then they only beat them by one in that region championship uh, after they beat them by about 20 points the two prior times. So Woodville Tompkins was able to close the gap, but still not enough to get over the hump. But this is a this is a solid team. Swingsboro, they did lose to Vidalia. Um, in Statesboro, you know, end of January, early February, their only two losses of the, the season came back-to-back. Back. Uh, they haven't played a ton of, you know, killer teams. We, we mentioned the Woodville Tompkins is a good team and that they handled twice. They beat them three times. They did beat Tattnall County 48-44, a good Class 3A school. And they do have a win over Dublin uh, 50-28, Dublin an okay A public school that spent a little time at the bottom of the pole. But a 37-29 win over Bullock Academy, a 25-2 GISA program, which is a, a, a legitimately strong team, is one of their best wins of the year. And how does Swainsboro get it done? Well, they are a, a fairly balanced team. Three players averaging, well, two, three players averaging over 10 points per game. Um, Jaden Wynn leads a team over 10 points per game. You have uh, another player 
that is uh, producing in Kelly at 10 points per game. And then uh, Maya Rawls over 8 points per game. So Soraya Kelly, Rawls, uh, good team. Uh, looks like they have some solid guard play, a good foundation there. Swainsboro, uh, I think they're pretty dangerous, a pretty dangerous team uh, if they have all their pieces still. Uh, I know I'm looking at Tania Williams, a five foot eleven uh, player. It looks like she might have, you know, got hurt or left the team, but she was another interesting piece, averaging ten points, eight rebounds, and a, a block and a half. But it looks like she has not played um, since December, so that kind of hurts. But Swainsboro still a tough squad, and Butler, a team that is not as good as last year's magical season. I think Swainsboro, especially at Swainsboro, is going to handle their business quite easily. Next up on the bottom left-hand side, we start off with Region 3, number 3, Washington County, 16-8, and eight, fell all the way to the 3 seed in that brutal Region 3. Um, Washington County, they fell in the Region Tournament. Looks like they got beat by Dodge County, 54-49, then bounced back 69-56 over in Lamar County. They will play Early County, 13-14, and 14, the 2 seed out of Region 1. Um, Washington County is ranked... Number 10 in the state, Early County not ranked. Early County played a national schedule or a showcase schedule early on in the season and were just getting absolutely hammered and blasted. They had no reason being there when Michaela Timpson no longer on the roster. Um, Jordan Eford did the best she could to keep some of those games respectable, but this Early County team is not a state title contender with Timpson at Florida State now. And I think Washington County with Ashley, Ashley Gray going to Alabama State uh, and the and the, um, the Parker sisters, they're uh, they're going to be tough to beat, and I think Waco is going to take care of business and move on to the next round. Next up, nine and seventeen Temple, the four seed out of Region Five versus Fannin County, twenty four and two, Region Seven one seed, defending state runners up. Oh man, Fannin County is a good team. I know they are a good team, but just compared to like Region Three and Region Eight. Fannin County has not played a good team in a long, 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 long while. And they I know they, they crushed Chattooga their first two meetings, but then they only beat them 46-38 in the region title game. Um, but just looking at this Fannin County team, their best win was the third game of the season. They beat Pickens 42-39. Pickens did not even end up winning that region in Class 4A. They got a two seed, so that's a... That win loses its luster with Pickens not capturing that one seed. They beat North Oconee 59-49, a game I was at at the North Georgia Showcase. But North Oconee was without Ayanna Peavy, their best player, their sophomore dynamic guard. So that and, – and, and North Oconee, what, they felt a – they're about – let me see if I can pull it up real quick. North Oconee is only 15-13, and 13, so North Oconee didn't necessarily – uh, achieve what I thought they were going to. So that win doesn't necessarily look as great as what I thought it might have been earlier. They lost by 10 points to a good Murphy, North Carolina team. Um, beat Union Grove, a four seed, by 22 points. They did beat Oconee County 50-33, to a two seed in, in Class uh, 3A. But even Oconee County, that their region kind of comes into question. North Gwinnett, they beat them 50-42, to but North Gwinnett... Fell all the way to a, a four seed in that region, in Region 8, which was the worst, probably the worst, worst or second worst uh, region in Class 7A. So that doesn't look great anymore. Jefferson, they got beat by 20 points. And then, you know, just 
into their region play. It's just not a good region. And they 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 hammered all the teams like they should. Um couple closer games here and there. Uh, but with all that being said, Fanning County, obviously, they're going to they're gonna steamroll their way through Temple. Uh, I believe uh, Region Player of the Year was Courtney Davis, a sophomore, a really good shooter, just a really good player because she's quick off the bats and she can pull up and can really fire from deep. You got Reagan York is a really good um, you know, grinder, forward type, slasher, forward, rebounder, does a lot of good things. And Becca Ledford going to West Georgia is just – tough as nails and the addition of Ellie Cook provides athleticism on the perimeter so there are good pieces there I just worry about how tested is Fannin County compared to the teams from Region 3 compared to Elbert County compared to Rabin County they're not tested like those teams and I think that could come back to bite them possibly Um, but 24 and 2 for the most part they've beaten everybody they're supposed to beat and uh, I know they want another opportunity at a state championship. So Fannin County, they will steamroll their way past Temple and make it into the Sweet 16 where it will get very interesting against presumably Washington County. Next up, Banks County, 9-17, and 17, Region 8, number 3, against 16-7, Pace Academy, Region 6, number 2 seed. Pace Academy has a Region Player of the Year in Gabby Hudson, and they also have a, a second teamer in Sydney Middleton. Looks like the, I believe that's the younger sister of Cole Middleton, who's now at Cleveland State. But again, Region Six traditionally very bad. Banks County they don't have a great record, but Banks County has a dominant post presence in Cameron Greer, who's averaging close to twenty points and fourteen rebounds per game. Watched her beat Union County in that consolation game where she had a, another big double double. With the one that really makes his team go, they're a little shaky on the perimeter with their guard play. They can be, uh, they can be had with the press. That's a weak spot for Banks County. But Addison Horde, the sophomore, she is really, really good. Another good athlete, shoots the ball very well, uh, plays a big role in helping handle pressure. Addison Horde on the perimeter, Cameron Greer on the interior. You throw in another six foot, six foot one, Carly Seegers down low. Banks County, for 9-17, and 17, they played a lot of good teams. Banks County is tough, and I don't know if Pace Academy has anyone that can handle um, Cameron Greer inside or be able to check Addison Horde. And, you know, they run that, that Twin Tower set with Carly Seegers. Banks County is battle-tested. Pace Academy is not. Banks County goes into Atlanta and comes away with a first-round victory and will advance to the Sweet 16. Next up, Jeff Davis, 6-20, Region 2, number 4, versus Josie, the defending state champs, 21-5. Uh, they still had their hiccups against Laney, but they were able to uh, survive and get that region championship in double overtime, 63-58. Josie at 21-5, and and they're currently ranked number 6 in the state. Josie will win this game. They'll win it easily. Josie sometimes, again, struggles to score in the half court, but they're very long. They're very athletic. They play very good defense. Uh, Kishana Brown has had a nice season this year. Adriana Booker is still probably uh, – her and uh, Aquius Cody are probably still my two favorite players on that team. I think Josie takes care of business quite easily and moves on to the next round. Top right-hand side, Vidalia. Vidalia. 
Region 2, number 3, 16 and 11 versus Laney. Region 4, number 2, 15 and 7. Laney, the worst Laney team in over a decade as far as the record goes. That's how good Laney has been. But when Laney started the season about 0-3, 0-4, uh, sounding the alarms, I think Laney is they're a solid team. I think when they beat Josie, I think it's more of that just that still that weird lingering mental game that Laney has the advantage over Josie. But I think Josie is the better team than Laney. And they were able to beat them two out of three times this year, if I'm not mistaken. But Laney's still dangerous this time of year. Uh, Santana Dennis, Kiara Turner. Uh, this is still, a, 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 again, I don't want to say this is a necessarily a state title contender team, but Laney is going to be dangerous. They're going to win some games in the state tournament. They always do. They're not going to bounce in the first round or anything crazy like that. I like Laney to beat Vidalia, and I like them to move on to the Sweet 16 and could potentially win a few more games after that. Next up, Union County, 12-13. and 13, Region 8, number 4 versus Columbia, 21-6. and 6. Region 6, number 1. Um, I'm interested in this game. Columbia is going to have, uh, obviously, the the athletic advantage. They're very quick. They're playing in DeKalb County. They see a, a fast-paced tempo. Union County cannot play that fast. Um, but what Union County has that Columbia will have zero answer for is Ava Hunter inside a dominant post presence, probably over 20 and 10 a game. Um, literally will just be a one-man wrecking crew and will just dominate Columbia on the interior. But then it comes down to, is there enough around her to help the North Georgia signee? Columbia will have nothing to stop her. She will have her way inside. She will bulldoze her way and double-double. But Columbia, they do have um, some talented guard play on the perimeter that has really kept this team uh, afloat all season long and this is a, a team that I think they had Kiana Giles on the roster but I, she might have transferred or got hurt she's she was supposed to be their returning best player but I don't know what happened to her but she's not on the roster but this Columbia team at 21 and 6 has been led by uh, let's see make sure I get her name correct uh, Nia Anderson who's been averaging over 13 points seven rebounds five steals uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A very uh, aggressive, uh, looks like a sophomore, if uh, if their max preps page is correct. But she's a, a player that really makes his team go. Uh, I just think that speed and if they, they start to press and trap and really make some things happen, uh, they can they can hurt. They can really hurt this Union County team. But Laura Turner is another 5'11 forward wing type you got to keep an eye on. Uh, but really everything starts and stops with Ava Hunter down low. She's going to have a field day, but I don't know if there's enough help around her, and that's why I think Columbia will find a way to get past and beat Union County. Next up, model, Region 7, number 3, 13 and 15, versus Heard County, Region 5, number 2, 21 and 6. I like Heard County in this one. I saw model play this year. Um, they can get hot with the three ball and knock down some shots. Ansley Kugler and company uh, shoots the ball very well, but you're talking about a, uh, a Heard County team with Jaden Boykin, a really tough sophomore guard, and then Jasmine Jasmine Owens is a, a, another physical presence, only about 5'8", but plays really tough inside and can rebound, and they also have some more help um, around that roster that can help out, and they, they have some, uh, some quickness, 
they can really kind of do some things to teams. You know, they struggled against Callaway, um, but Zakila Boyd is a, a senior that it plays a really big role for this unit. And uh, they've, they've played some quality teams throughout the year, just looking at their schedule. Um, you know, lost by one to a troop, but then came back and beat troop by nine. We know troop isn't what they used to be. Uh, they did beat Darlington in overtime, a top 10 team in class A, uh, private. They did beat Mount Zion, a top 10 team in class A public. Um, they did beat East Paulding, a state playoff team in six, a 33, 28. So there's some results there. This is a, a solid team. And I think they're going to be more solid then model, I think they're just going to be a little bit too tough, especially when getting to the basket. So I do like Heard County to advance past model. Next up, Region 1, number 4, Barry in 14 and 13 versus Region 3, number 1, Northeast Macon, 20 and 6 overall, currently ranked number 3 in the state, jumping over Fannin County. This team is a very interesting team this is a good team they came away i we said during the season that whoever wins region three uh, they're going to be more than battle tested and they're going to be more than deserving of a one seed and a very high ranking and this is a team that played teams early on in the season they played norcross to open up the year they lost by 23 but they played norcross they played by peachtree uh played peachtree ridge got blown out 57 29 but they played them they opened the season one and three because they did beat decatur by 10 a uh, a two seed coming out of region five or uh, class 5a in region five um they lost by three to warner robbins uh, a team that won their region in five a region one um they played good teams they blew out central macon by geez 49 points they lost a rematch but that was a a good result uh they beat callaway 65 58 they lost by 19 to Northside columbus when Northside had everybody uh and just go through the region record they beat waco they beat dodge they beat lamar county they beat all these teams multiple times and they beat dodge county 62 45 this team is scary just because Jakia Little is just lightning fast, so shifty, so athletic, just is just at your throat the entire game. 23 points, six rebounds per game, four steals. Uh, I don't know what's going on with her recruitment, but like she seems like the perfect fit at like a school like Lander or a, you know, even maybe a low division one school that just wants some dog type mentality that wants to get after you and you know really make plays off the dribble and even shoot the ball pretty well. Um, she can score a little bit from the perimeter. You know, she's only hit 14 threes this season. Doesn't take a whole ton of them at 24%, but she's still a threat. She will open that up, but she wants to get to the rack. She took 171 free throw attempts in 26 games, 64% from the line. But Jakia Little is all gas, no breaks, and they're going to blow past Varian, Northeast Macon. Very dangerous team. And again, don't forget, they do have uh, a floor spacer and a, a good Robin to Little's Batman and Lanaya Richardson, who's averaging over 15 points per game. Bottom right-hand side, Oglethorpe County, 18-9, Region 4, number 3, versus Woodville Tompkins, Region 2, number 2, 17-9. Um, one of the better matchups in this first round of state, that is for sure. Uh, Woodville Tompkins, they, they just could never get over the hump against Swainsboro. Uh, but this is a dangerous team. I'm telling you, the size inside. Uh, Brianna Pelote, she is good. She is really good. If, if, if college coaches know what's good for them and they can overlook some little things about her, um, that's a 
a potential Division One prospect because I was so impressed with what I saw in just the one sitting in a travel ball game, just with how she knows how to maneuver her way around the low block and score inside and rebounds and does have a little bit of touch here and there. Um, she is very, very tough, and she's going to cause some problems for many teams. Uh, you know, just looking at her stats, she's averaging over 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 blocks per game. We call that a paint monster from where I'm from, and paint monsters go a long way in these smaller classifications. She is a stud. She has help from Sinai Chisholm, averaging 13 points per game. And then Janiah uh, Hayward is also just a terrific rebounder that just plays so hard at about 5, 7, 12 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. That big three right there, that's tough. That's really, really tough. And having that size inside in Pelota is going to go uh, take them a, a deep way into the tournament potentially because that's just a tough matchup. When you have a, a big girl that can score inside and you have at least a little bit of help around her, you're you're in good shape. But they're playing an interesting Oglethorpe team out of that Region 4, 19-9. Uh, um, you know, couldn't ever beat Josie, couldn't ever beat Laney it looks like, but they were firmly cemented as that third team. And they played them close. Like they got closer and closer each game with versus Laney. Game two they lost by ten. Game three they lost by three. Um, even in that region tournament, uh, just looking at what they did real quickly, um yeah they lost by that three that three point loss to Laney was in that semifinals and then they ended up beating Butler by eleven to get that three C but Long story short, Oglethorpe County, this is a team that could potentially be on the come up. So be careful about Oglethorpe County. This could be a a really, really, really good game. But I'm going to go with Woodville Tompkins and uh, Brianna Pelote just being a monster inside is going to cause some issues. Next up, love it. Region 6, number 4, 18 and 10 overall versus the number one ranked team in the state. Region 8, number one, Rabin County, 20 and 5. Uh, I mean, Raven County has ran the gamut. Uh, they played some really good teams in the non-region schedule. Of course, they started their season with a 75-54 loss to South Forsyth of the Sandy Spill Tip-Off Classic. A game like that, that's what prepares you for state tournament time. When you're playing a top 10 7A school that presses you and has size and can shoot the ball very well, they took their lumps early on. They took their lumps. They rebounded with the win over Lakeview Academy. They, they, they struggled in a 44-40 loss or whatever that score was. I know they had the score uh, incorrect at one point uh, on Max Press, but they lost to Haversham Central when they just could not score in the second half. But then they started to pick up their steam. They started to win some games. Um, you know, They beat East Forsyth, a good team. They blew them out by 23 points. Uh, they lost to Murphy, North Carolina, by five points in the Battle of the States Championship. They beat Elbert County, a game I was at, the first go-around, 51-47. Then they lost their second meeting with them, 51-45 at the Inferno. And then, you know, just the other, just recently at the region championship, I'm at that game, 47-40. They hold on against Elbert County. It was a nip-and-tuck game the entire time. Uh, Huge performance from Carly Haven, a 5'10 guard, a senior. You know, this whole team, for the most part, all seniors outside of Lucy Hood, their, their star sophomore playmaking point guard, and uh, Ellie Southerns, who's been hurt, but she does have a knee brace on. We will see if she ever gets on the court, but she is in Jersey, so that is a great sign for a girl coming off an ACL tear who was projected to be probably their second or third leading scorer this season as a sophomore, a big-time future ahead for her. But just a simple fact that she's in Jersey can help out. But 
it's a really good team. And like I said, all these games they've won, going through Region 8, playing some big-time post presences and Ava Hunter and Cameron Greer. Then you play the quickness, the elite speed, and the elite just overall pressing nature and just a great team in Elbert County who's beaten some of the best of the best in the state. They take two out of three out of them. Now they're playing Love It. Um, just have to make sure this isn't a letdown game. Love It. Uh, again, we've harped on this not being the best region. Alley OD uh, was a first-team all-region selection. Um, also, Kaylee Stargell was a third-team pick, but you're, 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 you're talking about a Lovett team that ended up getting the four seed. They lost to South Atlanta 38-35. So on paper, this is a game Raven County should blow Lovett out of the water. Um, you know, Gracie Dietz inside at 5'11", 6 foot, going to Emanuel College. She's, she's been a timely scorer, uh, gets some rebounds, really good touch at the foul line. So if you foul her inside, she's more than likely going to be able to convert at the foul line. Uh, Sophie Woodard has made some timely plays. Sarah Kate Roberson is a, a good hustle player. You know, the list goes on and on. This is a team that is very well equipped for a state title run with all these seniors, and I think it starts off with a blowout win over Lovett in Raven County. Next up, Region 5, number 3, Harrelson County, 12-10 and 10 versus Chattooga. Region 7, number 2, 15-12. and 12. I saw Chattooga versus Model. They almost choked that game away against Model when uh, Micaiah Parrish fouled out and they couldn't even dribble the ball and break the press. It was, it was painful, but they did hold on and they did win that game. Um, this is really, as far as beating other good teams, um, it all comes down to getting the ball to Micaiah Parrish. She is everything, and without her, Chattooga goes from being a 15-12 a, a team to a very far below 500 team. Um, they do have a nice rebounding presence in Nevea Morgan inside. I like what she brings to the table, but it is all – all Micaiah Parrish, they don't have any real ball handlers outside of her, but Parrish can really score at a high level, creates off the dribble, and does have a nice jump shot. With that being said, I do like Tratuga to beat Harrelson County and make it to the Sweet 16. Um, dangerous team if Micaiah Parrish can get on a real scoring binge, which she has done, done quite often throughout her career. And lastly, Lamar County, Region 3, number 4, 18 and 10 versus Thomasville, Region 1, number 1, 19 and 7. Um, Lamar County is just, just a disappointing thing. You know, that region has been so amazing this year, and they're 18 and 10. But Lamar County, I thought this was finally the year. Lamar County has just so much so struggled to really make a statewide announcement that they are here and here to stay. Last year, they were the two-seed out of Region 3. They lose in the first round to Swainsboro, 51-48. You know, this year, they, they have all the pieces, all the pieces in place, but the rest of the region decides to get incredibly good, and Lamar County just can't keep pace with them. They go 8-6 and six in the region. Still a very dangerous team with a lot of of talent. Um, Tamaya Blasting game has been an all-state guard, averages over 20 points and five rebounds, really quick, small, but really quick. Uh, the sophomore Shakiria Foster, 18.6 rebounds, four steals. Zariah Fletcher, I believe, is going to Miles College, is a wide-shouldered uh, senior, about 5'11", rebounds really well. There's, there's pieces there, but they just have not been able to really get over the hump. And now you're playing a Thomasville team out of Region 1, uh, a solid Thomasville team at that, that I believe they spent uh, a blink of an eye in the top 10. But, you know, it's tough when you're in those smaller smaller 
region, smaller classification, but Thomasville has played some decent teams. Um, they picked up a win over Thomas County Central. They got a win over Bainbridge. Um, you know, just looking at what else they did throughout the year. That's those are two of their hallmark victories. Ended up winning that region and taking care of business. Um, did so in a, looks like it was a eh, dominant fashion, 42-21 over Early County. But Thomasville is a is a tough team, and it's going to be a long trip. I know Barnesville is pretty far down there in the middle of you know Somewheresville. Uh, but still, Thomasville is like at the very bottom of the state, so that is going to be over an hour drive, tough drive. You're going to have to go up against Herbria Higgs, uh, Diggs, uh, 16.7 rebounds. Uh, uh, Sanaya White is averaging over 12 points. You have another girl in Layla Harvey, 10 points per game. So this is a, a, a nice team. I like Thomasville to win this one. I just Lamar County has broken my heart every time when it comes to the state playoffs. They have talent, but they just have not been able to get over the hump. And for that reason, I think Thomasville finds a way in a close game, but that home court advantage going all the way down there, I think Thomasville pulls it out. So now, the final four, Class 2A, my Elite 8 matchup. On the top left-hand side, I see Dodge County meeting Elbert County. Dodge County, Lyric Green inside, so big, so, so talented. But Elbert County has been a special team all season long with all the wins, beating Jefferson in overtime, beating, you know, just name it. They played so many good teams. Elbert County, I'll just rack off these wins of who they've beaten. They've beaten Thompson 70-43. to 43. Their own, you know, One of their losses was to Buford. They were down pretty bad but made it a respectable score. But they beat Hart County. They beat Madison. They beat Josie 48-45. They blew out Raven Gap. 53-38. They blew out Grovetown, 52-38. They beat Calvary Day convincingly at CTC Classic, 58-46. Um, they blew out North Oconee by 23. They blew out Decula, 66-42. They blew out Franklin County, 54-30. They beat North Oconee again, 44. I mean, they beat everybody. They beat everybody except Rabin County twice, even though they did steal that one win against them, 51-45. Elbert County is a real deal. I'm sorry if they're not ranked number one, but Elbert County still, you can make the, 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 the debate, make the argument that they're the best team in the state because their resume shows it. Elbert County over Dodge County. Elbert County to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, I have Waco beating Fannin in that Sweet 16. Waco versus Josie, and I have Josie advancing past Washington County, especially if it's a home game in Augusta. Top right-hand side, Laney versus Northeast Macon. I think Northeast Macon is doing something special this year. They're very tough. And I think Jakia Little just rides this wave and rides the Raiders to the Final Four. And the bottom right-hand side, if Raven can, you know, avoid any pitfalls and they can handle uh, Brianna Pelote inside, I like Raven County to make it to the Final Four, beating Thomasville in the Elite Eight Final four matchups, I have Elbert County beating Josie for the second time this year to make it to the state championship where they will see either Northeast Macon or Rabin. And I haven't even filled this part out yet. Very difficult decision. I guess if Rabin's beaten Elbert County twice, they've seen the best of the best in a style of play like that. I have to go with Rabin County versus Northeast Macon to finally get over the hump. And Raven's been close many, many, many times before, setting up round four against Elbert County in a neutral site. 
Uh, Region 8 has been near the tippy-top of the rankings all season long. I would tend to go with Rabin County in another nail-biter. If they can get their depth perception, if they're able to make it that far and depth perception is not an issue with the three-point shot, I think Rabin County, especially if Ellie Southards is healthy enough to play a minute here or there, that could provide a potential lift for Rabin. Rabin County, state champions versus Elbert County. I think Rabin County pulls it out. But either way, I think it would, if, they, if they play again, I think it would be another coin flip game. But I think Rabin County has been able to pull it off. But would be fun to see. But Rabin County over Elbert County. I have Region 8, all Region 8 in the Class 2A state finals. Up next is Class A private in which we hope is not a foregone conclusion, but the resume of some of these teams, of one of these teams, really just stands head and shoulders above the rest and uh, is the best team in the state of Georgia, uh, on paper at least. But let's start at the top left-hand side, Tattnall Square, 15-9, Region 3, Region 1, Team 3, versus 18-5, and five, Calvary Day, the two seed out of Region 3. Calvary Day, um, they were in a really nice position to get that one seed out of Region 3 and, uh, you know, win a game in the state playoffs. But uh, when Michaela Primo went down with that bone bruise, uh, this team has not been the same. Uh, Hannah Kales had a great season scoring the ball, and Destiny uh, Godine as a freshman has helped out a lot. But without Michaela Primo, the senior, uh, they lose their dynamic playmaker, their quickness, their speed, uh, some outside shooting. Um, and that's why they lost this Savannah Country Day team, uh, who we'll talk about later on. I think Calvary Day was a better team than Savannah Country Day. They played three times. I'm pretty sure all three times uh, Calvary Day was without Michaela Primo. And, uh, you know, Calvary Day won one of those games and then lost the other two pretty close. Um, so this, this makes this Tattnall Square game a lot closer than what it probably should be because uh, the Cavaliers were really rolling when they were healthy. But I do still think uh, Hannah Kale uh, should be enough to prevail. She was the Region 3 Player of the Year for the Cavaliers, and I think that should be enough to get them over the hump against a, a, a Tattnall Square team uh, that was a three seed. Next up we have Region 7 Four seed Walker, 7-16 versus Holy Innocence, 24-2, Region 5, number one, number one in the state. Um, just the amount of top 10 wins against literally the other best teams in the, the, the state. It's just, just been crazy. They beat Grayson, they beat St. Pius, uh, they beat Hillgrove, they beat Woodstock, they beat Buford, they beat Brookwood, uh, they beat Tiff County, they beat Grayson again. They lost by one to Brookwood. They beat West Forsyth, they beat Kell, Forest Park, Luella by 20. GAC by 19, Hebron Christian by 17 points, Wesleyan by 29, Galloway by 5, Wesleyan by 23, and then uh, they beat Hebron in the region championship um, pretty, pretty, pretty well, what, 67 to 52 if that score is correct, I thought it might have been a little bit um, further out than that, um, but holy innocence, they've just been a on a whole nother level, uh, dominating all season long. Um, I don't know if anyone is going to catch them or even make them uh, make them sweat in the state tournament. Uh, it was sixty-seven to fifty-two. That was the uh, that was the final score uh, of that game. 
Um, I know Hebron likes to tweet a lot about free throw attempts, it looks like, but 67 to 52 was the final score. It wasn't even that close. So Holy Innocence, um, yes, they're going to blow out Walker, and they could. you could set the number. They, they can win by that much. It's up to them. Uh, dominant team, they will win. Uh, next up, we have Lakeview Academy, 13 and 12. Region 6, number 3, going up against Prince Avenue, the two seed out of Region 8, 13 and 9 overall. Um, this is an interesting matchup, I would assume. Uh, Lakeview Academy with Joel Snyder, who is going to Anderson, a very good scoring guard, has uh, long been a, a prolific scorer uh, with this uh, Lions program. They're going up against Prince Avenue, who um, they were. I think they might have sniffed the top ten earlier in the season. But as a team, Noel Hines is a big body inside. Uh, Lurcy, L- uh, Lily Purcell is a girl that's going to be at the March 20th Sandy Spill Spring Showcase. Is a very good young player uh, that has found her niche uh, early on in her career at the varsity level. So she's really tough. Um, just looking at this game, I'm thinking. I might go with Lakeview Academy because they have played uh, pretty well down the stretch. They were able to uh, win a few games. You know, they, they, they did well at the uh, Lanier Land. I know they were playing a, a couple teams uh, that weren't at full strength with their coaching staff, but Lakeview Academy still is a, a quality team, so I'll go at Lakeview Academy in this one. Um, next up, we have St. Ann Pacelli, 2-14, the four seed out of Region 4 versus Landmark Christian. Region 2, number 1. Uh, Landmark Christian has not played or has not beaten too many good teams this year. Uh, their, their region is really bad. Region 2 is a really bad region this year, and that's why that's kept them out of the top 10 uh, until just recently when they popped up at number 8 to finish the year. But... Um, they beat all these teams in their region pretty easily. They played some really good opponents non-region and um, you know took a lot of losses against them, but they were definitely challenging themselves. And I think you know Gabby Grooms and company is really really good. She averaged over 17 points and nine rebounds per game, and they're going to be able to handle their business and take care of what they need to take care of. They're going to beat St. Ampicelli very easily to advance to the Sweet 16. Next up, we have. 7 and 14 St. Vincent's region 3 number 3 versus Deerfield Windsor 19 and 4 region 1 2 seed uh they're still in the top 10 hanging in there at number 10 um Deerfield Windsor is a team that has some great size inside it was a surprise that they lost 42 to 41 in that region championship finally got clipped by Stratford Academy um but Deerfield Windsor they're big in the middle as i mentioned Margaret Sadler uh, the junior, probably about 6'1", 6'2". She's averaging 10 points per game. Uh, they have another sophomore, Gabrielle Harris, uh, 12.7 rebounds. And then Joy Hubbard is a, um, a very quick multi-sport standout. She leads the team in scoring at about 13 points per game. Um, so I like this uh, Deerfield-Windsor team to advance past St. Fran- Saint, Saint Vincent's. They're just not going to be able to compete with that size and then the quickness of Hubbard uh, making plays all over the floor. So the Knights, I think they get back on track and they pick up a win and make it to the Sweet 16. Next up is, uh, uh, just looking right now, I guess this has to be the best game of the first round. Uh, Wesleyan, 13-9, fell to the four seed in Region 5. 
after uh, they lost a few times. They lost to Holy Innocence in the semis, 65-42, and then 58-56 heartbreaker to Galloway. Now, uh, and, and mind you, Wesleyan is ranked number seven in the state. Now they play number two, Mount Perrin, Region 7, number 1 seed, 20-4 and four overall. They were in a dogfight with North Cobb Christian before finally pulling away 61-40. to 40. Kara Dunn, Georgia Tech signee, uh, does everything. Caitlin Dunning, the point guard going to West Georgia. Uh, a lot to choose from on this roster. And then, the, of course, the strong play of Jessica Fields, a six foot one freshman, has uh, really gobbled up shots inside. Um, it's going to be a really good game. Uh, Mount Perrin's going to have to play well to beat Wesleyan. Wesleyan with chit-chat right. She has been tremendous her sophomore season at the guard position. Ava Garavadian can knock down some threes. Um, London Walker, I believe her name is, is a, another big young guard that can get downhill quickly for Wesleyan. Um, there's, uh, there's some talent on this roster. They're, they're very, very tough. And Wesleyan, they've battled injuries early on in the season. I think they're starting to round into shape and get on the men and be healthy. But I think I'm going to go with Mount Perrin in this one just because you're really looking at a team full of seniors versus a team full of you know, sophomores and underclassmen. I think Mount Perrin finds a way past Wesleyan, but Wesleyan is going to – they're going to be right there, and it's going to go down to the wire. But I think Mount Perrin has carrot done and should make just enough plays to make it to the Sweet 16. Next up, Region 8, number 3, George Walton Academy, 13-10 and 10 versus Fellowship Christian, 14-6. and 6, Region 6, number 2 seed, Fellowship Christian. Kate Harden is a big-time scorer, an all-region performer for many of her seasons. Um, George Walton Academy uh, is a program that has played pretty well this year. Ashley Hill, an all-region performer, has come on strong. Excited to have her at the Sandy Spill uh, spring showcase. She has made a, a major impact right away uh, early on in her career as well. Talking about a uh, a player uh, that is only a freshman at five foot ten. Really, really impressive to make all region right away. Um, but she's good. Leela Mathis, another all region player. Uh, Hannah McDonald and uh, Emmy Mitchell round out the round out the team. Uh, this is going to be. Uh, what could be a, a pretty close game, per se. Uh, Kate Harden, how do you stop her? And Kaya Beard is her uh, running mate, all-region teams. I'm going to go with Fellowship Christian here, but I think George Walsh and George Walton Academy does have an opportunity to kind of rock the apple cart and make it into the Sweet 16. Next up, Paideia, 7-14, the four seed out of Region 2 versus Trinity Christian, 21-5. Number one seed out of Region 4, Zofia uh, uh, Telegi. Uh, going to Kansas, the big girl inside, too skilled. Madison Morg, a really good shooter on the perimeter. Just a lot of really good pieces for this Trinity Christian team that's ranked number six in the state. They play a lot of good opponents throughout the year, and uh, I think they're they're ready to make a, a run at it. Coach Joe Daniels does a really good job, the region coach of the year. I like Trinity Christian to really blow this game out of the water and set up uh, an opportunity to win a few games in the state tournament. Top right-hand side, Green Forest, 6-12, Region 2, number 3 seed versus Brookstone, 18-6, the 2 seed out of Region 4. Uh, Taylor Williams, a co-player of the year at Telegi out of uh, Trinity Christian. Uh, she's a really good player, Taylor Williams, only a junior, someone that if you don't know about her, you need to start following her. She's been averaging over 20 points for pretty much her entire career. 
um, gets to her spots, can shoot it from the mid-range, and can get all the way to the rim. Um, I like Brookstone to beat Green Force after I believe Green Force ended their season uh, a year ago in the Sweet 16, 70 to 28. Green Force unable to reload with transfers and move-ins. Um, so Brookstone, they are going to win this game. Next up, Athens Academy, 15 and 10, Region 8, number 4, going up against Region 6, number 1, St. Francis. They are ranked number 3 in the state, 24 and 3 overall. Um, Athens Academy just not going to have enough to compete with a team like St. Francis, who has the player of the year, Trenise Taylor, uh, in Region 6. Also, Samaya Wyatt with the length inside, Naya Young, a little guard. Desi Taylor, Ryan Tillis, another forward about six foot tall. Just too many options to deal with. Um, I like St. Francis to take care of business, uh, even though I do think we will see a valiant effort from Athens Academy and Region Player of the Year, uh, Jalea Sally Barnett, a, a, a solid player in her own right, but I do not think they will have enough to compete with St. Francis. This game should be over by halftime. Next up, we have Darlington, 20-6, and six, the three-seed out of Region 7 after getting upended by North Cobb Christian. They are number nine in the state. They play Hebron, 22-5, and five, the two-seed out of Region 5, currently ranked number four in the state. Hebron, should win this game. Darlington loves to play inside out. They pounded inside to Jai Jai Johnson and then Emmeline Ratledge. Uh, but outside of that, their guard play is not going to be good enough to keep up with Hebron Christian. Hebron, of course, Jesse Parrish inside going to Wofford at about 6'1", 6'2". Uh, an inside out threat just, uh, just so physically strong. You got Nakia Daniel can play inside out at the forward position as well. And then... Uh, uh, just, you know, list your poison, uh, pick your poison. Aubrey Beckham, who transferred in, really has kept this team atop the heap as far as being one of the best freshmen in the entire state. Um, this is a very dangerous Hebron Christian team. Uh, haven't been able to solve Holy Innocence just yet, but Hebron Christian, Amaya Porter as well, was the second team all-region pick. Uh, they will run away with this game. Next up, FPD, 8-15, and 15, the four seed out of Region 1 versus Savannah Country Day, 21-4, and four, Region 3, one seed. Um, just alone, the, the battle inside between the post presences is going to be worth watching. I think, I would assume Savannah Christian should probably, or Savannah Country Day should probably win this game, but Abby Nicholson, over six foot tall, I believe she's going to Lafayette for, uh, uh, for volleyball. Or Lafayette, however you pronounce it, whichever way. Um, she has been a double-double threat her entire career, but she is going to have a interesting task with Kendall Eminer, a six-foot-one inside-out post presence that is big, strong, has good hands, and loves to stretch the floor and shoot threes. Uh, I want to see those two big bodies bang inside. I think that Savannah Country Day has um, a little bit better of a support system around their star post player. Uh, Catherine Goodman was a first-team all-region pick in Region 3. Kat Johnson was a second-teamer, and Grace Wilson was honorable mention. I think they're just going to have more firepower around their star, and that's why Savannah Country Day will advance. Bottom right-hand side, Heritage School, 10-9, and 9, Region 4, number 3. 
They go up against Elka, 7-11, and 11, the two-seat out of Region 2. As I mentioned earlier, um, Region 2 is not that great, but Region 4 is not a whole lot better. Uh, but I think I'm leaning towards Heritage in this game. Uh, Michaela Miko was a first-team all-region pick. You're looking at Haley Spence, a second-teamer, along with Quinn Wall. I think Heritage, um, even though they're going to be on the road, I don't think Elka has... Uh, that star power that should scare them. They're under 500. Heritage only 10 and 9, so they're not too much better. But I do think Heritage gets it done and advances to the Sweet 16. Next up, Mount Pisgah, Region 6, number 4, 9 and 15. Um, it doesn't look like Monet Dance has been playing recently, judging by the scores. And they will be playing Tallulah Falls, 13-4, and four, number one seed out of Region 8. Tallulah Falls wins this game. Mount Pisgah is reeling without their star player. Um, you're looking at a Mount Pisgah team that has lost in the region tournament. They, they beat Pinecrest 26-21, but then blown out by St. Francis and then f- were drilled by Lakeview Academy 63-24. So just, just not at full strength, not enough bullets in the chamber. Um, they will lose to Tallulah Falls. Uh, a a a uh, nice team that has always been flirting with that, that final spot in the top 10. Um, Ron A. Charlton and Danica Lightborn, um, both uh, of um, Bahamian descent, uh, they really make that team go, and they are going to take care of business at home against Mount Pisgah. Next up, Region 5, number 3, Galloway, 15-9 overall and ranked 5th in the state. They will be playing North Cup Christian, Region 7, number 2, 12-11. and 11. Galloway lost 55-46 to Hebron Christian in the semifinals before beating Wesleyan 58-56, secured a three-seed. And you're looking, again, uh, taking a peek at this North Cobb Christian team. Upset Darlington 52-40 after losing twice in the regular season to them. And then we're hanging around at the half with Mount Perrin, but ran out of gas 61-40. Uh, Brooke Moore, when Brooke Moore wants to be great, Brooke Moore can be great. She has so many tools at about 5'11", a wing that blocks so many shots and rebounds and can score and shoot the three and drive. And, man, if she just ramps it all the way up, she is a special player. Gabby Lepresti on the perimeter um, is a, a very confident shooter that can get inside and use her size and strength to score in traffic. Uh, Alexis Healy is a, a three-point specialist that can make a living in the corners as well. Um, North Cup Christian uh, also has Lauren Towns, a, a, a bulldozer, pit bull that will literally steamroll people if she needs to to get to the basket, uh, a weight room junkie over there. Uh, but I think Galloway's just going to have too much class and too many weapons uh, when you're looking at uh, a team that has – Tiana Thompson, arguably the best or one of the best sophomores in the state, uh, about a five foot eleven guard that just stuffs the stat sheet. Uh, Kyla Kane is a power wing that loves to get on the glass and score on drives, and about five eleven. Uh, Allison Hoffman is a prototype shooting guard with a good body that can knock down threes. Jasmine Baxter is a young freshman, or a, I want to say a, a freshman. Make sure I don't misstep, but a young freshman post presence that rebounds and scores around the basket at close to five foot 11. And then uh, there is also 
another player in the mix that transferred in and helps out a lot is Kaylin Fields, who has drawn some Division One interest and in offers over the course of her career. So a dynamic team that never necessarily quite clicked the way I would have thought they would, but still a lot of talent and a team that is going to be juiced to the gills next year when they're all become, for the most part, upperclassmen. So Galloway, just going to be too strong in this one. Too many players they have to stop against North Cobb Christian. I think Galloway advances. In the final matchup, Aquinas, four seed out of Region 3, 10 and 15 versus Stratford Academy. Region 1, number 1, 21 and 6 overall. Uh, Stratford Academy gets it done with a very balanced attack. They have a lot of players that will hit you up for 10 points here and there. Not one uh, true star player, but they are a team that is good at sharing the wealth. Layla Harvey, a good freshman. Briani Wooten, uh, a senior. Gracie Jorgensen, a junior. Um, Shorter McCook, a senior. Abigail Crick, a junior. Uh, so just a death by a million paper cuts with this Stratford Academy team. And coming to Macon will be difficult for Aquinas out of Augusta. I like Stratford to advance. Now for my final four. Top left-hand side. Um, not even going to be uh, challenged at all. It's going to be holy innocence. I think they're just going to easily route their way all the way through. Bottom left-hand side, I'm looking at hmm, probably the winner of Wesleyan and Mount Perrin, but they will likely have to see a good Trinity Christian team in the Elite Eight that cannot be slept on. But I like Mount Perrin at the beginning of the season. I think all those freshmen are no longer freshmen. They're, they're grizzled veterans by now. I think Mount Perrin pulls out of the bottom left-hand bracket, which looks like uh, now we move on to the top right-hand side as I fill out my bracket as I go. Top right-hand side, um, Hebron Christian is going to be on a crash course with St. Francis. Um, these two teams, um, it's going to be tough to tell. I mean, I don't know what has been going on lately. It looks like uh, as I check the brackets right now, or if I do a deep dive into St. Francis, let's see here. There could be something brewing as I discover now. Erica Moon has been out and has only played in six games, so I'm assuming that could be an injury. Again, not a lot of stats or information ever pervade or shared by St. Francis, but if their best guard is out, that is a huge blow. I know they've been able to handle their business, but, but no Erica Moon. I do not see a Final Four. I think Hebron will now get the job done if Moon is unavailable. Um, Coach Azar, she just is going to win a lot of games come state tournament time, and I think she does that again. Hebron, I like them over St. Francis in the Elite Eight. Now the bottom right-hand side. Um, this is really the quadrant you wanted to be in. This is, you know, we always say you're playing for that fourth spot, and that fourth spot has uh, typically been occupied because you'd either be one of those teams out of Region 5. They're going to fill out a couple of those spots. But now that uh, Mount Perrin's hooked up with Wesley, and that kind of knocks one of those teams out. So you're looking at 
Um, Galloway being the being the favorite in this bottom right hand side, I don't know if anyone else can compete with Galloway. If they take care of their business against North Cobb Christian, I don't think Stratford's going to be able to hang with them, and there's no one else that really stands out. So Galloway uh, should be a strong favorite to make it to the Final Four, now, which would give us three teams in the Final Four from Region Five. And just a season ago, we saw one, two, three, three of those teams from that same region make it to the final four. And I think those three same teams, Hebron, Galloway, Holy Innocence, all make it back to the final four. I think Holy Innocence, they've just been too good all season long. I think they beat Mount Perrin in the final four. And then Hebron versus Galloway. Hebron has, um, looks like Hebron has kind of had Galloway's number a little bit, if I pull it up and make sure real quick. Um, They've been able to handle their business against Galloway in some good matchups. They beat them 61-60 and then beat them 55-46 in the region tournament. So two close games, but I'm going to go with Hebron again. I think Galloway uh, likely a year away from truly, truly, truly contending for a state title. So we have Hebron versus Holy Innocence. Holy Innocence has beaten Hebron twice already, 75-58. And then, like we said in that region tournament, they... They pulled away and won 67-52. So Holy Innocence, the team that has unquestionably put together the best resume through the entire state of Georgia with, gosh, probably about 15 top 10 wins. Uh, They have just beaten everybody that has come their way. I like Holy Innocence to win the state title. Finally, the last classification out of 128 games previewed, Class a public this one i'm not even going to pretend i know what's going on in this one all these teams beat all of each other it's this that it's the other there's not a lot of teams returning a lot of key players or if they do they've they've had some injuries or they've lost here or there this classification is wide 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 open um gonna try and make a little bit of sense of it but i'm not even gonna try and go down too deep into the rabbit hole because like i said <laughs> pretty much all these teams have beaten each other throughout the season number three seed out of region one pelham a team that was in the top 10 for the vast majority of the season but just recently dropped out after pelham was upset by let's see, Pelham was upset by Seminole County, the four seed out of Region One, lost to them forty-two thirty-eight, and then settled for a forty-four thirty-one win over Randolph Clay, the two seed in Region One, to grab the three seed. Now, well, now they're playing fifteen and six Claxton, Region Three, two seed Claxton fell in the Region Championship forty-six to thirty-nine to Screven County after beating Bryan County forty-nine to thirty-three. You're looking at a team in Claxton, currently ranked number four in the state at 15-6. and six. They lost a few games earlier in the season, but they were without their top post presence. Um, Anaya Smith, a girl I actually saw play last year when I saw Portal and Claxton play at Portal. Uh, she's about 5'10", 5'11", junior. Pretty good player, 13 points and 7 rebounds per game. Um, they're a tough team when she's out there. Azaria Goth is a, a quality junior as well at 11 points per game. And then uh, Sydney Jernigan rounds them out at about 8 points per game. Um, if she's still playing, she's only appeared in 12 games it looks like. So uh, we might have to double check and see if she's been playing recently or not. She could be out. 
as we check in real time. She has not been playing, so scrap that from the record. You can take Sydney Jernigan off the record books right now, apparently. Um, but either way, Claxton, tough team inside. Now Pelham, um, Pelham is a team that has a, a, a good a good core, but just losing, um, getting upset in that region tournament, again, does them no favors. Uh, but Pelham is a team that we thought could be pretty good this year. Um, they're led by a junior named Taisha Gay, averaging over 12 points and nine rebounds. Good senior in Anaya Bennett, 12 points, nine rebounds. And then a sophomore, Truth Wimberly, 11 points, six assists, six steals per game. So they have good balance. Um, I, only 17, you know, 17 2, only lost those two games. They're heading to Claxton. That's going to be a little bit of a trip. Uh, I'm going to go with Claxton in this one, but again, uh, as there will be in many of these first round matchups, unlike most classifications where you pretty much know who should win, um, a lot of coin flip games here with the mayhem that happened in the region tournaments. I think Claxton pulls it out against Pelham, but not surprised at all if the Hornets come down there and sting Claxton. Um, next up, we have Region 7, number 4, Warren County, 8 and 15 versus Schley County. Region 5, number 1, 17 and 4. Schley County, Schley or Schley, Schley County, uh, number five in the state. Uh, they just ended up winning that region tournament, beating Taylor County 59 to 40 in convincing fashion after coming in as a two seed. Uh, so good job um, by Schley right there to take care of business. The Wildcats are led by a very talented freshman I have heard about. And Justine Scott, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 steals per game. I think her guard play and her skill is going to be enough to advance the Wildcats to the next round. Up next, Armucci, Region 6, 3 seed, 11 and 15 versus Commerce, 12 and 14, Region 8, number 2. Uh, both these teams, definitely not what they were a season ago, but... It's an interesting matchup to see in the first round, nonetheless, especially considering how Commerce had a big girl, uh, one of their bigger girls. Uh, I want to say she tore ACL. Um, actually saw it happen against Raven County. She went down with the injury, and that zapped them of some size. But they only lost by four points to Lake Oconee Academy in the Region 8 Championship, 44-40. to I think Commerce uh, at home against Armucci, who uh, a team that's still uh, – like I said, not quite at the point they were last year, but Olivia Moses is a, a, a competent post player inside, so I'll be interested to see what she does scoring against Commerce and the, the physicality they provide. And then Bailey Tomlin, another important piece, but I'm going with Commerce at home to advance to the next round. Region 4, number 4, Wilcox County, 9-16 and 16 versus Clinch County, 15-3. Region 2, number 1. I don't know what's going on with Clinch County. Their best players all graduated a year ago. And I completely wrote them off. But somehow, some way, they're starting to win games. They win that Region 2 tournament after coming in as the four seed. Um, they blast Turner County 75-46, to a two seed. And then uh, they handled Charlton County, the one seed, 54-41 in the Region Championship. Clinch versus Wilcox. Obviously, Clinch clicking on all cylinders right now. I like Clinch to make it to the Sweet 16. Bottom left-hand side, Region 3, number 3, Bryan County, 22-5, and five, and still hanging on in the top 10 at number 10 in the state. They play Terrell County, 13-13 and 13 out of Region 1, the 2 seed. Um, Bryan County, I think Bryan County wins this one. 
Bryan County has been much more consistent throughout the season. Uh, Coach Mincy has done a really nice job with that program there, um, competing in what looks like on paper to be one of the toughest regions in the state. If that holds true, then they're in good shape. If it turns out that Region 3 wasn't that good, then everything I thought I might have known, you can throw out the window. But Kenzie Stucker, a junior guard, um, one of their leading scorers all throughout the season for Bryan County. And then Schumann, Zanaya Schumann, uh, another very dangerous player. I like Bryan County to win this game against Terrell County. Next up, Region 5, number 4, Chattahoochee County, 12-11. I actually caught them this year against 14-3 Hancock Central, the one seed out of Region 7. Hancock Central has not been ranked all season long. That Region 7 um, was really, really, really bad last year. Uh, just looking at what they did in the state tournament last year, I see Hancock losing by 28 to Mount Zion as a two seed. I see Wilkinson County as a three seed losing by 41 points. I see Ace Charter as a four seed losing by 22 points. And then I see uh, GMC uh, as a one seed only winning by two points against Bowden last year. So Reading 7 is pretty bad. Um, I don't know if it's much better at all this year. I know Hancock has crushed the competition, and Ace was the second-best team at 18-5, and five, but then you're looking at Wilkinson, 10-12, and 12, Warren County, 8-15, and 15, and the rest is a, an abyss of bad basketball. I'm going to say Hancock wins this game at home, uh, riding the post play of um, their big girl inside. Uh, Jalexia Hargrove uh, is a good post presence. Um, who is getting some looks from the likes of Troop McConnell and others. Um, she's effective inside, and they do have a Jamiria Lawrence who leads the team in scoring 11 points per game, and a freshman that helps out, uh, Neela Lamar, at close to 11 as well. And then uh, Tiamber Williams looks like she's at 10 points. So they're a balanced attack, but that's a really, really bad, bad, bad basketball region. But I do think Hancock Central at home in Sparta, they get a first-round win over Chattahoochee County. Next up, Social Circle 14 and 14, the three seed out of Region 8, traveling to Tryon, two seed, Region 6, 17 and 8, Tryon. Tryon, again, another one of these teams from that North Georgia area, not quite as good as last year's team, but Isaiah McCutcheons is a, a very good sophomore guard that should be the best player on the floor in this matchup. And then Jenna Mosley is very experienced as well. Um, I like Tryon to win this game. And get past Social Circle, an athletic team that really brings a fight to you. But I think Tryon will hold on. Up next, eight and nineteen Brooks County, the four seed out of Region Two, versus twenty-three and two Montgomery County, Region Four winners, the number one ranked team in the state. If I had to say, I if I trust any team the most, I'm trusting Montgomery County. Um, the Bell Sisters are just superb together the sophomore marley bell the reigning class a public player of the year as a freshman freshman player of the year 18 points 13 rebounds three assists six steals two blocks older sister Michaela munchie bell 17 points five rebounds three assists four steals that's enough for me and you even throw in a sophomore in amari banks nine points per game this montgomery county team has seen some fairly good competition they have handled their business um, they have not been um, touched at all really Within that region, they, they've really steamrolled their way through. They blew out Dublin 46-26. Um, I think they might have had just a one pitfall uh, earlier in the season. Their only losses, if I can pull it up here. 
Montgomery County. Their only loss with two losses, they lost one region game. Uh, they lost to Pierce County 49-45 in overtime. They have a win over Tattnall County, a good 3A school, which was in the top 10 all season long. Um, their lone loss was 49-47 at Telford County, but they quickly uh, were able to right the ship and beat them 75-46 in their rematch. They handled Dublin three times. Uh, Montgomery County, uh, they're, they're a pretty good team, and I, I trust in them a lot. So Montgomery County to the next round. Top right-hand side, Turner County. Three seed out of Region 2, 16-8. and eight. To carry a, a, to, to Kia Burgess averaging close to 25 points per game is the whole team right now. They're playing against a Dublin team that's two seed out of Region 4, 20-8. and eight. I'm very interested to see what this game looks like considering how Burgess is a, you know, a very good athlete, but she does like to get to the rim a lot. And will she be able to do that when she runs into the size of Tiriana Wilburn inside a big post presence averaging 12 points nine rebounds and over three blocks per game um she's six foot three she's going to swallow up a lot of shots will turner county be able to kind of figure out what they can do to negate that especially if Burgess wants to get inside averaging like i said over 25 points and nine rebounds per game um she she will take some three-point shots but not too many she's only uh, through 19 games, what they have last updated hit just nine threes at a 14% clip. So she's all going downhill to the basket. I think that draws, um, that, that leads to some trouble when you run into a, a paint protector like Wilburn. And for that reason, also being at home, I like Dublin to advance to the next round. Next up, Region 8, number 4, Towns County, 8 and 18 versus Mount Zion Carrollton. Region 6, number 1, 21 and 6. They played some really good teams throughout the season comparatively to some of these other programs. They rank six in the state right now. Um, a dangerous team. Jordan Kirbo is leading the way, uh, getting a lot of interest from D3 schools and NAIA schools. Uh, but this team has seen the likes of Villarica, who they lost to by 10. Uh, they took their lumps against Peach County by 31, lost by 10 to Heard County. But have some wins over Chambly. Uh, Shambly, they you know, obviously they lost a one game to try uh, on to uh, oh, who was that Tr- to try on forty six forty one, but then handled their business afterwards and got some revenge against them. Uh, this is a, uh, a a solid team. They've dealt with some injuries. If they're fully healthy, which I haven't been able to check up on yet, but they're they're a good team. Caitlin Hinsman's a good junior guard. Um, Zoe Holland is another junior that lights it up from beyond the three-point line. And then Jordan Kirbo is really the, the machine that makes it go. So I think Mount Zion, they're going to be too strong for Towns County. And I think they're going to advance to the Sweet 16 and set up a potential matchup with Dublin. Next up, Region 7, number 3, Wilkinson County, 10 and 12. The three seed out of Region 7 versus Taylor County. The two seed out of Region 5, 20 and 4. Lost to Schley County. In the championship, what we say, 59 to 40. Um, Taylor County entered as the one seed. Um, they're currently ranked number nine in the state. I think they're going to be too strong for Wilkinson County. Again, a very bad Region 7, or at least it was last year. Taylor County should be able to roll on to the next round. Next up, Randolph Clay, four seed out of Region 1, 13 and 8 versus Scriven County, 20 and 3, the winner of Region 3, all the way up to number two in the state. 
Uh, I pegged Scriven County. I don't know if I had them in the preseason rankings. I, I might have left them off a spot, but I had them square in my notes that this team is returning pretty much their top five players from last year, and uh, they could do something, and the Gamecocks have done something. Tamaya Taylor leading the way 11 points per game. Same with Aaliyah Scott, a sophomore, and then uh, Asia Robertson and also Tamaya Maynard, uh, 10 points and 9 points per game, respectively. This is a good Scriven County team, and again, this all goes down to if we believe Region 3 is the deepest, best region in the state, then we're on to something. If that proves to be wrong, then I've been wrong all season long, and that's a bad thing. But Scriven County did beat Claxton 46-39 in the region championship, and Scriven had the one seed going in, so they held serve. That is a good team with just three losses. They should race past Randolph Clay. Bottom right-hand side, Telford County, 18-7. and seven. They had that big win over Montgomery County, the only Class A public school to beat them this year. They are the three-seed out of Region 4. They are playing Charlton County, 22-5, and five, the two-seed out of Region 2. Charlton entered that Region 2 tournament as the one-seed, beat Brooks County, 66-34, but lost to clinch the four-seed, 54-41 in the championship. Charlton is currently ranked number eight in the state. Um... This is a team that, uh, you know, they have a really good record. Um, you know, they, I know they lost to clinch, but they beat clinch in the regular season. They beat a lot of these teams, and they have uh, a dynamic two-man game uh, between the junior, uh, Michaela Gerard, averaging over 19 points per game, and then Jordan Vernon, a senior, at 16 points and six rebounds per game. So they have a really nice two-man crew. I think Charlton, the Maidens, that are a dangerous team. But Telfair... Battling Montgomery County, battling Dublin. I'm going with Telfair. I think Telfair is a pretty strong team. I know they have some double-double threats that can really get after it inside. Um, talking about players um, like, uh, as I pulled up, Zamaya McDuffie is a very good one. Elizabeth Murphy has done yeoman's work around the rim. Uh, Passion Clay, a freshman averaging 11 points per game, and Raven Wooten rounds it out at t- about 10 points per game. But Murphy, Elizabeth Murphy, she's a tough tough cookie, a senior. Uh, she can do a lot of good things uh, for Telfer County, and for that reason, I think they're going to get past Charlton County in a real tough one. Next up, Region 6, number 4, Gordon Lee, 16-12, and 12, versus Lake Oconee Academy, 21-1. and 1. Region 8, number 1, Seed, currently ranked number three in the state. Their only loss was the Stratford Academy, who ended up winning Region 1 in Class A Private. Well, they split with Stratford Academy this year. Um, They had that close 44-40 win over Commerce. Kind of scares me, but Ed Wilson has done a really good job of picking up where Kevin Furtado has left off, and they have won a lot of games. Again, a team that has very good guard play. Um, Not afraid to press you and get after it. Um, this team, they are led by players like Georgia Bosart, a sophomore, Hannah Heinen, is a junior that has seen huge minutes since she first got there. Those two alone are really two of the players that kind of set the tone for this Lake Oconee Academy team. I like Lake Oconee Academy to get the job done and advance to the next round. Um, Jada Williams, co-player of the year with Georgia Bosart, so I would be remiss if I did not mention her uh, as being one of those really signature players of 5'8 junior. But they get after you. I like Lake Oconee Academy to get past Gordon Lee. Next up, Central Talbotton, Region 5, number 3, 13-6 versus Ace out of Macon. 
Region 7, two seeds, 17-5 overall. Ace just got clobbered by Hancock Central in that region championship. The score being 83-48. to Again, if what we said about this region is true, Region 7 has not been very good lately. And they're running up against Central Talbot team that is pretty respectable and do have some athletes and some toughness that is going to be hard to match. I like Central Talbotton to head into Macon and pull out a victory. In the final game, Jenkins County, 12-15 and 15 overall, the four seed out of Region 3 versus Seminole County, the surprise winner out of Region 1, went into that, went into that uh, tournament as the four seed and came away with a 42-38 win over Pelham to advance to the title game, and then they took down Terrell County, the three seed, 43-36. Seminole County, um, you know, a surprise, not even ranked in the top 10 uh, right now on the girls' side of things. Um, but at 16-11, and 11, as I mentioned, they're playing very good basketball right now. They have done a good job uh, coaching that team up. It looks like Brandon Ingram has been in charge, if, if, if Max Preps is correct. Um, not too sure if Jeff Page is there, but uh, Max Preps has him as the head coach. Um, looking at what Seminole County has done, uh, not a lot of huge scores, but it's death by a million paper cuts. Samaya so Land averages about eight points per game. Talia Hale, about seven points. Tatiana Mathis, seven points. Uh, Williams, Tenario Williams, six points. So it's a lot of pieces there. And I think they're going to have all the pieces of the puzzle to beat Jenkins County to to make it to the second round of the state playoffs. So now we are ready to pick the final four. Um, Who do we have in the top left-hand side? Um... It's going to be difficult. I have Schley County getting past Claxton. I think that could be your potential Final Four team right there, whoever wins that. Um, I see Schley playing clinch in that bottom part of the bracket there. Uh, I'm going with Schley County. I think they're they're riding the wave right now. I think, like I said, that, that good freshman guard. Is um, really got them. Jesse Scott got them playing very good basketball. So I like Schley um, to to continue their momentum and make it to the final four. Next up, bottom left hand side, I see Bryan County and I see Montgomery County sticking out as a potential elite eight matchup in Montgomery County. I can't pick against the Bell Sisters. I'm going Montgomery. And lastly, we have. Mount Zion versus Scriven County in my Elite Eight matchup. I think Scriven, I think they'll be able to do it, but Mount Zion is fairly battle-tested as far as taking their lumps from some bigger teams. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're able to get the job done. Just wonder about if they're completely healthy enough to make a state title run, especially in Class A public. You're just, you know, depth is always an issue. You have to have all your best players healthy and ready to go, and if they don't, um, they might not be able to get it done, but I'm going with Screven County, a team that I feel like is playing quite well right now. Got to go their way. And next up, we are going to the bottom right-hand side, LOA versus Seminole County is what I am seeing in that Elite Eight matchup. And I think LOA, I think the Titans make it to the Final Four. And I see Schley County falling to Montgomery County and Screven beating LOA, which sets up Montgomery County beating Screven 
the Class A Public State Championship. People, that is it. I don't even want to know how long this podcast was, about four or five hours. That's it. My, my voice is done for. Bulletin board material. Thank you for listening. We'll check back next round.